Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Salt of the Streets podcast, the show where we discuss news, government, and culture, and as it pertains to you, the individual, and your natural right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, I am that big bird-looking fellow they call Colin, and I am joined today, as always, by my co-host and brother-in-arms, the Nero of Neoprene, that's my new one for you, the original <laughs> salt of the street himself, Donovan. Donovan, how are you today? I am excellent, sir. I'm excellent. How are you? Well, fantastic. I'm doing all right, to be perfectly honest. I mean, it's show day. Every day that's a show day is a good day. Um, so, good sir, can you please tell us precisely where we are in the salt of the streets timeline and what the good people have looking forward to us discussing today? Absolutely, sir. Today is Saturday, June 25th, 12.05 p.m. It is episode 128 of Salt of the Streets. And today, as always on part one, we're going to talk about our local stories. We have what do we have here we about the DUI cases that yeah. are going to be flipped over. I also have another story about the new task force that was just created by the Justice Department, the State Justice Department for, uh, shit, what is it called? It's the market or the, god damn it, what am I, what am I thinking of? Um, this is new to me, so I can't help you. Yeah, no, 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 that's <laughs> fine. It's a retail theft task force. Thank you. I couldn't oh, yeah. retail. That was the word I was looking for. It's a that's retail right. You were telling me about that on Friday. Task force, um, because some like two point seven billion dollars worth of retail goods was stolen. Uh, two point yes. seven billion. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 bad. That's, um, a, that's a lot. We'll man. see if that's the correct number. I, I'm I'm I may have. We'll get there. We'll get either there. way. Part two. <laughs> we're going to be talking about obviously some. We're going to be talking about some Supreme Court decisions that were handed down this week. Some big opinions. Day. We're going to go over some of them, and then we're going to compare and contrast specifically the Roe decision and the decision out of New York, which was the New York State Rifle and Pistol Club versus whoever it is. So we're going to compare and contrast these, and we're going to talk about both of them, how we arrived or how the Supreme Court arrived at their decisions. Excuse me. And then we're going to go into the part three. We're going to talk deeply. Bilbo Swaggins. What's Bilbo up, Swaggins Bilbo? here. Thank you for joining us, Bilbo. Right at the start of part three, we're going to be talking deeply about firearms again because there have, of course, been – we had the Senate bill that was passed yesterday and signed by the president this morning, I believe. Yep. Before I came here, signed by the president. So as we stand today, you have less freedom and less liberty in this country as far as your firearms rights goes. We will go over that in part three as well as some pushes that we have heard even from like ABC News about mm -hmm. body armor and things like that. And then we're also going to talk about – well, in that, we're going to talk about why it's so important, why we talk about firearms so much, right? It's inherent, but we will get there. Part four, we have a beautiful, beautiful grab bag going oh, for yeah. you, which, of course, Jewel, Collins, real. He's hopped Jewel. up on Jewels. It's so. Jewel, nicotine in general. I mean, they're coming after. We got some more basically like prohibition type shit trying to roll through from the Biden administration. So we're going to talk about that deeply in That's part right. four or four because right. I don't like it when people tell me that I can't go out and buy things that I legally can buy anywhere else. So we're going to get deeply into that. That's right. It's going to be a good show, man. Um, we're also going to talk about the recent recommendation for COVID shots for children six months to five years old. Yeah. And um, some updates on the Uvalde shooting like we talked about last episode. We have some new photos that have come out. Uh, we were hoping we're going to have some body camera footage, but we have seen a lot of push back on getting that so yeah we'll talk about all these things we have a great great show for you guys that's right shout out bilbo absolutely 100 bilbo swag and just got a new gun today after bill pass you love, love it to see it love you it love to see it the more so, armed people that i find in in the world the better at this point 100 so you know how we are uh carrying all the time we're out here big fans of guns so yeah we'll get into all that today um 
first, usually we start, but we'll swing as you were near at the beginning of the show last week, we start with a little segment called Let Me Ask You This. It is generally a question that I throw at Colin. This new baby brain has got me. So Colin, <laughs> Colin has a Let Me Ask You This for me today. Before we do that, Colin, let's go ahead and start off proper. Oh, so yeah. Throw back these shots. Huh? Gotta do we'll that. Spill part of that one. Here, there. you can have the one that you finger fucked. Yeah. How about that one? We'll, Cheers, we buddy. We'll clean that up. Dr. McShakey hands again today. <sighs> okay. There we go. I'm doing it up proper. Next week, I'm going to have to swing by Total Wine and grab us some uh, peanut butter whiskey to replace this bottle of BSB when it's done. It this BSB is not uh, as good as when it was made by the OGs. Yeah. Heritage. Not as good. No. It's perfectly fine. But All right. So I wanted to. This one's kind of fun because a little uh -oh. background people for you people just joining us. Okay. This is always. The let me ask you this is always like a last minute thing that happens right yes and basically neither of us were totally prepared for this so i just ran reached into my notes and i think this will dovetail relatively well with uh some of the stuff we're going to talk about in part two of four actually uh i've talked a lot before about the uninformed voter okay and i think we've seen a lot of these uh a lot of the takes that have been coming out since the two-way decision since the row decision where there's a lot of people making takes that are obviously ill-informed or none at all. Yes. Um, so that being said, how much sympathy do you have towards somebody that lives their whole life never fully realizing that they've been ill-informed until they got like stomped in the dick by something like a road decision? Um. <clears throat> If you don't realize that you're ill-informed, then I do have a level of sympathy for you. If you recognize that there is more information to be had and you're just choosing to only consume surface-level information, mm -hmm. there are some people who keep their hands off. They really don't know how easy it is to get into it. There are other people who have talked about that I believe fit in the same category of uninformed voters that get all of their information off of like Instagram posts oh, that yeah. are 9 or 10 posts long and they just share all of these things and assume that that's the full story of whatever... 50, 60, 100, 200 year old political issue, American political issue they're trying to describe. Those people I have very little sympathy for. Um, it's only maddening at that point because I know exactly how simple it is to find that information. And then if you just type in it, just the text of one of those Instagram slides, you would find better information than that is providing to you. That's true. So, yeah. So the people like that, like I said, of, of the Instagram post world, very little sympathy for that. Um, if, you're, if you're hustling, you don't really know what's going on. You just don't realize. And then one day you have less rights. I have a little bit of sympathy for you because you're trying to hustle. You're just trying to get your shit together, you know. Mm -hmm. But That makes sense. If you believe that you're political, but you're really surface level political, I got very little sympathy for you. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a, a really decent stance right there because it, it seems very, very fair. Um, I find myself growing more and more what's the word impatient and uh, uncaring about people that are, are due to i don't like politics i don't pay attention you know i just i just live my life but then all of a sudden i have a very strong opinion about something right that's these takes are becoming more and more popular because i mean politics if you will the colloquial term politics is everyday life and it is because Ever since COVID, especially, it's becoming more and more in everybody's face. It's so much more opaque now that 
everybody feels like they need to have opinions, they need to get involved, they need to have their own stance on things, but they've never done anything to make up for the last 20 plus years of their life right. not knowing and understanding things when, like you said before, it, it literally is as easy as you know, going to source material, reading an opinion versus reading the, the you know, the ABC articles that come out after it does. I mean, right. it's really not that difficult for people to do. And if the more and more people that just kind of push it off as something that they don't want to get involved in, you need to understand that if you, you're saying that you're also kind of checking out of the conversations that societies are having as a whole and which directions they want to go. Right. Like if you're just going to be an innocent bystander in this, you need to understand what that comes with. Yeah. And it, it's been really bothering me lately. I, I don't remember what it was this week that I wrote it down, but I know it was from this over the last two weeks because it was just in my random note pile. But yeah, yeah, I just, I, f I saw that question last night. I was going through some things. And I was like, you know, this is, I got to work this in somewhere today. So I'm actually kind of glad that we didn't really have something worked out for let me ask you this because I just, I was like, hey, I got something that'll work perfect. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. And we talked on last episode, like my, even my article from last month and then um, I'll hit that. But uh, my article from last month was about the firearms debate, you mm -hmm. know, especially around the Uvalde shooting and stuff like that. And at the end, my was just, my ending stance was if you don't know what you're talking about i'm i'm asking for you to just remove yourself from the conversation i'm mm -hmm. not telling you you don't have a right to talk about it because everyone has a right to free speech everyone has a right to say whatever they want i'm asking you i'm telling you if you don't know and you don't want to know if you don't want to understand it's incumbent upon you to remove yourself from this discussion because you're not adding to it anymore yeah. you're only taking away from it by saying surface level things by just adding the regular shit that everybody says if you're just going to come to the discussion about guns and say to me how many children have to die i don't even want you here yeah. i don't want you in this discussion because you're operating under the assumption that i don't care that children are dying i have two children of my own of course i care that children are dying don't be fucking ridiculous let's have yeah. an actual discussion about what i'm telling you is a natural born right to self-defense let's have a real discussion about this and now you talking about some fucking kids right that's not a real discussion that yeah. isn't real so i like know, i i think i think the the waning of patience on some of these issues is is very understandable you mm -hmm. know especially when they cut to like core rights and not just things that we like to enjoy you know mm -hmm. um, people's right to choice whether it's what you want to consume for yourself or you know what i'm saying your right to self-defense things like that I, they're mm -hmm. deep deep issues that you can't be surface level about if you want to have an actual discussion about it yeah no i think that's a good take on that it's strange times man and i i don't what's happened over the last week we'll just say as far as rulings and reactions to coming from the federal government from the president himself from you know various people um it does not it does not fill me with hope that our elected representatives understand that they're a part of a republic no um and it's it, that to me is just that's another nail in that coffin of yeah, I don't know how many more nails we got to put in this coffin. The Republic is <laughs> dead, buddy. Get out of it. <laughs> All right, it's over. They're, yeah. they're just trying to make sure this thing gets sealed away like the fucking mummy. Brendan Fraser can't come pop the top and free up that way. Emotep. That's a great movie, yeah, by the way. Yeah, I think it's back on. Uh, I put it on the background last weekend, and I think it was on like Hulu or something. But they have like all three or four of them now. Yeah, they're streaming out there. So if you're a fan of like that '90s action flick, dude, get out there, get you some Brendan Fraser. Yeah, and what's her name, Rachel Weiss? Oh. Yeah, 
Like li- oh, librarian style smoke show. Yes. Yes. Right. One hundred percent. That's the way I have to equate it. Ninety style, like super tiny too. Oh yeah, she's tiny. And I'm not even like always into that. She's just small. But there's, you know, what I'm saying. Yeah. Definitely I'm here good for movie. it. God. Thank you. Yeah. What a good way to start. Yeah. <laughs> I want to remind everyone before we continue to obviously go ahead and check out. Thank you for joining us here on YouTube. Leave us a like, a comment, share this with your friends, tell them that we got going on here, and uh, obviously check us out on Instagram, YouTube, Patreon. Go there, subscribe, help us make more better content. All this is at Salt of the Streets. Also, of our personal social media, I'm at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. Colin is at Big Bird Off Young. Big Bird Off Young, both of those things. I promise I'm not drunk yet. I am a big bird. You, yeah, you can find all this at saltofthestreets.com. It's a beautiful time. Uh, we are working on redesigning that website. But go there, check out. You can find all the old episodes, all everything like that. So it is fantastic. With that. And also, to, let me add this. Yes. The more people that subscribe to our Patreon and throw a few dollars our way, the quickest and the more badass we can make that website, BT Dubs. That's right. We have the well, the beer show came out yesterday. Indeed. What was the beer that you had this week? It was the Rainy Days right. Hefeweizen. There it is. Just a plain Jane regular wheat beer. Nice little citrus notes to it. Yes. Very, very drinkable. Four and a half percent. There it is. Nice, smooth, chilling drink. We That's, started. It was what I was drinking after work yesterday yeah, yeah. while I was doing show prep. I was like, I'm just going to grab a crowler of this bad boy and just take it home. We're going to do a show on this. You're going to start getting into, uh, we start getting into beers in segment two, part two. We're going to start yep. with a shot here. Um, we also have the newsletters that come out at the end of the month, the review preview that comes at the first day of the month for the book club. We just recorded that right before this. Woo! So we got the new review preview coming out on the first. Don't Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins is the June book, and the July book is 1776 by David, or, uh, yeah, David McCullough. Yeah. So, so well, look at that. Next... David Goggins, David McCullough. I didn't even think about that. Ooh, That's really snap. funny. So. Yeah, so it looks like next Friday is the first. There you go. Next Friday, review preview coming out. Boom. And I decided, because we got all four people that we fuck with, I'm going to start picking one person apart is what I'm going to do. Ooh. So the first one, you want to watch the video games, go check out Lexi Kyle on Twitch. She's live all the time. She's been streaming a lot lately. I'm a generic beer man, like my high life. There it is. There it is. Who doesn't love a good old fucking Miller High Life? I'm here it's for fucking, it. Fucking, isn't that champagne of beers right there? Or is that, I thought Miller High Life was champagne of beers. That is, um. Or is it fuck. Michelob Ultra? No, or? I thought, what is it? It's, uh, there's a special type of Budweiser that's like, um, it's like Budweiser. All I can think is the word cafeteria. That's not because it's like classy. You know what I'm saying? Damn it. I did not want to look this up, but I'm going to. For some reason, I need to know what the the colloquial champagne of beers is. Yeah. Because that was like a, whoa, what button did I just press? It is the champagne of beers. You're right. Yeah. Thank you, Bilbo Swaggins, for saving me from a Google. I don't know what I'm talking about. I was always Rainier. It's a Pacific Northwest thing. Yeah. Ronnie's. My my brother was talking some shit on Ronnie's the other day, and I was like. Fuck that. You got to let it alone, dude. And he's like, I'd rather have a. Uh, Coors Latte. Well, then you're a bad person. Everyone so. <laughs> who hates on Rainier just doesn't like the hype behind Rainier. It's not like it's that great of a beer. It's not. None of the beers are that great. No. They're all pretty okay. You yeah, know? They're light domestics, man. Yes. Rainier's good. I like Olympia. Olympia, you like, can't find anymore. Yeah. But in there some was... stores and always at rock shows. Anytime, you know, Leif is in that punk band. Anytime Leif has a show, I can always get a Tall Boy of Olympia at any of the venues that Leif is playing at. Wow. Always. Yeah, I don't know if you remember, but a few, a couple few years ago, uh, Rainier started put out these bottles yes. of Rainier Pale Ale. Yes. And they're gone. Yeah. And I'm very upset about that because I remember that beer being fucking fire for like a 
I don't want to use that term because it sounds so alcoholic, but like your daily drinker beer. Yeah. Like if you're going to come home, have a beer after work or whatever, like you could easily have one of those and you get all sorts of good shit. And Bilbo's talking about Yingling. Oldest it is, beer in America, right? It is so good. Love it. Yeah. Oldest brewery in America. Love it. Used to only be regional. Yes. When I went to uh, New Jersey this last, whenever that, whenever we went, um, to go visit the family and do all that. April, to go go yep. see Pope Neil's wedding and all that. Um when I went to the the greatest liquor and beer store of all time, which is right in my parents, uh, my in-laws' hometown there, um, they always have yingling. They have the the standard yingling, and then they have a darker version of it. And so every time I go, I'm like, first thing I get, six or yingling, man. Yeah. It's because you can't get it out here. It's wicked good. Not even at like Total Wine or anything? I've never seen it there. Yeah. I wonder if they would. I was just there you. too. I mm. gotta ask a bro. Gotta yeah. see about some fucking Yingling. Yeah, and I bet you. Hands up in Michigan. If they don't have that, uh, we got this place in Paulsboro, the Crabtree Liquor Store, underneath the restaurant there. And I've gone to him about obscure beers before. And as long as you're willing to buy a case of it, he'll order it for you. From oh, fucking nice. anywhere. Just have oh, it shipped I'll, on a truck. It don't matter. I'll get a case of Yingling. So, That's yeah. totally worth it. Oldest brewery in America. Good pills, and it's fantastic. Ooh. Ooh. I'm excited to drink beers already. Right, and we got all imports today. Woo! I, I went, uh, I went import today, so you got a couple surprises coming your way. I love it. Colin Part two, up a nice six pack for us. So got some pros, got some surprises for you, Bilbo. Some surprises. It's gonna be nice. Okay, so let's do it. Let's start. You want to start with the DUIs? Yes. Okay, so let's see here. Kids up court. I have my article is from Kids Up Sun, actually. Um, I, so, tried, I tried to open that, and even with my Brave browser and stuff, uh, I couldn't get past the, you they, need to they buy you. our service. Yeah, I had to sign up for the Washington Post today. Oh. I know. How Did you die a little inside? I, know, I did a little bit, and I get that free first month, so when I get oh, the there email, you go. I'll have to really decide Peace. if I'm going to pay them or not. But, fuck with the Washington Post. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, okay, so this is from our local area. The Kitsap County is the county that we are from, and... Um, do you, oh, I can't send it to you anyway. Uh, but it, this article that I have is entitled Kitsap Court Tosses All Breath Tests and DUI Cases, says Washington State Patrol Official Gave, quote, false or misleading testimony. So I'll just read a little bit of this article here. In a ruling that could affect drunk driving cases across the state, the Kitsap County District Court ruled Monday prosecutors could not admit the results of breath tests for drunk driving cases. All four judges signed an opinion finding that the Washington State Patrol Laboratory official in charge of wa of the machines routinely used by police to measure a drunken driving suspect's levels of intoxication knew for years the software used by the machine did not comport with the state law. Further, the lengthy opinion written by Judge Jeff Johns held that the state toxicologist Fiona Jane Cooper submitted false or misleading testimony by declaration in tens of thousands of cases that the machines compiled complied with state law when they don't. The allegation of a state official giving false or misleading testimony in court from four judges, three of whom are former prosecutors, carries with it the suggestion of a crime. Cooper responded to the state to the Kitsap son that she is away from work and ill and referred questions to the state patrol spokesperson, Chris <laughs> Loftus. And he said, the biggest thing we're pushing back on is we would never purposely offer false and misleading testimony. Loftus said he denied there was any criminal intent on the part of Cooper and said it was an administrative matter, describing it as a discrepancy. However, if that woman knows that the software doesn't work, then she has to be giving intentionally false or misleading testimony if she is testifying that it is, in fact, working within the state guidelines. Mm -hmm. So tens of thousands of cases, including um, there's a number in here of how many are in the works right now. 
It is like oh, so many. I can't. It's, well, it, there's a it, there are particular cases like um, ones that can be done like district cases instead of county cases or mm -hmm. something, and the ruling only directly applies. Uh, to cases in district court, not municipal courts in Kitsap County, five cities or courts outside Kitsap. So only in the district court. But yeah, there is a number in here for how many are actively going through. So that's what I'm trying to find right now. Yeah, I saw like at least 10,000 or something like that. Um, that's how many that she testified in, but I'm talking mm. about active cases right now. Um, in light of the district court opinion, prosecutors are reviewing 395 pending drunk driving cases. 395 pending right now. So I don't know what that says about any of that, let alone the 10,000 or whatever that she already ruled against. So yeah. We talked about that. Um, we are, I'm not a proponent of drunk driving right yes obviously it's not something you do have lost family members to drunk driving it's irresponsible what i am saying is that if there are people who are not who should not have been thrown in jail or should not have had to pay money taxation is theft regardless but people who did not have should not have had to pay fines should not have gone to prison should not have gone to jail should not have to have blow and goes in their car or any of these various things that happen to people when they have duis but did because this woman lied intentionally what do we do about that? We just accept yeah. that she's ill. <laughs> she, right. she's, she's sick. <laughs> she's at home sick. She's got the Rona, so she's quarantined and yes. safe. You just, she's just got to have the uh, perpetual case of Rona. Otherwise, yeah. she's going to get hammed up. I would have, well, you know, she's a state official. Ain't nothing bad going to happen to her. She'll probably just get Definitely fired with jail. a pension. But um, so I have a little bit more. Let's hear it. Uh, so this is from, this is a little bit more context because in a lot of the articles we ran across at first, most of the stories seem to just say that these machines weren't working per the WAC, the Washington, um, whatever the code. Um, right, the administrative yeah, code. Yeah, so the Washington state law. And they didn't really dive into what it was that they were doing. Were they miscalibrated or what is going on? And so I found an article from Gleason and Morris, uh, attorney at law. They wrote like a little private opinion on this okay. from their stance. So I figured we'd take a quick look at that. Where's the RCW? Um, That's what the laws are called. The RCW and the WAC. They're yeah. two oh, different right, right, right. things. Um, so, did the court just throw out every DUI breath test? Question mark. The short answer is yes. Kitsap County District Court recently heard a motion to surpass a... Oh my gosh, I can't talk either today. To suppress <laughs> a breath test in a DUI case. The basis for the motion was that the Office of the State Toxicologist responsible for the supervision of the state's breath test program has failed to follow its own guidelines in the design and operation of the breath test, I breath test instrument. Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> So what is the real problem here? Because we're just kind of rehashing the same thing. The, the machine itself is called a Drager breath test machine. Um, so With our, the umlaut over it. The huh? umlaut, yeah. You could tell it's uh, it's not American. That's not good. <laughs> not American. Comes in metric. Um, so our breath tests unreliable. So this isn't about the reliability or accuracy of a breath test instrument necessarily. It's about the way the instrument calculates the final reading after testing the samples. According to the Washington Administrative Code, the WAC, the instrument is supposed to take the four to take the four measurements, round the numbers off to the fourth decimal place, then conduct a mathematical measurement to ensure the result are within an acceptable range. However, 
what the instruments are actually programmed to do is to take the four measurements and truncate the numbers before conducting the acceptable range measurements. Right. So what they are doing is instead of rounding the last you know few digits or whatever because you got to get to below 0.08 percent what instead of rounding those numbers they're just cutting them off and now i don't think that necessarily that's not going to say that somebody isn't above the limit necessarily because if they're truncating odds are those numbers aren't just they're just not getting incorporated they're they're not being round down they're not being round up they're just being gone versus if you have those extra four digits i mean you can easily add depending on what the, they are like another point one or two i would imagine to your breathalyzer test so if anything you've probably been getting off on a lower level of breathalyzer because of the truncation of those numbers versus the rounding of those numbers but regardless of that it is in the code that they wrote uh, that's not the way it's supposed to operate right and then yeah, according to these other stories, this person actually knew about this and just didn't do anything about it. Right. Um, so knowingly, from the sounds of it, supposedly, uh, um, uh, allegedly knowing about it and not doing anything about it, consistently breaking state law and adding, you know, putting the court into a situation where lawyers are admitting evidence in the court that is inadmissible. And now every single one of those trials and court cases that had one of these machines used as evidence, the results of this machine, as evidence in their trial, all that evidence was not allowed to be there to begin with. So Right. So, okay. So, it'll, so things, mind you, as I think we all know, to do anything in the court system costs you a lot of time and a lot of money. Yeah. So I would imagine there will be some form of like a class action lawsuit being done or restitution. Cert, something like that, or somebody will we'll push this up to higher courts and higher courts and eventually get to the state Supreme court and perhaps, and from the sounds of it, I mean, this is the state toxicologists we're talking about in the Washington state code. So this is going, I would assume that if anybody wants to take action on it, this is going to go from our County courts all the way through a state Supreme court. And eventually the code will be mandated to change so on and so forth. And then we're going to have to deal with all these people that were, well, it starts the district courts. Yeah. So that's where I think that it would, it's going to, yeah, it'll have to climb because it's a state used machine. Right. And there's, that means there's other people in other districts that have been subject to this thing. And so I'd imagine somebody will try to use this as precedent to move it to the higher levels as they go forward. Right. But I'm not a lawyer. And neither are you, and we do not have no. brilliant legal minds. So no. this is all just, you know, you know, common logic. I think in in this case, and right. that's going to carry through through the rest of today's shows because it's basically all legal stuff today. To your point, what you were saying, this article says <clears throat> continues to say, according to the opinion, state law says the numbers are to be rounded, but instead the machines truncate the numbers or cut them off. Like you said, the judges found that Cooper had issued the bid for the machines, asking them to truncate and knew or should have known that violated the Washington Administrative Code, often referred to as the WAC, an argument against the motion to suppress the results of the BAC, the blood alcohol content. Prosecutors told judges that the result of truncation versus rounding is often to the defendant's benefit, yeah. as simply stiffing off the end of the numbers would never result in the final number increasing as could be the case in rounding. However, 
The four judges rejected that argument. While it may or may not be true, this is a quote, while it may or may not be true that truncation rather than rounding the mean is to the benefit of a person submitting breath samples into a Drager machine, it is not the court's function to substitute our judgment for that of the state toxicologist, the ruling found citing a previous case. That ruling comes from the case of Austin River Keller, 24, who on May 9, 2020, crashed his car into a ditch while driving up to Huya Lake Road and Northwest, the Kitsap County Sheriff's deputy who responded did not note many signs of intoxication and Keller denied drinking. He later admitted he'd been drinking according to the court documents and a breath test found he had a blood alcohol content of 0.12. He was Indeed. charged in Kitsap County District Court with drunken driving and pleaded not guilty. His attorney, Tom Weaver, requested the results of the blood alcohol content test be kept out of court and after all four judges heard arguments ruled in Keller's favor, his trial date is scheduled for July 25th. No shit. Isn't that wild? And this is why I think this is a, a great story for the show as far as the local stories. Because if, if a story's too local, it's, you know, who cares? But this I, this is something that I, I think has big consequences as it, you know, may or may not work its way up the chain of, of you know, the justice system. And it could have some pretty far-reaching implications as, I'm, as far as I'm concerned. You know, it's just, it's a similar argument to, you know, speed traps and radar guns. You know, are is did the officer calibrate the radar gun that day? I mean, we they rely so much on technologies these days and specialty instruments to hem people up all the time, and it is very, very important nationwide. I don't care what police department you're talking about, what sheriff's department or state patrol or whatever it is. You know, if they're going to use a piece of technology to try to throw you in a cage they better be able to prove that those things are firing on all cylinders and they are they're calibrated correctly and that the the speed or the the alcohol by volume amount or whatever that's in your would you would you say that blood alcohol content, blood alcohol content, um, content. whatever reading they're going to get they need to make sure is 100% as correct as can possibly be and if you have a state law in this case that uh, that tells you how you have to do it it's pretty easy. It's a pretty open and shut case at this point because they just did not do it. I do like the fact they talked about that, and I because I didn't read that actual article. I was like, oh hey, I'm I'm glad that they I had it's the truncation right, you know. <laughs> yeah. So this will be interesting because I mean I I know people that have got hemmed up for DUIs before, and you know have been cost them a lot of money and really set them back in life, and you know they've all learned lessons and moved on, and you know thankfully ever. Anybody I know that's gotten a DUI never hurt anybody, well, thank God. But we even had the Kim Potter case had that happen when she didn't check her taser. Word oh out, yeah, right. Yeah. Yes. So, and we even know someone who said that his his DUI was lowered because they had a lot of false positives for meth at the time that he yeah. did his blood test. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, what do you mean? How does that happen? So I don't know. It always. You know, this shit always purse my ears up. What else are you fucking up? You know, yeah. What else are you doing wrong if you're if you're going to testify knowingly ten thousand cases that something's going right when it could be you ordered this machine to do that instead of instead of rounding it? You ordered to trunk it instead. Yeah. What are we doing? You had to know. That's like ordering a fucking you know like a, a measuring tape in in tenths and hundreds of a foot instead of inches. Yeah. I mean, you know that it's a different deal. Hundred percent. I don't understand why, unless you know. I think my only argument in this person's favor is like, well, it's going to make it lower anyways. You wrote the law, and you're still not doing it. Yeah. I it well the regulation, and you're still not doing it. How do? You, 
Do you just, once you ordered the wrong ones, maybe you go update the, the whack? I don't know. It just seems so ridiculous that this single person is totally responsible for all this. How many tens of thousands tens of people's of thousands. lives, man? <laughs> right. Tens of tens thousands. Tens of thousands. That's how many. That's a fuck ton of people. Yeah. How much money did those people have to give to the state? Right. Just to try to be able to defend themselves as much as possible going through the system. Even to have a blow and go in your car is, you know, what, $250 or something like that every other month, I think, is what we oh, learned. So, yeah, yeah. That's I was just talking to our homeboy about it. Um, that's and, crazy, man. That's crazy. And you have to go to, I don't know, I'm interested to see what comes of it because at first, like I said, I was coming in fucking hot. I was thinking all these people were getting hemmed up. Um because that's a that in itself is like a because you have to go to like a Radio Shack or something to get your blow and go. Uh, yeah, they contract it out. They like you don't go to the courts to yeah. have it. You have to have it calibrated like every month, and you go to to like like I said like a Radio Shack to that's do it. Funny. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't pick Circuit City. Complicated process. Whoops. I think Circuit City went out of business. They right? sure did. Yeah, that's why I'm kind of surprised the government didn't go with them. Just to try and try and boost them back up. No, just because they're stupid enough to, you know, put their money oh. in a failing business. <laughs> Fuck, man. How many People times still go to Radio Shack that? for like stereos and uh, yeah, shit, car yeah. stereos and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm fairly sure they're pretty good on uh, like financing stuff too. Getting a new system like put into your car is not a cheap endeavor. Right. You know, you, if you want some good sound, you got to donate some some money. Yeah. Then we got one Radio Shack within probably. There's two. There's, there's there's one in Bremerton, I would assume. One in Bremerton and, and one in Silverdale. Silverdale. So that's okay. That's good. So I got two of them within say 25 miles from here. Yeah. If I need to, the one in Silverdale is actually good. I like. I sometimes just walk in there just because I like to look just at all like the, the decks and like hear all the different speakers <laughs> and lying. stuff. No, no, no. If I'm there, like it, because there's a there's a Michaels there, there's TJ Maxx there, um, and so like if me and the wife go out to Silverdale, right? You know, okay. I'll drop her off at TJ Maxx, and I'm not trying to go to that store so go to radio shack yeah so i'll go to radio shack and then michael's that's really funny <laughs> i'm a yeah a weird, I mean, I mean weird dude it. i guess no 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 no. it's a guy thing it you seems know, very 90s go and to look me around you just have like five in my area but they're all gone now <laughs> it's like the blockbuster you know? yeah oh man yeah the downfall of blockbuster okay so the next store that i have here for locals is this retail task force right mm. um and i have this article from fox 13 i'll send it to you here on signal just one second Boom. i will say ever since my last uh, uninstall and reinstall the signal i only had to upgrade or update twice and i don't have any of the bad the bad signal so i don't have to reinstall yet yeah i have to Very update about like this. most times when i open it on my computer but it doesn't like mess up you know and i don't lose any of my messages or anything yeah so and the updates bad. are like five seconds but, long yeah yeah, it's very quick. All right, let's okay. take a look here. From Fox 13. Yeah, this is from Fox 13. My God, I was right. Okay, so <laughs> the newly formed statewide task force takes aim at organized retail theft in Washington. Obviously, we live in Washington State. Seattle retailers statewide lost a combined $2.7 billion worth of goods to organized retail theft in 2021. Whoa. Yes. That was the summer of love, if in I recall. In the state. That's in one state, my G. That's so many dollars. And all, not all, but most of those videos and stuff that we're seeing, because people were seeing the Snatch Grab videos all the time. Those are out of like California and shit like that. We're yeah. seeing those, out of those all the time. I imagine. Too. I I can't believe, because I've not seen, we live in small town, but I've not seen mm -hmm. it myself of people walking out. Um, That's not true. 
We went into dollar store one time. Guy walked out with a bucket full of shit. Girl came out, was yelling at him. That's not true. I didn't, Whoa. I didn't even think about that. I've never seen something yeah. like that. She said, "I think you forgot to pay." And he said, "No, I didn't." And got on the bike. And he <laughs> like, yeah, and Jordan, Jordan's like, "That's fucked up." And I'm like, "It is," but like, I'm not gonna. Yeah, it is fucked up. I'm not gonna get into an engagement with this guy over what do you have like some energy drinks or something i don't give a f- i don't care about these things yeah. items in the store this is, this is not my problem this is not my business i it's, don't care it's about it's not going to be uh, a repeat of that that dude um that the store clerk at the dollar general that shot and killed the guy that was holding up the store did you no. hear about the story no oh that was a wild one yeah and then everybody's all it was it was right around the same time as the uh the two way opinion came out, so everybody was hot That's for trial wild. for guns, and some dude defended himself because he had a gun in his face. And then the family's outside, like, "Why does this person got to be hold? Why is he carrying a gun at work?" Yeah, I'm like it's because people like this, people like you never know what the fuck's gonna happen, man. I don't know. Are we a state that did kind of what California did and make the, you know, larceny or? Is it larceny at that point? I don't, um, whatever I theft don't know. of a certain right, dollar amount? Other, I don't know if we did that. I would not be surprised boog. or if Seattle at the very least did. Um, Bilbo Swaggins, with that headline, it's like, please don't exist. To that effect, this is an article that I just pulled up here, and it's from My Northwest, um, and which is a conservative website, but that, mm-hmm. that's going to tell you. Jason Rance is a very prolific conservative talk show host in Washington State, um, and it said the very first time the Seattle Police Department confirmed it lost an astonishing 170 officers in 2021. 170 and uh, that's after there was like budget cuts and the most hilarious thing right before Carmen Best left she was the first black female police chief in Seattle history and right before she quit it was because there was a bunch of budget cuts during George Floyd and all that and obviously she's like I agree you know racial equality and everything but don't fuck up the city and all chas chop all these things happened and they made her fire a bunch of people and because <laughs> because they have a union um yeah the, and the collective bargaining agreement said that they had obviously last in first out and all the people they had just in a bunch of hiring to increase diversity so they had to fire all these minorities that they had just hired yes. she's like i'm not fucking doing that so she quit <laughs> it's, it's insanity so it's only gotten worse since then yep. um yeah second second paragraph the final separations report which includes retirements and resignations comes after a year of anti-police activism and a vaccine mandate that sidelined upwards of 100 officers so not only people quitting because of george floyd all of these things um but also the vaccine mandate, it's, it was not good. Um, that's crazy. Yes. It's bad news. So <laughs> yeah. that's just this one article. So, yeah, we can go back to this Fox 13. Um, Washington State Attorney Bob Ferguson, piece of shit, used the statistic to justify need for a new organized retail theft task force on Thursday. It will be made up of local law enforcement prosecutors and retail stores. Right now, it's so easy to steal, said Mark Johnson, which is the Washington Retail Association. I just went into Target and Geek Harbor yesterday. There was a designated security guy standing at the door. I was like, this is weird, bro. He had like a little, not an actual badge, but like an embroidered badge yeah. on, on his shirt. Like and, the his his rental cop yeah, like company's badge? Probably. Yeah. He was definitely yoked up. I wouldn't want to fight him. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. It's like when I was in uh, Russia after high school, that was the first time I ever saw retail stores with armed guards, like front and center. And they were a little bit more open about it over there, obviously. But it was a weird deal. That was like the first time that it ever happened to me. And now I kind of expect it everywhere I go. Yes. If if I'm going someplace, 
you know, you walk into Best Buy, there's the check-in, check-out guy, or whatever that kind of says hi to you on the way in. But he's also kind of security. He's watching to, to see stuff. And you see more and more of those things every day. Maybe not the blatant, obviously, a, a, a security officer or whatever. Right. But there's a lot more of this, this stuff coming in. I find this really interesting. We'll talk more about it once we get through the article. But Yes. Um, <clears throat> the goal of the task force will be to provide better collaboration and to share intelligence with groups of people who may be crisscrossing the state, targeting scores in stores and pharmacies. This involves a group of individuals that steal products not for their own personal profit, but to resell them for profit, Ferguson said. He said nine other states have similar task forces, but this would be the first for Washington State. We're seeing organizations use the dark web, said Nick Ooh, Brown, the U.S. attorney for Western Washington. They're raiding Home Depots, raiding Fred Myers, packing it up, sending them overseas to other countries, selling them for massive profits. <laughs> it's not the job lifting. This is crazy, bro. It's the, but it's the small-time constant shoplifting and lack of prosecution that have frustrated many businesses over the last several years. I had the unfortunate experience of witnessing in a store in my hometown of Olympia. Olympia is our state capital, by the way, oh, a theft a going on as I'm checking out, recalled Johnson. And I said, that person is stealing those backpacks. Are you going to stop them? They go, it's not worth me not going home tonight to my family to chase them out into the parking lot. They could be armed. They could have a weapon. I could get hurt. I could get bear sprayed, stab shot. That's a, a very extensive conversation. That is very extensive. With a <laughs> store employee. Um, many large chain stores. Have, I think they may be embellished a little bit. I'm not. I would not say be surprised if they say it's not worth me doing it. But I don't. All this. It's a lot of detail. It's a lot. <laughs> many large chain stores have corporate policies that tell employees not to engage with the person who's stealing from the store. The store's theft prevention officer sometimes stops a thief, but many are not armed, and the thieves know that. What retailers? I. Let's pause for a second, because now I'm starting to think. Okay. okay. Um, so he's saying the the store, what do they call them? Um, the theft prevention officer, right? I've seen it. I wouldn't die for my company's products. Me either, right? So that's okay. So that's what I want to ask about. It's <laughs> a, a theft prevention officer. If you pay that guy, that person, if you pay that guy to be armed, right? Are we like, how do you feel about that? A private company paying the, like an employee to be an armed guard, like a Target. If Target wants to start paying an employee to just mm -hmm. be an armed guard at the front of the stores, if our Target should be having them. How do I feel about that? Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's, if that's what they want to do. Right. I would, I would hope that they'd be responsible about it. And wild shit. Make sure he gets training or he or, you know, whatever. I mean, it's Target. I it feel like if, a, yeah, if you're corporate, you have to. Yeah, you, you have, have to. to. Um, but no, I'm not request that, that your that the person applicant has training. Yeah, yeah. Because you know? odds are, I mean, you're not going to make Wild. like the normie high school fucking you know purple haired employee at Target. You're not going to just be like, all right, here's your gun, here's Pay your badge. Get trained. Yeah, <laughs> that would be lit. I mean, <laughs> that would be hilarious. But you right. know, if you're going to hire somebody with a security background, because yeah. that would be the intelligence thing to do, and pay them accordingly, it's. I mean, it's up to you, man. It's, right. Go to town. No, and I so no, you're right. I don't have an inherent problem with it. I think at first I was just thinking like fucking a guy Target with a employee. gun at Target. That's so crazy, you know. Just just in general, an armed guard at Target seems so wild. You it know? seems very contrary to their corporate virtue signaling over the last right. few years. Anyway, well, but. and that's just an example. If you if of. Any, I guess it's difficult to think of a box store because most of them have come out and been like, I don't even want you to carry a gun in my store. Yeah. Um, but even if you 
I don't know. Most stores, it's difficult for me to conceptualize them having an armed guard there. Yeah. Like, it's it gets easier with the big box stores. Like, a Best Buy, I wouldn't be surprised. There's there's millions of dollars of merchandise in there, man. It'd be, and a lot of electronics are small. Right. Like, you could easily steal a very high-value item in just one go versus, you know, Target, they have expensive stuff there, but it's also Target. It's basically just the Walmart for people that want to be better than Walmart. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not really that much different. The people that go there just think better of themselves than the people that go to Walmart on the regular and are willing to pay for it. So I don't, I don't think... I again, fundamentally don't have a problem with it. Right. But they'd be hypocritical if all of a sudden this was their tack now. Although I would have some more respect. If, if we can't afford to do this bullshit anymore and to, to be virtue signaling on the corporate level, it has cost us millions, probably hundreds of millions of <laughs> <Right>. dollars, <laughs> you know, nationwide chain like that. I mean, I would, I would understand why they would make that decision. And I'm still not going to go support them with my money because I already don't support them. I don't, I don't like them as an institution, as a corporation. So I don't put my dollars there and maybe they would get a little bit of that go, woke, go broke side effect from, Hey man, we're losing all this money. We have to do this now. We've right. seen the reality. And if they piss off a bunch of their, you know, <clears throat> patrons, the Target folk, if you will, they, uh, that's, that's the price they need to pay. We literally can't afford this shit anymore. That's yeah. wild. Yeah. Not into it. I don't like corporate virtue signaling for this reason, man. Right. If you're going to be an institution, be an institution. Do not try to participate on this level. Or right. if you're going to, you need to be ready to pay the consequences. Because Right, because now you're right. Now it puts them in a compromised position. If mm -hmm. they do feel like that's the right solution, even if at, the, at their top corporate level, all the people believe in equity or say they believe in equity and do all the virtue signaling are like, listen, we literally don't know what else to do but besides put motherfuckers with guns in front of the store because even just the beefy dudes isn't working anymore. Nope. Like, what do you do? How do you, yeah. yeah. How do you ask people not to carry a gun in your store but have a dude with a gun in the front of your store? Well, I mean, that's... Other than saying it's for our own fucking... But it's the same shit. Well, you could, they could take the tact of, you know, that's their form of a, a hardening on their, on their yeah. facility so that uh, they can protect everybody there because we want this to be a safe environment. So nobody's allowed to have guns except for us. Kind of like the police anyway. and, you know, kind of like how that whole law enforcement. That's aspect. what I'm saying is, yeah, it's the same yeah. thing. That's what I was going to say. It's for our own protection, but it's, it's the same thing as yeah. everything else. Yep. Bullshit. Just taking the personal responsibility out of people and placing right. it somewhere else so right. they don't have to think about it's bullshit. it. Bullshit. Yeah. There's a there's gonna be a lot of that today. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested. Two point seven billion is a lot of money, man. Yeah. I yeah, I'd be really interested, like a general breakdown of what categorically was getting stolen the most. Is it petty items? Is it pharmaceuticals? Is it you know, is it clothing and food? Or is it electronic you know, big ticket items or or what are we talking about? Especially yeah. if you're going to turn around. It sounds like a lot of it's being turned around on the dark web and being sold for profit. So right. I imagine it's like American, uh, I don't want to call it a beauty product, but, you know, like a skincare products and, you know, hygiene products. We have a massive market of very expensive items like that. Stuff like that. It's probably that. Electronics. You know, you could take, fuck, you can take whatever you want. I did check the statute real quick, too. Um, and technically in the state um anything under 750 dollars or less is still considered third degree 
uh, gross misdemeanor. Well, and we know from like even Brady Whether Cruz or not you, that in Seattle they're letting people go for gun charges. You know, yeah. So they definitely don't give a shit if you're stealing stuff. Yeah. And Just this, because it's on the books doesn't mean you're going to get prosecuted. We got to make sure we get a little bit woke at the end. Fox 13 always does this. Um, like two paragraphs down, the task force will be going off organizations that have tentacles of thieves that work for them and won't be focused on other types of shoplifting. This is a quote from Bob Ferguson, our attorney general. What it's not is someone who's trying to steal something for their personal need. They got an addiction problem. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about organized efforts on a broad scale. So if you're just an addict and you go in and steal shit so that you can fucking get high, then, you know, it doesn't matter. And I'll let's clarify even a little bit more, right? Because I don't give a shit if you want to do drugs. I don't care if you want to do any other stuff. When you start stealing shit for your own personal needs, you start infringing on other people, right? That's when we have a problem. Yeah. You don't get to fuck other people over because you can't support your own habits. If you want to get high, I don't care at all. Yeah. I couldn't care any less. It is only when you start fucking with other people that it matters to me at all. I get out. I'm getting high right now. I'm not fucking with anybody. It doesn't nope. matter. You know what I'm saying? I'm not doing meth. I'm not shooting up. I'm not going to steal anything. Yep. That's not the point, though. I don't care what you want to do if you want to do those things until you start to infringe on other people. Mm-hmm. You can't steal other people's shit to feed your own habit. What a liberty-centered point of view to, you just have, sir. Just I mean, silly so to proud. draw this distinction. <laughs> fucking bob ferguson i love the law i love the law yeah we stop them they will say hey you can't touch us we go yes you are under arrest says carl kleinkart director of security the bellevue police department is usually there in two minutes and the suspects are actually shocked that they're going to king county jail <laughs> to get booked and immediately released because they stole less than 700 dollars worth of shit we forgot to write that at the end Oh, my Task God. Task Force will have its first meeting on July 7th. So we will see what July comes 7th. of this. Yeah. I was looking pay at attention this, for some notes. I was looking at this article this morning. And at the very top, there's like the thumbnail of the video of the guy stealing the big TV. Mm-hmm. And Dax said, who's that? And I said, I don't know. He's What is he doing? So he's stealing something. He's doing something. Nice. That's a big TV. <laughs> that, is, that is a big TV. A big You're TV. right. And he is stealing it. Okay, I'm going to put this down in the calendar so I don't forget. July, uh, the first July. meeting of the task force. Yeah. yeah. Task force meeting. Yes. That is hilarious. So, there you so go. Well, I'm going to keep an eye out for some minutes or maybe some video conferencing because I doubt. I mean, this is King County we're talking about, right? We're going to. Or no, it's a state. It's a it's state, state thing. task force. So, yeah. But it, it'll probably be run out of Olympia, I would assume, the capital. And, yeah. Uh, uh, I'll be really curious. I'm, I bet you they all probably aren't going to work still, and most of them will be zooming in and probably be able to watch that Zoom I'm conference sure. live. And I forgot to tell you about this one. Mm. I wonder if you know about it. I just sent you the article. This article is from Cairo 7. Um, you're going to love this if you don't already know about it. New Washington. You must- <laughs> I knew you would love it. I knew you would love it. We get boned every year. It's and it's it's a wormhole that I fell into that's gonna really bother you. It's gonna really heat you up for for part two. Bring so, me there, but I'm ready. New I'm, Washington license plate fees increasing July on. July first. Okay. New funding for the Move Ahead Washington project will come when the cost of license plate fees across the state Hey Jesus tits. Oh, one of the best. <laughs> Everyone saw me jump on camera. That scared the piss out of me. That's that was <sighs> okay. That was interesting. 
New funding from the Move Ahead Washington Project will come when the cost of license plate fees across the state rise starting on July 1st. The nearly $17 billion transportation project includes many investments such as $3 billion for public transportation, $1 billion for Washington's portion of the Interstate 5 replacement bridge over Columbia River, $3 billion for maintenance and preservation, and $5.4 billion towards the carbon reduction and multi-model expansion. Starting July 1st, license plate fees will change as follows. New plate is going from $10 to $50. You can go fuck yourself. A replacement plate will go from $10 to $30. New motorcycle plate goes from $4 to $20. A replacement motorcycle plate goes from $4 to $12. Other fees increases include detailer temporary permits will increase from 15 to 40 so that just rolls into the price anytime you buy a car a maximum optional dealer documentation fee will increase one from 150 to 200 a stolen vehicle check fee if which is out of state vehicles registering in washington goes from 15 dollars to 50 dollars the washington state department of transportation noted that applications received on or after july 1st will must reflect the increase even if the applications are postmarked earlier so you gotta be, yeah. Don't don't try and sneak the state. They're gonna fuck you no matter what. And I was like, damn, Moohead Washington. Like, what's? I remember this. You know, we talked about this, and um, I said that's weird that it's gonna. They're increasing these fees because I thought that we had a surplus, right? I remember <laughs> us talking about having a surplus. I remember us saying that. So I typed in, oh, Washington surplus, and um, I got this page. Oh, I should have sent you this one too. This is from the website of Alex Ibarra, who's a representative. For the state, he's a Republican. Um, so I'll send you this in signal. Sorry about that. And I'll send you the next one after this, too. Yes. It's a series of three, because this is from his website. Um, and I just, what? Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Inflation's not really a thing. You know, you don't have to worry about that. No. That $30 fucking increase um, is actually going to cost you more like 50 It's for the roads, though, because it's not, don't. Don't worry about the inflation. It's for the roads. It's for the roads, yeah. bro. So this is from Ibarra, and he says, this is awesome. Um, <laughs> it's it's pretty awesome. Uh, like many of Where's the portion here where he's talking about... Um, with only a few days left in 2022, this is under supplemental operating budget, the second paragraph. With only a few days left in 2022 legislative session, the House passed their 2021-22 supplemental operating budget on Saturday, the 26th of February. The massive $65 billion spending plan was approved on party line vote with Republicans voting no. Where does it talk about the surplus? Uh, okay, I'm sorry, the bottom under the graph. With a $15 billion budget surplus, why not offer some tax relief? This budget size was not only for, was the not the only reason I voted no on the spending plan. Despite a record budget surplus of more than $15 billion, the proposal offers no meaningful tax relief to working Washingtonians. Instead, the plan calls for an additional $6.2 billion in new spending to the two-year budget passed by lawmakers last April. So instead of you know, maybe cutting a little bit of taxes. The Republicans even proposed tax cuts for our sales tax, things like this, right? So they said, fuck you. Instead, they actually rolled some of this money over into Move Ahead Washington. So that's the third article that I sent you, which is actually from the state websites, HouseDemocrats.Washington. Um, and it goes, let's see, at the bottom, I believe it talks about the breakdown. Move ahead, Washington. Yep, not the very bottom. Placing this arm. How do we fund this transformative package? It's the, yep, on the right there. Um, our package is funded through a one time transfers from the state's general fund, right? That's the surplus. 
and the Public Works Assistance Account, which they're totally wiping out federal dollars from the Infrastructure and Jobs Act and investments from the Climate Commitment Act. Movehead Washington does not include a gas tax. Oh, thank God. There's a people-oriented proposal that doesn't pass cost into working families, except for when we're taking money out of your pocket that we could have given back to you. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, it's, it's not theft if you already gave it to us and we just don't give it back. Yep. Don't uh, worry about it. And we need to make sure that we can still tap into that federal funds because, goddamn, we don't have enough money. We need that COVID money. We don't have enough money. We have $16.5 billion surplus, but we don't have enough money. That's why we need Jay Inslee to keep those emergency powers. Hail Inslee. Thank, thank the Lord for Inslee. Because what would we do Lord. without him maintaining his emergency powers? We, 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 would just, we would just fade away into the nothingness because... I, I don't know. I can't even. I'm so angry. I had no idea this was happening. I oh, mean, yeah. is there any surprise that Bob Ferguson and the governor of Washington State, piece of shit Jay Inslee, have fought so hard to overturn memorandums by the people that tell you to hold up your, the end of the bargain that you promised us with our gas or with our car registry fees, and they have. They have put in, I can't even imagine how many hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal fees and, you know, court time, the whole nine yards, attorneys, to, trying to over overturn memorandums that have been passed by the people by direct vote for multiple times. This is why, because they can't afford to do it because they've already spent all the fucking money that they told us they wouldn't do. I mean, this this sounds to me just like some standard left-wing bullshit fucking corruption. Yeah. At the highest levels. Coming from the, the state's attorneys general and the governor of the state himself. And since we brought it up, because I just looked this one up, so that's nice. I'll send you this as well, if I can get my shit together. On oh, fucking real, man. Yeah, oh, I know. I know. I'm I mean, so the, the economy. Thank this. God, Biden says the economy is like having the greatest recovery of all time. Because yes. otherwise, I don't know how people could afford this. Yeah. Unless, of course, the goal was to make sure that the average everyday citizen cannot afford to drive. Because that's what you're doing. Well, and that's excellent that you brought that up. Because I just sent you this last article that I actually just found. Oh, okay. Um, and this oh. is from News Press. Oh, there we go. Um, yep. Santa Barbara Santa, News yep, Press. Santa Barbara News Press. Jay Inslee holds forth on gas prices, emergency powers, and this is just a copy from a different article. Mm -hmm. um, and I have my VPN on, and the first one wouldn't let me open it. So let's see a little bit of the way down here. We've passed a low-income tax credit to help low-income people in part with some of their oil prices. Governor Inslee said on the Seattle Morning News podcast, it's an average of about $1,200 a year. We'll start receiving next year. who are in the lower-income bracket. So next year, you'll get it. Um, and then he said there was a better plan than halting the state gas tax in some form. <laughs> Let's see. Currently, almost 50 cents are tacked onto the price of every gallon pumped into Washington for state-based gas taxes, but Governor Inslee does not see that as low-hanging fruit for easing people's pain at the pump. We've concluded it's just putting more money into the gas company's pockets is not a solution to this problem because that's what's happening. When you do, like, a gas tax holiday, a couple things happen. One, the gas companies just raise their price to the point they had it before, so the money goes to the gas company, to the oil company, rather than the state. It doesn't actually reduce what you're paying at the pump, so all it really does is transfer the dollars that would be going into fixing our roads and bridges and just gives it to the profit column of the oil companies. Those remarks were delivered on May 20th. 
Three days prior, Inslee addressed the issue of emergency powers and the separation of powers in the Crosscut Talks podcast. Governor Inslee talked about his February 29th, 2020 de- declaration of statewide power still in effect in response to the spread of COVID-19 per the Emergency Powers Act. Under the state of emergency, Inslee has issued scores of additional proclamations, including shelter-in-place orders, business and school closures, and more term on evictions and mask and vaccine updates. And he has the ability to call the legislature into session and dismiss them whenever he wants. Mm-hmm. This quote, but the reality of this is that has not been some rogue executive running rampant like an elephant through the tall grass of our civil liberties, Governor Inslee said. The legislature now has had two or three opportunities to rescind or contravene any of the actual rules or protocols that I have announced. And you know what? They've confirmed them. Not only have they not repealed them, they've actually confirmed them, including a bunch of Republican votes in 2021 to actually confirm the things that we've done. So it's fine. I'm a tyrant because people say it's okay. I. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. He, this is ipso facto dictator of the Washington state. Not a big deal. And it's okay because he has the legislature in his pocket to parrot whatever the fuck he wants to do. Right. And we've had several bills come from the state legislature to try and get him to rescind his emergency powers. Yeah. So and every time you, they're shot down. Because the Democrats have enough sycophants in Washington state, you're mm-hmm. able to maintain your emergency powers just like they were in California if they wanted to, where I think we're the last state where the governor still has emergency powers. And it's because we're one of like three or five or something where he gets to decide when it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't I do not know how you can say with any with any validity to it. I don't know how I want to say this. We're in a dictatorship in this state. Period. But we still are through emergency powers. And I don't know I I mm, I'd be really curious if there are any other states that still have governors with the I don't think so. the holdover COVID <clears throat> dictatorial I don't powers. Think so. I don't think so either. I think they've all generally rolled back, even in like New York and stuff. Yeah, you know, with their unelected governor Kathy Hochul, who's passing all sorts of edicts left and right. But we talked about that last week. We don't need to rehash that. I will say that uh, that body armor clip we put out earlier today so shout out real quick everybody if you're in if the six hour five to six hour podcast a little much for you or even if the hour and a half to an hour long podcast are too much for you monday through thursday you can get short clips from the various parts of each and every episode put out right here on our youtube salty shorts there's a playlist with all of them you could set it there you can have the playlist play all of them if you really wanted to they're out there monday through thursday you're getting them so if you want to introduce somebody to the show, if you're intimidated by the super length of the show, if your friends are intimidated from the length of the show, start them off with the salty shorts and move on up from there. Yeah. Now, with that, I think we will move into our first break. We'll be back Whoop. in three minutes, and we'll come back part two. We're going to be talking about some of the Supreme Court decisions, specifically the Roe decision, also the New York's decision for concealed carry. We're going to compare and contrast them a little bit and dig into those decisions a little bit. So I want a 10-hour pod. If you want a 10-hour pod, the longest we've done is seven. Yeah, so we did a seven once. Don't fucking tempt us. <laughs> do not tempt us, Bobo Swaggin. My wife will kill me. Indeed. We can't do 10 today. One day. <laughs> One day. We will. That motherfucker Shane Powers, you know, he had like the longest radio cast ever. We can absolutely yeah, do that. He did There's the, no reason uh, that we can't do that. It was like 27 hours. There's no reason yeah. we can't fucking do that. That was, I remember being, we were like listening to that whole thing all yeah. the time. No. We we're not going to do that. But One day, we could. today. Yeah. That's what, oh yeah. Twitch streamers do that sometimes. I want the record. On their birthdays, they'll do a 24-hour stream sometimes. It's like a Twitch thing. That motherfucker's crazy. Indeed. All right. We'll be we'll back. back. Three minutes. And we're back. 
Thank you for joining us, Salt of the Streets. This is going to be part two of episode 128. My name is Donovan. I'm Colin. Thank you again for joining us, coming back. I didn't miss uh, it today. Yeah. <laughs> no, there it is. Uh, of course, I want to ask you to like, comment, subscribe on this episode here, on this part here, this video that you are watching. Go ahead and go follow us. We also have our Facebook, our Instagram, our YouTube, our Patreon, all at Salt of the Streets. Go to the Patreon, subscribe, help us make more better content just like this. The newsletters, the beer shows, all those beautiful things that we're doing. We also have our personal social media. I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at Alpaca for Donovan on Instagram. Colin is at Big Bird Alfie on both those things. All of this is at saltofthestreets.com. And, of course, if you need a haircut in our local area, go to Suave Blended. That is where I get my haircut. You can see this. We talked about it earlier. I'm in the midst of growing out, so we've got some weird stuff. But it's beautiful. It's good. It's layered. It's fantastic. So, yeah. As, as a man who has done the full-blown ponytail, I believe I had it when I first started working at Bennett, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, you're in, you're in the thick of it right now. Yeah. And it's gonna, life's going to be miserable for probably a month or two with your hair. And then... It'll all come together and you'll be like, it was totally fucking worth it. I can almost get a pony in the back. Yeah. But I'm looking for a low pony. You know? Yep. So. And you also don't want like just the half of it no. in the back that you can grab. You know, you want everything to be able to be pulled back. All and of it. It's all got to get caught up. Yeah. And, but yeah, I will say luxurious looking locks today though good sir okay it might be a little wild but i mean it is uh 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 pantene pro v-esque thank you is that a 90s shampoo i don't think anybody uses that shit anymore okay well the beginning of as as per the usual now part two is when we kick off beers and this week is import beer so we have a Cristal Weiss beer so these are all going to be general wheat beers crystal clear that's right and then we have a heffy Weiss beer, which is going to be your Hefeweizen. Let so get this crystal clear, bro. Do it up, buddy. But yeah. I, I will need you to open yes, that for me. <laughs> Actually, wait a minute. I'm going to pull out my epic knife and do it up proper like. Oh. hey So if I Got pull out the right giant away. knife. Here, let's go here and watch me just yeah. fucking impale myself. hey oh, Eh. All right, Mike. You don't kill yourself. Ooh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That was... Totally that worth awesome. it. Totally right. worth it. I'll get the first pour here. Shout out, Puppin' Neil. There we go. A little bit higher. It's my sheath. There it is. A sheath up. Tell you what, that is clear. That's wicked clear. And William Wallace was making fun of me again last night for screwing up the pour so bad again on the beer show last oh, night. Nailed it. Pour. That's a solid pour. Look how clear that bad boy is. Crystal clear. Give us a taste. Does it taste like a wheat beer? Okay. Coming back. Smells real light. Like a like a pills. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, it's um, these German beers are going to be uh, subject to what they call German purity law. So right. there is, there's not much going on in there yeah. other than the standard It definitely basics. does take a little, taste a little bit weedy, though. Yeah? Yeah. That's good. That's good. I mean. Yes. So here's here's this one. It's a slightly a more cloudy, and I think that's just because it's a more standard Hefeweizen type <clears throat> mix when it comes to the wheat. Yeah, clean, but that biscuity warmth that comes in with that heavy wheat. Wow. I don't know why, man. I've been just really into the Hefeweizens lately. Mm. Oh, and that's clean, too. Slightly spicy. Oh, yeah, this is, this is exactly what I wanted out of this beer. It's a good summer beer. These are good summertime beers. Yeah. Uh, what? Mm, yep. Wayne Stephaner. Yes. 
I'm ashamed to my German heritage. Yeah. That was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you definitely are. <laughs> That's quite the name. I don't know. I was looking at it, trying to decide if I mm-hmm. thought that you got it. That's about as close as I would get. So. Weihenstefaner. 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 See, if you just do that. That's probably yeah. it works. <laughs> yell it. If you just yell it, that's the That's answer. how it happened. I love that. Oh. So, part so the, two. Part two. Supreme Court decision. That's what Indeed. we're going to talk about. So we can go over some of the ones that came out this session. Um, I have just like the Supreme Court's website, and mm-hmm. they list on their homepage, you know, all of the different decisions. And so, it's, uh, the session is not technically over, correct? Nope. These are just the ones that have come out thus far. Um, I think next week, I believe, is the end of the session. I'm not totally sure. And I don't know if they change it. I mean, shit. They moved the day to Friday for the row decision. So The 27th is the last opinion issuance day. Okay. So, the 27th. Oh, yeah. Which is Monday. Whoa. So, yeah, we're going to get a drop on Monday. Yeah. So, um, I'll start at the beginning, which was <clears throat> the 23rd. We had the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association Incorporated versus Bruin, which is New York proper cause requirement for obtaining an unrestricted license to carry a concealed firearm violates the 14th amendment in that it prevails in that it prevents law-abiding citizens with ordinary self-defense needs from exercising their second amendment right to keep and bear arms so that was turned over um or new york's the restriction that they had mm-hmm. um the second one vega versus toka Take a violation of the prophylactic rules described in Miranda versus Arizona, 384 U.S. 436, does not provide a basis for a claim under 42 U.S.C., which is like you can't sue someone for violating Miranda rights, I think is. That sounds about right, yeah. given everything we talked about last episode, yeah. right? So we'll we'll get into that uh, a different time, not today. We're just going to go over these ones, and there's two particular that we're going to really kind of dive into. Yeah, the two biggins. Yep. Nance versus Ward. Title 42 is the procedural vehicle appropriate for a prisoner's method of executive claim, even if an order granting the relief requested would be would necessitate a change in state law. Uh, Berger versus North Carolina State Conference of the NAACP. The Speaker of the North Carolina State House of Representatives and the President Pro Tempore of the North Carolina State Senate are entitled to intervene in this l- litigation challenging North Carolina's, excuse me, voter ID law, Dobbs versus Jackson's Women's Health Wealth, health Care, which is the other one that we'll be talking about today. The Constitution does not confer a right to abortion, Roe v. Wade, 410 U.S. 113, and Planned Parenthood of Southeastern Pennsylvania versus Casey are overruled. The authority to regulate abortion is returned to the people and their elected representatives. And lastly, Bacara versus Empire Health Foundation for Valley Hospital Medical Center. The purposes of calculating the Medicare fraction, one of two fractions is the Medicare program uses to adjust the rate paid to hospitals that serve a higher than usual percentage of low-income patients. Those individuals entitled to Medicare Part A benefits are all those qualifying for the program regardless of whether they receive Medicare payments for part or all of a hospital stay. (laughs) So... Take comfort in that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, that's nice. I mean, obviously the two biggest ones uh, that really shook the ground, if you will, this week. Um, Because the Second Amendment case out of New York, uh, that came on Tuesday, I believe, right? This past Tuesday. And then, of course, we all had Friday morning. Um, the the shock set in after they overturned Roe well, and Casey. Thursday, Thursday, it was Thursday. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, twenty third is when most of these came out. The okay. first ones. So, 
how do you want to approach this? Um, we we had talked uh, about kind of comparing and contrasting the two kind of big ones right off the bat, because there's been a lot of, uh, I think, false association between the right. two. So I want to compare and contrast the two cases because it's been done so much over the last few days. Um, <clears throat> The New York gun case is pretty much cut and dry, right? You have mm-hmm. the right to self-defense under the 14th. The right cannot be removed without due process. Um, so that one's that one is is pretty simple. We're going to dig into it more, but on the face, that is that. Because mm-hmm. I've seen so much comparison, um, like I just said, of, uh, oh, so guns have more rights than women do and, and things of this nature. Mm-hmm. Um, the case of Dobbs is more complicated, right? But we – so we'll start we'll start with the gun one. Like I said, on its face, it's it's – it's pretty simple. New York State had tried to just try, and there are several other states that say this as well. New Jersey is very restrictive on that. Very so much I'm Maryland. To see what comes of that um, is that you had to provide like a legitimate reason as to why you wanted to carry a firearm for self-defense, which uh, was ruled under this court that the what the fuck am I trying to say? Totally just lost my train of thought. Well, the, let me add this on top of that. Yes. What happens is in these, what they call may issue states where they may issue you a permit or may not. May issue or um, shall issue. And, right. Yeah, because most states are shall issue if they're not constitutional carry states already. But there's a few holdouts, the ones that are affected by the decision. I believe it's like five or seven. I don't remember totally offhand, but um, the the major problem is that you had to prove, like you just said, you had to have some kind of reasonable. Um, what was the phrase you just used? Like you had to have a, a reason. You had to have an, a reasonable means or a, a reason yeah. for wanting this gun. And most of the time, self defense was not a proper allow cause. a proper cause. But the the really screwed up part was the state was the one that determined whether or not you had proper cause. It wasn't whether you the individual who has rights felt like you had cause or not. It was arbitrarily up to the state itself. And a lot of times with, I mean, even tighter within the cities, within those states. And so most of these places were labeled may issue, but in reality was will not issue. Right. A lot of those were. And it was ruled under the, excuse me, ruled this way under the 14th Amendment, what is called the Due Process Clause. That's why Mm -hmm. I was trying to think of this and completely lost my train of thought. So thank you for saving me. Was ruled under the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment. So I'll read that part here. Amendment number 14. Um, Let's see. The validity of the public debt of the United States. Is that the correct... I believe it's the first section in 14 too. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and the state wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny to any person with within its jurisdictions the equal protection of the laws. So what that says in a little bit easy in layman's terms, right, is that your rights cannot be violated without due process. And because there is no no due process in a potentially unelected official, if you're talking about a sheriff, then they're elected, you know, if there's some, but anyway, a a public official telling you whether or not you have the right to carry something. Mm -hmm. There are deeper issues that we'll get into later about allowing people to dictate what your rights are for you. But even under the framework of the Constitution and the amendments, the subsequent 
amendments therein, it is unconstitutional for them to decide and remove your right to self-defense, to conceal carry weapon, to carry weapon outside of your home for self-defense without some form of due process. So that is what they're referring to. And that's where a lot of the confusion starts to come in. Maybe not even... Confusion doesn't even feel right to me because so much of it is intentional, right? And it falls into a couple of different categories. Confusion... Let me just finish that thought. The confusion between this and the ruling of Roe v. Wade, of the overturning of Roe v. Wade, because that was also ruled that way partially because of the 14th Amendment Mm -hmm. and the same due process clause, right? So I'm going to talk for a second about the different ways this is being confused because we talked in your let me ask you this about part of this right for a little bit i was very angry because i know how simple it is for people to find out what the reality is of these two cases i know how simple it is for you to look up not you but for anyone to look up exactly how these cases got ruled and why it is and even if you don't agree with them the logic i believe is sound you Mm -hmm. know i understand the reasoning there you can disagree with it but i think the reasoning makes sense from a logic basis there's not a ton of jumps of that's crazy why why would you say something like that right um so that part made me frustrated and the other part made me very very sad especially for people that i care deeply about that that they on two different levels Mm -hmm. have been deceived and on the first level it is being told that this document and the amendments subsequent to it tell them what their rights are right oh yes and and they don't and we've talked about that just tons of times on the Mm -hmm. show right and most people who are listening don't know for anybody who's new here anything like that if you don't know if you're here to learn the constitution doesn't give you your rights the constitution simply lays out a few of your rights and says exactly that the government cannot infringe upon them, that it has the duty to protect and defend them, right? That is what the Constitution and the Bill of Rights says. The Constitution lays out the responsibilities of the three different branches and a few other things after that. And then the Bill of Rights, like, like I said, is the, the 10 base base rights that the government absolutely, definitely cannot infringe upon. So it doesn't give you your rights, nor do any of the people that are elected into it or any of the people that we or you have decided that have any authority over you. Mm-hmm. And so Not that, that you actually decided, but so it, so it, it made me sad to that effect that I believe people have been intentionally misled that way through rhetoric. When people on the news, uh, public officials, pundits are talking about your constitutional rights, your constitutionally held rights, all these things, right? I think the rhetoric is very important that we have to be so specific because people now are under the general assumption that that is what's giving you your rights. Yeah. This piece of paper, the constitution gives me my rights. And it sets people up for failure. It does because that is the opposite way that you should be thinking about the constitution of the United States of America. It is not, it was not drafted to give anybody rights. It was drafted solely so that the federal government at which the founders were establishing they were setting the boundaries of the absolute rights that they cannot infringe upon. Right. And that it is not a list of your rights. It's a list of rights that cannot be infringed by the federal government. It is more for them 
than it is for us. Our rights right. are innumerable. It said, and that's the Ninth Amendment, the power, the enumeration yes. in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. What that says, right, you, this is not a full list of your rights. This is a small number of rights that we are laying out that are specifically protected from the government. That the government we are laying out cannot and does not have the power to infringe on these rights. That is specifically what we're saying. Mm -hmm. And that's why creating an amendment is such a difficult thing and that's why it's such a large obstacle to get over and why it's such a big deal yeah. right it's because it is laying out constitutionally a, another limitation of the government that may not have been expressly lined out when the founders wrote these documents and whether people made the amendments yeah. what is up zeke we're happy to have you here what up so, big dog it concerns me that so many people are of that mindset because, like I said, I think it sets them up for failure. If those are the building blocks that you're going off of that you're limiting yourself to what this piece of paper, what the document says, is you're setting yourself up for failure. That's mm -hmm. the best way that I can put that. And the second layer to that is all of these people that are under the same uninformed... Um, I don't know. I can't think of the, the exactly the correct terms. I didn't turn assumption or can they're they're convinced that the nine people on this on this council on the Supreme Court are dictating to them what their rights are that they have <laughs> that they have some form of authority over telling you what your rights are. Right? Yeah, and that's it was confusing to me and also came me a little bit open. I'm seeing people, especially under the road things, say. Um, saw a lot of shit like on Instagram of like, I will aid in a bed abortion. A as you should. A yeah. As you should. You, you, I, I promote this because I don't think that if you believe that this is one of your rights, that abortion is one of your rights, then you you should pursue that path. Mm -hmm. right? I, I believe that. That you are the one that defines your rights. So if you, yourself, people that we really care about that are posting shit like this, that say things like this, believe things like this, Right, you're limiting yourself by allowing and providing, giving the authority to other people to dictate to you what your rights are. When truly, the only authority to that lies within yourself. Yes, and it's like sad that, truly sad, truly, truly sad that people are not accepting of that. You know that they're they're limiting themselves within that by providing that authority to other people. Mm -hmm. and, and they've been spoon fed this right. this false narrative. Th throughout our entire life, generations of people have been spoon-fed this bullshit about how the system is supposed to, supposed to work. And no more, no, there hasn't been a period in time at which that lie has been more substantial than in today's world between the Gen Zers, the Millennials, and the Gen Xers. Um, much less, you know, we don't really count the boomers at this point, but because they obviously have no idea what their rights are and they don't care about them. Or if they recognize them, they've proven that all they want to do is strip them away at every possible convenience. 100%. But the, the real, let's put it this way. One of the, uh, like, I'll add another layer of problematic thinking that goes with this, this forced narrative thinking that you should think that the, the constitution gives you your rights versus vice versa and that the supreme court can dictate your rights when they make an opinion and things like this and right. so when it comes to something like abortion the place where that belongs is within your state and within your state constitution and your state laws that's where all of this is supposed to be but the brainwashing of the american 
citizenry for generations have been trained now to think, to forget about the the foundational aspect of re, re, small r republicanism, belief in a republic that you know best for what you and your fellow statesmen want, to thinking that everything that you think should be forced upon the citizens of other states. So everything has to be done at a at a at a federal level because this is our democracy and if you want something to be protected in your state you have to automatically want that protection for the other people in other states which by by itself is not necessarily inherently wrong and there are organizations that move within the states because this is america and you do have the power to say strike up a 501c3 nonprofit that promotes a uh, say we'll just use abortion in this you know in this case because that's what we're talking about abortion being open and available and safe and all this stuff and then you have offices or you push for legislation in all sorts of different states and all that you're trying to convince the populace of places to get on your side that's the way that is supposed to work you're not supposed to say well those dumbass people in missouri are a bunch of backward ass thinking motherfuckers so we're going to force it on them at the federal level that is that is a that's the sign that wherever you're at on your stance on where your rights come from you know that they were built in a backwards manner because force you cannot force another individual to infringe on someone else's rights and if those are if those rights are innumerable and it is not explicitly called out in either the federal or state constitution. You have to do the groundwork to change it from the bottom up. You cannot change it from the top down. That is how democracies work. And that's also how dictatorships work. And if you are raised, generations of people now are raised to believe that we live in a democracy and it's supposed to work like that. You don't, you're not concerned with your state politicians unless they're directly pushing for something you support you're more concerned with the federal government and the the consequences of those laws passed because they affect us all as americans and we should all be one big happy united states of america so we're one big country we should have, we should have all the same protections that i think that we should have right here for me and that is a fundamental misunderstanding of how the whole system is supposed to work and i'm i'm not i definitely I'm I'm not talking about people trying to enforce their opinions on other people. I'm I'm trying to push for an embrace of people people embracing their own ideas. Mm. And <clears throat> part of the concern of this is the way that this this row case especially has been framed of, you know, the constitutional right or your right to do this mm -hmm. has been removed. Your right to an abortion has been removed. And so there's a debate on whether or not there is a right to an abortion and i don't think that this discussion i think it's i think that it is a mistake to base that in a document that says your your rights are not fully encompassed in this document so i see i for, see for for the concern of that to then be pushed like i said on the supreme court i think is stupid mm -hmm. if you're hearing from them that this is not a constitutionally defended right, a con not a constitutionally protected right, then your push then needs to be, that's fine if it's not in the Constitution. My rights are not fully enumerated in the Constitution. I'm going to continue to push this. And that's why I 
so that I'm, I'm advocating for people regardless of whether or not I agree with it because mm -hmm. I think, abor personally, I think that it's wrong, right? Abortion, I agree with people who are saying, I will aid and abet abortion because if you believe that that is your right and that it's other people's rights mm -hmm. and you're both going to work towards that, then I think you should do that. And I think operating, like I said, from the standpoint of, well, it's not constantly protected, so fuck it, I think that's a bad, that's a bad starting point. It's, you know? it's a bad starting point, and I can... If you want to see that, I, I agree with you to the effect that if you want to see the institutional change of that, then the right place to go is of your state, mm -hmm. especially according to the Supreme Court. That's the way to go. So you don't but, disagree with the sentiment, but it's no, it's directed no. at the wrong place. And, and you no, know, and I don't, I don't really disagree at all. My okay. my point really is just that I'm cutting more to a base individual level of all the way that many people that we are seeing are identifying with the situation about their rights being defined by what these justices just told them, mm -hmm. and I think that that's. A, yeah. a, a logical fallacy that they're feeding themselves and i believe that the root of that is is us as a culture and society getting away from the founding ideals mm -hmm. and even if that's at the base of understanding the ninth amendment says your rights are not fully enumerated here because people don't even fucking get that they don't it's just well if it's not constitutional then yeah. you know i don't have that right anymore but that's, it even says that in here that that's not true. The nope. founding fathers, the people at the time when this was ratified, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights was ratified, understood what that meant. That's why, yeah. that's why the Federalist Papers were being produced so people could understand what all of these things were saying. So at a time, people understood actually what that meant. And I believe, like I said, the further we've gotten away from even the base understanding of our founding ideals, the easier it has made it for seekers of power to distort our perception through simple rhetoric, like mm -hmm. I was saying earlier, of constitutional rights, constitutional rights, the things like this, instead of framing correctly under these are constantly protected. But again, mm -hmm. remind people every time they said this, but also your Ninth Amendment right says, right? The Ninth Amendment says. It, it, it says is, that it's there if you want to Tell people there. that. And if yes. you're not telling people that, it's because you don't want them to know that their freedom exists within themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was saying was really like bothering me yesterday is how many people are so stuck on what the Supreme Court is telling them their rights are yeah. when they don't tell you what your rights are. Now, let me... They tell you whether or not a law that is being passed is constitutionally is constitutional, yes. but they don't dictate to you what your rights are. Because that would be what's referred to as judicial activism. Or 100%. legislating from the bench, and it is a way for politicians to um, divulge themselves of all responsibility um, because abortion could be law right. on a federal level right? if the people's elected representatives like put it forth and voted for it and made it a fucking law. Yes. And I, I would bet you you can get a lot of people on board with that. Maybe not anymore because everybody's so polarized, but you could do that. Um, and I, I would just add on to that. I feel like there is decent motive for particularly existing politicians to to not make sure that you understand that Ninth Amendment. 100%. Because, because it, it allows them to – it gives them campaign ammunition. It, 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 it allows them an opportunity to get the, the populace riled up, to get them – we're going we're gonna, to you – know, at this point, I don't know what the – I don't know what the rallying cry will be, but you know we're gonna we're gonna pack the court so we can you know we can balance out the Supreme Court or something like that. When all that they would really actually need to do is 
push for legislation on it right. and then actually make it a law. The major problem with this is that the one of the major problems behind the road decision to begin with, it was never law to begin with. Right. It right. was just an opinion from the court. So and then when somebody tries to pass a law, obviously it gets and then they get pushed up to the Supreme Court. Yes. They say, well, we have we have precedence here now that says this star decisis right. dictates, obviously. So we have to do this when in reality, you cannot make law from a court. A right. court does not make law. They enforce the law. So let's so let's take a moment here, and then I want to address Joseph Joseph's comments. Thank you again, everybody, for joining us. Make sure to like, like comment, everything like that. Because um, so I want to draw, again, a distinction between the rulings of the Roe decision and the New York gun decision. Mm -hmm. right? The New York gun decision, well, because they're both decided on, under the 14th Amendment, the Due Process Clause. And so I want to make sure that we hit on why the one can apply to one and not the other one. Mm -hmm. And it to me, it, it, this is why it makes logical sense, because the concealed carry case in New York, after it being decided through the 14th Amendment, is based in the Second Amendment, is yeah. based in your inherent and not only your constitutionally defended right to self-defense, but also your natural-born right to self-defense, which is what inspired the Second Amendment in the first place, mm -hmm. right? So because the decision of this was decided through the 14th Amendment based on your Second Amendment rights, there is a more stern basis. The yes. Roe decision, this decision for Dobbs versus Women's Public Health, right, was based on the Roe decision, which was precedent based on precedent. It was based on the precedent set in Griswold versus Connecticut, which is not, it's not a law. It was a decision that that law could not be passed, mm -hmm. right? So it wasn't based... It was, but it was based in the enumerative state of your laws in the Ninth Amendment. And because it wasn't explicitly stated in the Constitution, and that's what the Supreme Court has to interpret is the Constitution, that is why, that is why it was easier for them to overturn it. Again, whether or not you agree with it, whether or not I agree with it, or Colin, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the actual reason that it was decided this way yeah. is because it is not explicitly stated in the Constitution, and you have people on the court who are originalists, contextualists, or they're not, they're, whichever one, I don't, I, I, I always mm -hmm. fucking flip them around. Whichever one is deciding what the words actually meant. I think it's contextualist, what, what the actual context of those words mean at the time that they were written, right? So it doesn't matter. Either way, it could be incorrect. The people that decided this, the majority, look at the Constitution based on the way that it was written and not as a living document that grows and changes based on our culture and everything today. Yeah. Right? That is why it was decided that way. So let's read these comments really quick. Joseph Garrett, people in certain states have lost their privileges, their privilege of having an abortion. I believe that that's probably correct. Yes, I think that's probably a good way to put that. They still have freedom of movement to go to a state where it's legal and have their abortion if they so desire, 100%. Yep. Zeke, I don't necessarily have an issue with the issue of federal government passing down the responsibility of determining whether or not abortions should or should not be legal. Personally, I like this because from a political standpoint, it shows you, the voter, where your representative stands on the issue and if they're willing to flip their state's ruling. Well, I And I agree with that because... Yeah. It makes them take a firmer stance because all the politicians now can say, oh, I'm pro-choice 100%. But they, even the ones that are pro-choice don't ever have to set their line of where it's okay. Yeah. You know? Because they, they, they have a Supreme Court ruling yes. to fall back on. Exactly. They have and no now, liability. Now they do not. Now you actually, more people, I believe, will have their feet to the fire on exactly where their line is, which will make you more informed, not only about the issue, but mm -hmm. like Zeke said, about excuse me, the person you're voting for, because yeah. 
Most of the people that I've talked to about this case since I heard about it didn't know that there were states in the country where there's no limit on abortion. People don't know that. When you yeah. tell them you can go four days before you have a baby, go to Oregon and have an abortion, people don't know that. Yes. And even the ones that are vehemently pro-choice are generally a little disturbed by the idea of somebody who is 39 weeks pregnant going and having an abortion. Yeah. Right? It's it's pretty dark. So – Yeah. There's, there's a reality to that situation that you can't get around. Yes. Um, and whether you uh, morally – how you morally square that away in your own mind is your own business. Yes. But it is – it's a thing that not everybody is ready to see. We'll yes. put it that way. So I'm not sure. I w this I have really to decide my full opinion on it as far in the context of modern 2022 politics. Mm -hmm. I would really have to think about it. I don't think that it's a necessary. I don't think it's a bad thing for it to go to the states because it isn't. It's not uh, explicitly stated in the Constitution. So I understand the ruling. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We've talked for years now about how I feel about abortion, and I don't fucking know. I don't know, you know where my line is because all this shit makes me uncomfortable. I don't agree with it personally. I don't agree with it. Yeah. But I got a difficult time deciding where legislation should be for you know women to do anything. I don't know. And mm -hmm. that's why I'm not fucking running for politics because I don't want to answer that question of where my line is because I don't know. I don't right? know where my line is. If you ask me, it's probably a baby as soon as you find out that you're pregnant. Probably. Probably. It probably is. Once that cell goes from one to two. Does, does that mean that I should know. tell you what to do? It absolutely does not. No. It 100% does not. So, And I would never, like in, in my personal opinion, right, I would never force my opinion on abortion on anybody else. I am not like a devout Catholic who no. insists that it's, you know, I might personally believe that you're ending a future human life, period. And I, you know, whatever, you know, I'm not a religious man, but at some point, something will judge your decision in the future yeah. about that. And that's, but that's up to you. It's not my deal, man. It doesn't, it doesn't infringe on my rights. Right. You know, we can have a conversation about when, when the unborn child gains personhood, which I think is probably more of a conversation sold. people should have. And I think we talked about that before, but um, you know, this, personally, that's where I line up. Right. And, but after that. It doesn't affect my life. And when it no. does, I will have an opinion about that. But until then, man, like I I had to verify and double check what our, our own state's rule is on that, what our laws are for that. It's like for 24 that. weeks, I it's, think. Yeah, they say viability and they, they about 24 to 25 weeks, which is the end of the second trimester, yeah. essentially. And I get – I don't personally, if I was in a situation where I was at that point, I'm not – I'm not going down that road. That's, I can't cross that line myself. Right. But again, it's not my, it's not my life, man. It's not. And I've made this association before. People kill people all the time and it doesn't affect my life. And I still believe that's wrong. If your stance is on that, there's nothing you personally can do as an individual to stop that. There, I mean, there's some weird conversations people can have way off in, you know, hypothetical land, but realistically, there's nothing I as an individual can do to stop somebody from having a second trimester abortion right. without infringing upon their rights, which is something that I would not feel comfortable doing, nor would I feel comfortable the state doing it. And I do feel right. like Missouri, man, I, like I feel bad for people in Missouri not having the ability to make a choice. I, I, morally whether you think it's right or wrong 
I don't agree with that choice being taken away from somebody. I'd rather have more people have more freedom to make more bad decisions than stop people from even attempting to make those decisions to begin with. That just seems illiberal as possible. Well, I know what happens when you tell people they can't do something. Yeah. You know, I know what happens when you tell people they can't do something. Yeah. When they told me, hey, you can't make guns in your house anymore. I said, bitch, mm-hmm. watch. Watch. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go buy something. Watch this. <laughs> so you can't. And that's that's what I was getting at earlier, right? Mm-hmm. On a deeper level, I, outside of the oh, constitutional, I, I think that people are feeding themselves a, a logical fallacy of basing their own personal rights in any of this shit. Mm-hmm. You know? and it's if you think this is your right, then you should pursue that. And there's nothing that I or anybody else can do to stop you because we don't have any authority over you. You mm-hmm. have you have personal and bodily autonomy. And if you're if you're ceding that authority to somebody else and that's your own fucking problem. I yeah. I can't I can't help you with that, you know? I and that's what I say. It makes me sad for people we know, right? Like like Morgan, yeah. right? That if this is the framework you choose to live in, then there's nothing that I can do for you because I don't think that you should be allowing anybody to dictate for you what your rights are. Nah, and man. it was like another girl that I saw that I went to school with that was said that I will aid in a bed abortion. And it's like against it's like I, I fucking as you should. If, if this is a right that you identify within yourself, as you should, mm-hmm. I, I I agree with you. You know, and I so I. And it concerns me to a deeper level, to a certain level, not deeper level, but it concerns me that, that I was saying earlier, the power hungry, the people at the top, whoever you want to attribute it to are using that as a distraction because they know that even at the founding, this isn't what they were talking about. They weren't telling you what your rights were in that document. They know that. The people who have those jobs, they know that. They mm-hmm. absolutely know what that says because they're choosing what they sell, what they tell you about it. The people who work in the Capitol, the congressmen, the senators, they absolutely know what the document says. They absolutely know. Yeah. They're telling you that they don't. They're choosing to mislead you in a direction that limits your freedoms and your liberty. They're actively choosing to do that. Mm-hmm. Don't allow them to do this. They don't have authority over you. The authority they have is completely false. It's fabricated, and it's only because you give it to them, right? Mm-hmm. We've seen this. They're trying to strip power from you any way that they can while they retain it themselves. They don't even want you to have passive defense in the form of body armor. <sighs> yeah. But they definitely are surrounded by people who have body armor so that if someone tries to shoot at them, Everyone can stand in a circle around them and they don't die. Isn't that interesting? But you can't have it yourself. No. Right? They don't want you to know this. They're actively trying to deceive you by telling you that the Supreme Court is dictating what your rights are to you. Let me ask you a question. Is there any similarity? We talked about Uvalde last time and it's always on everybody's mind. Um, the, The need to do something about that has been very prevalent since the tragedy happened. Um, is it any, do you think, especially not now, obviously, but um, cause it's too fresh, but does it surprise you that you're not hearing calls to do something about this? Um, it, there's a lot of rage and anger, but um, like Elizabeth Warren and, and Joe Biden and everybody, they're all AOC. They're all out there calling the Supreme Court illegitimate. They don't believe in this ruling, blah, blah, blah. But would they ever, do you think they'll ever actually call for a, we need to do something about this and pass some form of legislation that protects this nationwide? I don't, I, like You feel like that would be their initial call because every time there's a big issue that they 
they get ruled against or, you know, some law gets struck down or they can't pass a bill. It's always like, well, we need to do something. We need to do something. You could be doing something even on the federal level by drafting some form of legislation right. that essentially would set some guidelines or boundaries or something. You could put something in law. And I don't know how that would work on the uh, the challenges and stuff like that, but there's nothing that says you still can't have a law. I don't know. On the federal level at this point, could you even do that now? You could try, and I think you that know, someone probably will put one forward. Because there's no law to – there's no ruling on an existing law that would bar you from creating a federal law on abortion. Because all no, the no. – Because all the – yeah, the rulings in Roe and Casey and, and back – these are all based off of um, state cases that brought up to the Supreme Court and, and then ruled that nobody's ever tried to bring a right. federal abortion law to task. And, and they also didn't – the Supreme Court also didn't rule that you, like, don't have a right to an abortion. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Just said it's not in you our court. Just don't have a right to one is what they're saying. Yes. So I know that may have sounded confusing, but, like, there isn't – they don't – the country and states, the country doesn't have an ability to block you from having one, mm -hmm. but they're just saying you don't have an explicit right to go and get one. Yes. And it's, that needs to be decided within the state. So, yeah. I, you can definitely try, you know, you're good. They would definitely run into issues and it will get challenged because mm -hmm. there are state laws that already intercede that. Um, but I don't see there being any federal precedent. You, right. You know, because, like it seems like an avenue they could they, pursue. You could try. But I think that it would be challenged and probably turned over under the Tenth Amendment. That it's not explicitly stated, so the states need to decide it amongst themselves. Um, yeah. But because I don't, I don't like. But I also think that they, the Democrats, know that that's not a winning issue for that, sure. I think the last number I heard is like, oh, sixty-one percent of people agree with Roe v. Wade. I don't think that's true. Just like ninety percent of people don't agree with you know universal background checks or whatever. That's mm -hmm. bullshit. If that was true. Then sixty percent of our representation would be leaning towards being pro-choice, and that's yeah. not what we see. So, not even close. You know, so I don't agree with that, and I think that it probably hits closer to halfway. And I think there are also a lot of people that say that they're pro-choice and are actually deeply uncomfortable with abortion. And I think that there are probably people on the other side that say they're against it, but really would like I wouldn't. I would never tell someone they can't do it because it's mm -hmm. not my fucking right. Yeah. So. You know, as hard as it is to believe for traditional politicians, there are, in fact, pro-choice Republicans and pro-life Democrats. That yeah. is a thing that happens sometimes. There was on Crowder when he was doing that live stream on Friday. Yes. They ran into that one pro-choice. It's an odd cross-section. Yeah, pro-life Democrat. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it de and I think that illustrates the fact that particularly on abortion, I would challenge you to put three people together in a room and have them have the same exact um, thinking behind where they think, you know, how they want to deal with abortion. I, it right. is such an individual thing. And 100%. I, I wonder if I could I want to Anything. pontificate a little bit upon the certain sect of people like Seamus Coghlan who have a religious standpoint about it and that are – and it goes on both sides. The, the extremes in both ends yep. where it's like it's either wrong or – it's totally right, and you can do whatever. It doesn't matter. I wonder if if the extreme pro-life standpoint wasn't as vocal and as pros, 
proselytizing, proselytory. Yeah. Proselytory, um, I think yeah, is good. If, yeah. If they weren't so proselytory about it, would it even be an issue? It's. It seems like their stance is so wide, you know, pr- within the proper context. I mean, it's a very widespread belief that abortion is murder, right? There's a, yeah. it's not half, but there's a good chunk of dudes out there, people out there that believe that, right? Um, if that was, if they were less proselytizing about that, would we even have this discussion? Would it just be something that isn't talked about and there is no laws around it because the only people that are pursuing that path are just taking their own utilizing their own personal responsibility to go do whatever it is that they're going to do by themselves and it's not going to infringe on anybody else's rights except for possibly the unborn child you know child yeah but i mean if there wasn't a pushback i don't know if there would be an issue here i think everybody would just kind of you know ostrich head in the sand type of thing it doesn't affect me so why am i going to think about it because there would be people who it does affect. There's like always going to be the, people. The people, the women in states that it's illegal um, or that it's limited or whatever, you know, and they have to go somewhere else. If you live in the middle of a big-ass state and you have to drive to another state. Yeah, like that. We talked about that yeah. once. There was like – they didn't outlaw it completely in that one, but there was one at the, the right. ass corner of the state or whatever. Right. If you got to drive 17 hours or whatever, whatever the fuck it is, you know, if you live... Texas is a big state. That's what I'm saying. Or even if, if you're talking about it being a quarter of the states and you have a, a group of states where it's where it's illegal yeah. and you have to drive all... You got to go like three or four out. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So at, I think it would still be a discussion, um, but I don't see that waning because of how deeply held that is, especially because when you're talking about someone like Seamus Coggin where it's religious, mm-hmm. people who are devoutly Catholic, devoutly religious in any sense, that's part of who they are, yeah. you know? And so, part of their job as a religious person is to try to, to save more souls or whatever. 100%. And so they, they are built to proselytize for a reason. You know, it's kind of a utopian idea at the end. If it couldn't exist. Well, we've talked about stuff like that before where it doesn't matter because it does exist and people do know about it. Yeah. yeah. And it, it just does, it tears at my liberty sense too, because whether or not I have a moral disagree with me and I have my own personal line, I don't like the idea that there are, there's states now more than a few that people woke up yesterday. And by the end of the day, they couldn't pursue an abortion if they needed one in some states. Um, for whatever reason, you know, and this is not to, I'm going to go ahead and just say it because I think just to, just to put it out there, I hate the fact that every time we talk about abortion, it's, it's a, uh, it's an absolute deal. Pro-choice, pro-life. It's a pro-choice, pro-life. And it has, has nothing to do with how you got to that situation. Right. Where you've already fucked up or I had a change of heart. I don't know. In some way you, you, you fucked up to get to that position or you know, we had that case and I did, I did want to correct myself, even though I didn't say it on the podcast when we were talking to Brian the other day, uh, at work, it was the, the gal from Issaquah that had a partial miscarriage. She was in Malta off the coast of Spain and then went, had to fly to an Island that was in Spain's jurisdiction. So it was Spanish law. Um, and even though Spanish law is 14 weeks, I believe for a voluntary abortion. And then they have at any time, if it's a health risk at that yeah. point. So that 
she was able to fly to Spain and get the abortion from the partially partial miscarriage. But but even then, I, I, it did make me check too. I was like, well, what is you know? Let me make sure I know the date. You know what time frame the Spanish law is and all that. And it still is. You know, it's half of what it is in our state. But right. Um, but they keep that exception open for health of the of the mother and stuff like that as most states do you know uh, yeah and i know even like the most restrictive jake lines was just posting something that like idaho um i think they proposed a bill or have a bill or whatever it is um, yeah excuse me and that still allows those exemptions um yeah. so zeke said slightly off topic i'm curious with how midterms will turn out now with the supreme court overturning roe v wade i can see this really putting an obstacle in the way for republican candidates and i i don't know that because I don't know that like a, a federal law will be as big of an issue, but I, I would personally be more concerned about the splinter issues as far as like packing the court, overturning or getting rid of the filibuster. I think those will be more prominent issues, how, depending on how the Democrats are going to run, because mm -hmm. the Democrats are going to use this as a push for those things. Because they're already we, we talked about it last week. They're already renewing the same talking points of well the supreme court justices have been dishonest this entire time and we can't trust them so we have to we're gonna have to pack the court you know yeah. we can't trust the process to get people in because they lie so we have to overturn the filibuster also we need a federal law for to codify roe v wade so we need to overturn the filibuster especially if the republicans are going to win and blah, blah blah so that's more what i would predict mm. would be those issues as opposed to just a federal codification of Roe v. Wade, because that is going to be a process. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You get that, that law passed, it's not going into effect for years. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be tied up yeah, for a minute. There's going to be an, an immediate injunction from the Supreme Court because they're going to be like, all right, hold on, hold on. We will take a look at this, but give us some time now. Yeah. We only really work once a year. All yeah. right. Get, we got to take a look yeah. here. That's going to be a special session. It's going to be a whole motherfucking deal. So, yeah. and I do think it's interesting though. I don't remember if we talked about this on Friday or I was just talking with myself about it, or maybe I was talking with my brother about it, but, um, I, I, I actually was thinking about that same issue. It's like, well, you know, when you think about the timing, um, and not not assuming that the timing was on purpose or anything. This is just when it happens. But it is rather inconvenient, I think, for Republicans in for Republicans in the uh, in the midterms because it's going to divert attention away from everybody's wallet issues with with right. with inflation and gas prices and the whole nine yards. People will still feel that feel that, and they'll still be angry about it. But it might have temporarily changed the number one topic because of everybody's being so passionate about it. It is literally the biggest political thing to happen in, in probably two generations. So a little attention is obviously warranted. Yeah, we thought the guns but, was big and then Roe v. Wade dropped. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Damn! And uh, I mean, can you imagine for a second what this ruling, what the reaction to the opinion would be if if the leak had not happened and kind of prepped everybody for it mentally, because I mean, I went through last night. Um, I will highly, highly recommend this video. I don't care what you think about him at all. I mean, he is a, a polarizing figure, but Ben Shapiro yesterday Ooh. did a two and a half hour long, uh, li or stream or video on his Ben Shapiro YouTube. And, for the first about hour, hour and a half, he literally 
just read through the entire opinion. Mind you, you, you know, you're not quoting and citing all the same things that they do and all that, but he read through the entire thing, including the dissents, and obviously narrated, you know, commentated on certain portions of it. But it's very good. That is a, if you watch that video, he says it right there, you will have a better understanding of that opinion than any of the politicians making remarks on it today. Yeah. And I, I cannot highly recommend that video, or I can't recommend that video highly enough because, again, regardless of what you think about him, he literally just reads it and gives you a little context as you go. You could disagree with the context, that's fine, but he reads it out verbatim so nobody can fucking lie to you about when you see a story that Clarence Thomas pushes for rolling back gay marriage and LBGTQ rights, right? which is courtesy of The Hill, that headline, which is just bullshit. <clears throat> he does not call for that, although he does lay some foundational work for it well, in, in his opinion in his, and stuff. But, in his concurrent opinion, he does, but not in yeah. the opinion that overturned Roe. Exactly. So, but it's false framing. But yes, if, un 100%. Unless you hear his opinion verbatim or you read it, because I was reading along while he was talking. It was nice. But um, unless you do that, you have no under People are going to continue to lie to you. Why would you oh, trust at this point that the, the establishment corporate fucking press and the establishment politicians that run the government and try to just take every right away from you every single day, why would you assume they're going to be truthful with you about this? What do we say, Colin? Every institution hates you and wants you to die. That's right. So I would highly recommend that video. It's very good. It's a big, it's an, it's a big process. It's an hour and a half. Easy. But you will actually have a good understanding of what the fuck you're talking about at that point. Yeah. And I don't think that's too much to ask for that kind of uh, understanding. No, not at all. And we'll hit Joseph's comment here, and then I have an article that I'm going to send to you really quick because there's one more aspect of this that actually came to me late um, that I want to discuss with you. Ooh. So. I like that. <clears throat> there it is. Joseph Garrett, perfect argument for why it should be left up to the states. Seamus can live in a state where his beliefs are upheld and vice versa. Word. I don't disagree with that, right? Yeah. I think that it's a little bit understated that it's not so simple as people just picking up and moving to a different state, right? Bill never, Swagger. Never is. We had a whole conversation about Roe, comparing it with guns and everything, all, all the everything. Yeah, okay. yeah. You're going to have to go back. Don't worry about it. All right. But Part one will be released uh, on Monday. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> we, we talked about personal freedoms. At the end of the day, Bilbo, Part two. the real message. You shouldn't be allowing the Supreme Court or any documents or anything to define for you what your rights are. You define what your rights are for yourself, and you have to work to defend those things to get other people to understand them so that you can live in a state, in a community where people have similar views as you so you can live cohesively. It's, it's good. So I don't disagree with you, Joseph. Like I said, I think it's a little bit understated how easy it is for people to just pick up and go to a different state. It's mm -hmm. just not... It's not as hard necessarily as people think it is, but it's also not so simple as saying, well, I'll just move to a different state. Yeah. You know, I, if I could put it in my own words, I'd say it's more expensive than ever to do it, but logistically and physically easier than ever before yes. to do that. It's, I mean, we, we looked at that. Sorry about that. Uh, smack my mic. Um, we were looking at relocating across the fucking country yes. very recently and we definitely had a very, very hard look at what exactly that would take, both financially and physically. And, I mean, even for people like you and I, it's doable to do it if, if you really want to set your mind to it. Um, being forced to move out of a state because of... Because your personal liberties are being infringed upon? Yeah. is a, It's a shitty thing to have to do. Um, but that's, again, though, that's the way... The republic is supposed to work 
It really is. I mean, we yes. back in like the, the 30s and the 40s and the 50s, people would move to new states all the time to take new jobs. I got a new job in Albuquerque. We're moving to fucking New Mexico. Albuquerque, New Mexico? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, and from wherever. I'm, I'm moving out to San Francisco from fucking Wyoming because I got a new job and we're packing up the family and moving across country. Right. It was, a, it was a big thing that people did when they had opportunities to take. They'd do that. The inverse of that is having to move because of a lack of opportunity or persecution and oppression in your home state, right. which is never a good feeling, but the option's always available. And that's, I think, man, that's... You inspire me a little bit because that's part of the problem, I think, with Roe being decided the way that it was initially is setting a precedent that, well, this is going to happen everywhere, even though it obviously it isn't. Yeah. And now people live in a place, adults live in a place where before there was at least a baseline for what they perceived, what they interpreted as, as their rights. And that part could be gone. Right. And that's yeah. like the actual tragic part of it is that. If, if it was always this way, then you could have had some say, you turn 18, you're like, this place is bullshit, I'm fucking done here, I'm moving mm -hmm. somewhere that aligns with my rights. But yeah. now, even if you had just had a baseline of this and you identified with that, that could be removed. And I think that's a, that's unfortunate. Yeah, I that's like the way... This country's so amazing, we can yeah. literally have so many different cultures and opinions, 100%. And that's the way, it's not that much, it's not that way as much as it used to be. You know, there used to be, like when you drive across country, you see the welcome to fucking Oregon sign. You see the welcome to whatever sign. I mean, generally speaking, it's going to be damn near the same as where you live now because we're so homogenized across yeah. all the states. There's very little difference from state to state to state to state to state unless you're talking about very specific items and things like that. With the overturn of Roe, obviously there's going to be a massively huge social issue that is very different in all sorts of different states. And so whatever you're going to be doing in that area or traveling through, you need to obviously know that. It, I think you and I are probably more, we probably pay attention to that a little bit more because of the firearms laws in various states. That's a big social issue for us. So we, we pay attention to that a lot. And, you know, that's very important when we were deciding where we wanted to kind of land was right. we had to make sure that our Second Amendment rights were protected. So that's a big one. But it would, I think, be nice to to have states out there that like well i'm gonna go here because they're really good on this issue they're really good on this you yes. have a you have a better you have a better flight of tastings to choose from before you decide where you want to land yeah i gotta bring it back to no, me that, no, no 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 that makes sense i that may, i was just thinking no I, I totally think that makes sense i was thinking about all the, what the different states would have yeah and i i mean was, i was like huh. in my head i'm thinking like oregon's just gonna be like we are the fucking abortion capital of the united states which is fucked up but that's like it's in the vein of what you're talking about you yeah know? for sure <laughs> um no no i think i think that makes a lot of sense um the last real point i think that i want to make on this uh two points we don't know exactly what the repercussions of this are going to be as far as the constitutional implications, mm -hmm. right? There are a lot of people, like you already said, that are saying this is going to overturn gay marriage, going to overturn Griswold, which is like birth control between married couples and stuff. Um, I don't think that that's likely, especially because in the opinion itself, it says that these abortion cases are different from those other cases that were decided through that same clause of the 14th Amendment, right? Yeah. And particularly so, the... Oh, because it's not just due process. It is privacy. It's su subsequent. 
substantial due process. Yes. It's a different form of due process. It's it's more of the what instead of the how, I believe, when it comes to procedural due process and, and, and substantial, and it's not substantial, it's killing me now. I don't remember the exact term, but substantive due process, which is what this was aligned on, and that's what um, Clarence Thomas particularly called out in that, is that substantive what the heck the fuck I was trying to say? Yeah. I think it's substantive um, due process. Those things need to be reexamined when he was talking about Griswold and so on and so forth because they were also settled upon substantive due process lines, whatever the fucking term no, is. No, that, that was it. Um, that and was it. thank you, I'm in my own head. Um, because those should be ruled on other merits, not just that. Because that, that whole concept of solely relying on stare decisis and precedent is not correct if the precedent that was originally set was wrong right and then you should go back and fix that no matter how the major major problem here is that we're ripping off a band-aid that's needed to be torn off for 50 years and readjusted reapplied been so long right it's been so long people believe that this is a thing that because they don't have a good understanding of what their rights are so they like we've been talking about they've been tricked into telling you this is where your rights come from when it is not you still have a choice. Vote locally and convince enough people in your state to vote in representatives who hold like one hundred percent. Absolutely, hashtag absolutely. republic all the way. Absolutely, I would love to resurrect the republic. Yes, I am. I'm a big believer in anarchism and the fallacy of the state. But I'm also I understand I live in the real world and I live in America, which is not going to be anarchist. So I would much rather prefer a republic. Yeah, where where controls are tightly or more tightly constrained. We can exist and thrive in this system and also consistently push for something better. Amen. I think that that's there you kind go. That is a very good way to put yeah. it. What so, is Ron Wyden doing here? Yeah, so I have talked before. My biggest concern with overturning Roe v. Wade is also the the inferred right to privacy that also comes from the 14th Amendment, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I believe that, that the right to privacy was correctly decided. I believe that's correctly inferred coupons especially from the bill of rights i believe that that right to privacy can also be inferred in the bill of rights if you're talking about the third and fourth amendment right and when you're and that's when you're talking about search and seizure and also housing of soldiers i believe mm -hmm. that that's correctly decided that you can infer a right to privacy through those rights as well as the 14th amendment mm -hmm. i whether or not those things apply to roe and doctors and stuff uh, i don't I don't know how that would be decided. I agree with it. And that's my biggest concern is removing the rights to privacy that we are enshrining. And yeah. so regardless of whether or not I agree with Roe v. Wade, like I said, especially in a post-COVID era, I'm very concerned with removing any rights or privacy protections that we have from the state. Privacy protections from the state that mm -hmm. we have, right? That concerns me, even if even if I don't agree with Roe v. Wade. Yeah. Um, when as Joseph Garrett said, depending on where you live and what your values are, it might be easier to move. Mm -hmm. That and that's one hundred percent true. That's how we partially arrived at the choice of yeah. of moving. Is where we live in Washington State. It sucks here. Do we want to stay here? <laughs> do we want to leave? So, <laughs> so no, we thought of the same thing. Um, so Ron Wyden is doing something, uh, thinking along the same lines, right? And I don't know if this is uh, 
brand new thing. He's been on the personal data thing for a very long time, so it might be renewed. But this article is from what from the OregonLive.com, the Oregonian. Yep, because um, Ron Wyden is a Oregon state Oregon senator. senator. Yeah, Wyden among Dems seeking probe of tech's use of personal data after Roe. So there is a renewed concern or a new concern of the way that tech companies and different apps are going to use people's datas, mm -hmm. data and metadata. Uh, in accordance with Roe, right? Mm -hmm. There are concerns about people in this. Uh, let's just go through the article. So uh, Washington, with the Supreme Court ending the constitutional protections for abortion, four Democratic lawmakers are asking federal regulators to investigate Apple and Google for allegedly deceiving millions of mobile phone users by enabling the collection and sale of their personal data to third parties. Excuse me. The decision Friday by the court's conservative majority to overturn Roe v. Wade is expected to lead to abortion bans in about half the states. Privacy experts say they could make women vulnerable because of their personal data could be used to surveil pregnancies and shared with police or sold to vigilantes. Online searches, period apps, fitness trackers, and advice helplines could become rich data sources for such surveillance efforts. The request for investigation of the two California-based tech giants came Friday in a letter to the Federal Trade Commission Chair Lena Khan. It was signed by the Democratic Senators Ron Wyden of Oregon, Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts, and Cory Booker of New Jersey, and Representative Sarah Jacobs of California. It, went, it was sent shortly before the Supreme Court announced its decision overturning the 1973 president. Jesus Christ, how many times are you going to fucking say it? We get it. Make That's sure every paragraph it I'm going to tell you they overturned it. No yeah. fucking shit. Welcome to modern media. How do you not know? Like, good God. Individual, it's just good Christ. Yeah, individuals seeking abortions and other reproductive health care will become particularly vulnerable to privacy harms, including through the collection and sharing of their location data, the lawmaker said in letter. Data brokers are already selling, licensing, and sharing the location information of people that visit abortion providers to anyone with a credit card. They said prosecutors in states where abortion becomes illegal could soon be able to obtain warrants for location information about anyone who has visited an abortion provider. Private actors would also be incentivized by state bounty laws to hunt down women who have obtained or are seeking an abortion by accessing location information through shady data brokers. Well, so, that's fucking hyperbole right there. Right, right. I was say. So I don't know about the extent of all this, right? But the concerns are already there, even amongst the senators. And if you have even some pieces of shit who are saying that, I guarantee that data hacking and all this shit, privacy concerns are real. And... Like I said, I don't know about the extent of all of this. I know for sure people are already stealing your data. I know that uh -huh. Google's stealing your data. I know that who, who Apple Apple's probably stealing your data, right? They just keep uh -huh. it locked down tighter than Google does. Yeah. But and and I know for a fact that our state governor got a hold of location data to track people's movements during COVID. And it seems very, very, very surprising to me that these Democratic senators who were I don't want to put words in their mouth, but obviously are Democratic governor was on board with this and multiple other states also used cell phone geolocation data from the cell phone providers during COVID to enforce their fucking lockdowns. It is very, very surprising to me now that now they have a fucking problem with this because it touches something that is sensitive to them. This has been a problem for a very long time. And now because they finally found an angle they can take, they're going to now is worth whether or not they actually mean any of this bullshit they might actually push for something like this and get a little bit of control uh over what happens to our data when right over the last two years they could give two shits about our data security and i did not think about that uh but that's a very good point biden said this shit fucking yesterday when he was making one of his announcements 
and having fears that people like you know, lawmakers in like Missouri and stuff like that would be using you know their location data on apps and so on and so forth to track these people and prosecute them if they decide to travel out of state and visit, visit an abortion clinic and all this stuff. Who's the number one worst culprit for spying on the American people's data? It is not just, it is not Google, it's not Apple, it's not Microsoft. All of them combined it's the feds. might make up what the NSA and the fucking feds do. It's the okay? Feds. It's the fucking feds. And I don't, I, I hate this fucking pot calling the kettle black shit. I'm so tired of this hypocrisy. I agree that we should shut this shit down. We don't need people tracking our data. But this Ron fucking Wyden's going to get up there? Elizabeth Warren's going to get up there and proselytize about this shit? Fuck you. Oh, I'm so glad I brought this up. <laughs> oh. I'm so glad I brought I this up. I was looking, man, because that, that Biden thing last yesterday really fucking pissed me off when yeah. he said that. And I was like, I got to write this shit. I got to work this in somewhere. I didn't know where it was going to be, but this is it. Thank you for teeing me up. Yeah. <sighs> so, so there's an angle. So there's two about. levels to it because I think that's I think that's very valid. The other level is is the other concern that they might actually do this shit because they've shown you that they can do it yeah. regardless of whether the concern for this is genuine. They might actually do it. Yeah. And if you're talking about using people's personal data to find out whether or not they traveled to another state to have a private medical procedure, mm -hmm. you can eat my fucking dick. Right. That. Is unacceptable. You don't have any business as the, as the state government doing that, looking at what people are doing in their private time so you can try and try them for something that's illegal in your state. Yeah. Uh, that's nonsense. I was watching yesterday. We call it interstate commerce, man. Interstate commerce. Yeah, that's fuck right. Out of here. That's interstate <laughs> commerce, my G. And who has the authority to uh, regulate federal interstate commerce? The feds do. Um, but I was watching the. the uh, Yesterday's Drinking Bros podcast. I've been trying to get back into that show. Okay. I'm going to suggest to you one on Thursday to listen to because Thursday they do a segment called uh, their whole podcast. It's just called Fake News Thursdays. I love it. And it's fantastic. Um, one of the hosts has been on IRL before in the past. Um, but the what the fuck was I going to talk about? Data, Drinking Bros. Son of a bitch. I just listened to them. They were talking about this stuff yesterday during their episode, and I had a point, and I lost it. Son of a bitch. I'm trying to remember. Data. Nope. No, I got nothing. I'm That's okay. On. I just pulled up this article. I just saw DHS warned the memo of likely violent extremism following Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. Yeah, no shit. <clears throat> the intelligence branch of the Department of Homeland Security warned officials on Friday of what it says is the likelihood of domestic violent extremism in the wake of Supreme Court rulings. Wait, I thought that was us. <clears throat> in the wake of Supreme Court rulings that eliminates federal-level abortion protections, multiple news outlets reported. The Department's Office of Intelligence and Analysis reportedly sent a memo to law enforcement, private sector partners, first responders, and others that was obtained by Axios and CNN. The memo warned the government officials, including judges, were at the greatest risk of violent extremism following the Supreme Court's decision, while noting that faith-based organizations and reproductive health care centers were also at risk. This is from The Hill, by the way. Oh, yeah. And there's I, 26 other sources. I saw personally on my, my own Twitter feed yesterday at least half a dozen direct calls to violence against Supreme Court judges yesterday, um, all of which whose accounts are still there. So I don't... One of them even got reported, and then they they were, they posted the screenshot of Twitter saying that this does not violate terms of service. As I I have seen the most visceral, racist, and terroristic 
messages on Twitter over the last 24 hours after this decision. And uh, it's only coming from one side, obviously. Um, I've heard a lot of people bring up Loving v. Virginia directed at uh, Justice Thomas and his wife because they are in an interracial marriage. And uh, people saying, like, he obviously didn't bring that up in his opinion, did he? I don't think it's settled along the same line. So, of course, it's not going to be in his opinion. But then again, I'm not a fucking lawyer. Which, by the way, I need to... We need to hit the streets, man. We need to start making friends with lawyers so we can get lawyers in here on the show to talk about things like this. Because yeah. you know, yesterday, Will Chamberlain came on the IRL podcast, which is nice because he's a, a lawyer active in all these types of like constitutional cases and shit like that. We got to get us a lawyer in here so we can have somebody who really fucking knows what they're talking about with all this legal legal nonsense these days. But I, I just... I wonder if I know anybody who went to law school. That's why I'm like, I don't... Mm. I don't know if I know anybody. Most of the time, once I hear somebody's going to law school, I'm like, all right, well, it was nice to know you. I'm, I'm not into that. But who knows? Who knows? I wonder if Larry can hook us up with a lawyer. <laughs> I bet you he knows somebody. Yeah. Lawyer? Uh, yeah. They, uh, I, I saw Larry active on Twitter the other day. It made me happy. I hadn't heard from him in a while. It's been a so, while. It's been a while. I know he's he's got to have a lot of stuff going on. <clears throat> he's in his hustling. Life. Yeah. Oh, did I? I told you about uh, our dear friend of the show, Creatrix. She was uh, due to go up to Porkfest, right? And uh, got hired to be the like the actual photographer up there, and um, ended up not being able to go, right? Because her fucking Airbnb canceled, and then that same day, she was like walking around and. And she was. She said she was in heels and just ate shit on the street and fucking scraped up her face. It was like, not only do you not get to go to Pork Fest, which is like the biggest libertarian festival in the nation, up in New Hampshire, but uh, your Airbnb got canceled and you ate shit on the street and fucked up your face. That's fucked up. It's like bad day right there, dude. Bad day. <sighs> so, anyways, there's that. Do you think we uh? I think we covered what you wanted to cover. Yes, sir. Yeah. Is there anything okay. else that you want to hit on this? No, the, the Biden thing was literally the last thing. Excellent. It's data business. Well, with that, I want to thank everyone for joining us. If you just got here, don't go away. We'll be back in three minutes uh, for part three. We're going to be talking a little bit more about guns, right? Mm -hmm. Some new renewed conversations about that. Yeah. Um, the Senate bill that was just passed was signed by Joe Biden this morning by President <sighs> Biden. Uh, that doesn't feel good to say. No, it uh, does not. Passed by Joe Biden this, or signed by Joe Biden this morning. I do want to thank everybody again for joining us. Make sure that you like, subscribe, share this with everybody. Um, yeah. That's it. We'll be back in three minutes. Thank you very much. Where'd my mouse go? Boom, and we are back. Thank you very much for joining us, everybody, for joining us, for coming back. My name is Donovan. I am Colin. We are very happy to have you here. I want to thank you for a third, fourth time. doesn't matter. I want to ask you to like, subscribe, and comment on this video here. <coughs> do if it! like what we're putting out here, go ahead. Check out some of our other content. We also have our social medias. I am at Salt of the... Sorry, we have our other social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, fuck Facebook, Patreon, all those things, at Salt of the Streets. Go to our Patreon, subscribe, help us make more better content just like this. We also have our personal social media. I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. Colin is a big bird off you on both of those things. You can find all this on saltofthestreets.com. For segment number three, you want to talk about uh, Location Skate Shop. Go down to Location Skate Shop if you're in the local area. It is in Bremerton, downtown on 4th Street. They're a great skate shop and a great community venue. With that, we'll go to part three. We're talking about some Second Amendment talk today. Very, right. very common topic on the show here. So we have a few different things that we're going to hit. Um, like we said, the Senate gun control, bill, gun control bill was passed, was signed 
by Joe Biden this morning. Yep. So it was passed by the Senate, I think, just earlier this week, yep. by the House just yesterday, and then signed by the president this morning first thing this morning it's the first thing i saw on my twitter feed when yes. i woke up this morning at 6 a.m i woke up early i'm trying to be good about waking up early on weekends fuck trying to screw up my sleep schedule by staying up super late and getting up late on weekends it's not a good idea so we'll talk about the senate bill first um i don't know what is the name of the bill do you know do you have the bill up? i do have the bill up as what? a matter of fact what's it called it is called oh gosh where is it it's called the oh yeah this is you know it's good because of what the title is here here we go this is the bipartisan safer communities act oh, geez. which also as a side note because they always do a bunch of shit in these stupid omnibus bills yeah um the first three sections of the bill uh are that the senate or the the congress renaming three different federal buildings including a post office why is this in the bill why you stupid never mind we'll get into that later but all right th that's the name of the bill the quote bipartisan safer communities act all right so there are a couple of things that happened in this bill uh one of the first ones is it said this is an article that i have from new york post that i'm reading and this is off of the senate bill specifically it strengthens background checks for gun buyers who are under 21 years old which means if you're under 21 it takes a look back into your juvenile records to see if you have any juvenile felonies or any like violent crimes in there that would hinder you from buying a mm -hmm. firearm um it provides financial incentives for states to create mental health services and implement red flag laws we'll go over that a little bit later uh it also increases penalties for straw purchases a straw purchase is if like i know that colin isn't allowed to buy a gun i go buy a gun and then give it to colin that's a straw purchase mm -hmm. uh, which is already illegal and closes the so-called boyfriend loophole and we'll talk about that a little bit later too uh prohibiting romantic partners convicted of domestic violence from obtaining firearms and i want to ask you because it didn't say in either of the articles i looked at is there money in there for mental health in schools is that a thing that happened or is yes. that not okay it is yeah. in this bill okay available via grants via grants okay yeah. okay because we got to remember the one thing that congress is really really bad at is being able to give money to lower levels of society unless it's directly to like a state right because they're not designed to give you money but anyways so we should probably start by saying here at Salted Streets, we believe that all gun laws are infringements. Period. So that's yep. that's a good starting point for the end of this, right? Just to contextualize everything, we will talk about all this and the context of 2022 because that's the year that we're living in. But at the end of the day, all gun laws are are an infringement. That is that is where we're at here at Salted Streets. So and you could say that safely, and I would not change a word. So we're out here. Uh, so let's talk first about the the background checks, right? There's all this talk expanding background checks, strengthening the background checks, expanding background checks. The only thing they did was to have people who are under 21 years. So there's yeah. and there's only some states that you can purchase a firearm in if you're under 21 anyway. Federally, it's 21 for handguns. So it's really sporting rifles and things that you're talking about. A sporting rifle is like the actual name for an AR-15. Yeah. The classification for an AR-15. There's all this assault rifles and stuff like that. That's not real. Um, not real at all yeah there is no such thing as an assault rifle unless i guess maybe if you have a rifle that you commit assault with maybe posthumously you could call that an assault rifle you hit somebody but, with the butt of your stock yeah something like that you assaulted somebody or with stock. with your rifle yeah <laughs> but 
Other than that, there is no such thing as an assault rifle. These are good colors. They are good colors. Let's talk about these beers before we get too deep into this segment. I just poured this, didn't show it or anything, so that's nice. This is, uh, what do I call this? The Le Fin du Mont. The Le Fin du Mont. La Fin du Mont. And it's a we Belgian IPA. Shall not be infringing pretty clear. Shout out, Joseph. That's right. You know it is. <laughs> it's a very, very, very clear statement. And yeah. it's a, like a second grader. Are you smarter than a fourth grader or fifth grader, whatever that fucking Jeff Foxworthy show was? Fifth grader, yeah, yeah. You, you could do that if you read that, yes. if you read that amendment. Yes. Yeah. So. Mm. Oh, and I have a, uh, here, let me, yeah, before yeah. we what do that, got? I, got exactly. a, uh, I got a double, a Belgian double, which there is uh, also Belgian for double, which just means it's, it it's their sweet. Belgian ale. And super like a little bit like flowers. Maudite. That's why I like Belgian beers, man. They're very floral, and it generally comes from uh, the yeast and malt profiles That's and the spices involved. Really nice. They're fucking bomb, dude. Mm. That's a one-way ticket to Flavortown. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, Guy Fieri. I don't think Guy Fieri would be a fan of our show, but, you know, I'm, day, I'm a fan of his show. One day he's coming on this show. Hey, dude. Hashtag life goals. Even if he walks out 10 minutes in, he's coming home. <laughs> we'll get him in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so after that, I'm sorry, is financial incentives for states to create mental health services and implement red flag laws. So I know mm-hmm. that I just want the weapons that our private companies are able to make and have. 100%. That's, I think we said last week, Michael Malice said it the best. That I just want the right to the to the firearms or the weapons that we paid for the Taliban to have. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that's the bare minimum. Those are the things that I would like. Yes. So I would like that very much. I don't think that's too much to ask. Um, so red flag laws. I know that you have a real stance on the federal incentivization of these laws. Yes. Right? So do you have a point that you want to make on this? Do you, so if you don't have them prepared, that's fine. I just know you were talking about it yesterday, and I want to make sure that I gave you the, the platform for it specifically. I don't but know we can, I would best articulate We it. can certainly move I, through and come back to it if you'd like. Let's do that, because I think as the conversation goes on, um, I could probably gain a better uh, angle on no what problem. I want to say about hone that. Hone in, hone in. So we'll talk about red flag laws in particular, right? A red flag law is basically a law in which someone can report you because they are concerned that you might do harm to yourself or somebody else, and either the courts or the police come and take your guns and they tell you that you can't have guns for a determined or undetermined period of time mm-hmm. in which you may or may not get them back. Yes. There are many concerns across the board about this oh, yeah. right um there are no shortage of cases in which people have had their firearms taken from them without cause mm-hmm. and after the investigation after the time period it's found that there really was no cause mm-hmm. and they had to go a certain amount of time without their guns not only so they had their due process infringed upon right there's no reason for them to do that there at the end of the day they found out there really is no reason there's also no shortage of people who have had terrible things happen to them and while their farms were taken from them. That's my personal, I don't want to say biggest concern. One of the deeper concerns I have is that what if something happens to me while I don't have my firearms? If you remove my ability to protect myself and then something happens to me, whose fucking fault is it? Yeah. Then what? Because you're not going to get your guns back in any timely manner. No. If the cops took them, then they're locked up at the police station. Yeah. You, and then you and then, you, then you got to wait through you wade through the court system where you defend your innocence yes. because you are now presumed guilty b- instead of innocent which is 100% anti-constitutional um there is let me, 
let me hand it back to you. You just keep growing. You're you're on a roll. I don't I didn't want to yeah jump no, no, in. No, one hundred percent. Red flag was somebody coming to steal your rifle. What if something happens to you? Well. The cops have your rifles in lockdown. Correct, 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 correct. There's also um, numerous cases in which people have been killed while the police are serving red flag warrants, right? That happens. Um, We just, not too long ago, there was a guy that was killed in his house or in his cousin's house when they went to go and serve a red flag on his cousin. And he was sleeping on the couch and the cops fucking shot him, right? Woke him up in the middle of the night. He was covered in a blanket, sleeping because he passed out on the couch watching TV. Yes, Big There's, guys come in with guns, they start smashing, and they shoot him. Right. Orning reacts, Joseph Garrett says, and that's so, we'll go over some of those kind of the that's main, quote-unquote mainstream concerns, right? Yeah. That's not, I'm not denigrating them, but they're more common concerns, right? Yes. Is that <clears throat> concerns on what the oversight is. Who mm-hmm. has the ability to report these things? Because we already have evidence, we already have cases in which people have been reported, and it's been found out that there really was no reason at the end of the day. Yes. Right? There have... I've expressed concern in the past for my my own times of mental health in which someone just maybe who overheard a conversation or something they didn't understand the context that then reported me. And, you know, who, how do we... So let's take a stop there, right? Who, who do we decide... How do we decide who can and cannot report somebody, right? Is yeah. it okay for a random person to hear something out of my conversation, out of context, and then say, hey, I heard this guy. He's there right now. If you, you go, you can go, you can talk to him and get information, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Does it have to be someone within your personal circle? Does it, who, who do we allow to do this? Because and, Yeah, and this is where the problem with this particular law comes into play. Because what, what this law does is provide money to states to help incentivize them to create their their own versions of red flag laws. Every red flag law will red flag law will be different in every state. Right. I imagine but the framework I believe have already been laid out by the federal government. I think that happened a few years ago. You go yes. ahead and continue and I'll look that up. But I'm um, fairly certain that maybe even Donald Trump, because he was one of the first presidents that said take the guns and do the investigation later. Yeah. Um yeah, which is, if that's not an infringement on multiple rights, I don't know what is, but because um, what we're talking about here is the ability of the state to, without due process in the slightest, come in and remove your Second Amendment right by force. And there is nothing you can do about it until you prove your innocence in a court of law after your rights have already been infringed. And I mean, there is a long list of precedent at this point one you know a couple cases of which we talked about last episode where the government does not give two shits if one of the agents of the states infringes on your rights you have little to no recourse period after that has been done to you so you are just subject to this and the problem here is that if you find a framework that's awesome but even if there isn't a framework um what you're talking about is giving money two states to help develop these these red flag laws to put into place and nine times out of ten the problem with the red flag law is that it circumvents due process every time this is remarkably similar to say the soviet communist state the chinese communist state where neighbors are ratting on neighbors, family members are ratting on family members. Depending on what the incentive is, if your neighbor doesn't like you, if you have an issue with an ex, if you have an issue with anybody that doesn't like the fucking looks of you, they can call in a 
a red flag on you for no fucking reason, and your ass is getting swatted by the state. Period. Right. That is going to, it already fucking happens now. People get swatted all the goddamn time now. And we don't even have red flag laws on a widespread, you know, national level. But I would imagine that our state does. I can't remember if we've covered this or I not do before. Not but I do not know. Um, but you better believe there is no way that... I'm going to use Bilbo Swaggins right here. There's no way that Big Brother is not going to be taking initiative on somebody when when their neighbor calls in and says, "I heard banging on the house next door. I think my neighbor is, um, you know, is is abusing his his wife or something like that." Right? There's nothing to stop you from getting swatted at that point. And as we have seen, when there are aggressive law enforcement entries into people's homes without them knowing it there will be deadly side effects and i hate to say this because you generally only really hear about it if it's an oppressed minority that's getting killed by the cops or a cop gets killed or something like that in one of those means most of the time the cops are going to come in guns blazing and they're not going to ask questions and they're just going to shoot and you have no recourse against that there's there's none at all this we're, we're talking about Soviet era communist fucking uh, rat on your neighbor bullshit. If this happened, red flag laws are the biggest danger to American civility that has that I can recall in my entire life. This is a a breach of privacy. It's a breach of due process. It is a breach of your Second Amendment rights. I mean, you name it. It it checks the fucking box on everything that's in this fucking Constitution that says the government can't do this. Right. But because you know. Hey, man, if it saves one fucking life, if it saves one life, doesn't matter how many people's rights we infringe upon getting to that one that one life. Not to mention you're going to kill a bunch of other people in the fucking process with all the goddamn swatting that's about to take place. So, three points. The first one, Washington does have a red flag law. We of have course. an extreme risk protection order law. Already the state passed the law through a 2016 ballot initiative with nearly 70% of the vote. Um, there is... A federal framework for red flag law that was laid out in June of 2021. So it was under the Obama administration, not the Trump administration. Third. 2021. 2021. Just last year. During the Biden administration. This is an article from NPR. um, The department, and it's from June 7th, 2021. The Department of Justice on Monday issued model legislation from which states can craft their own extreme risk protection orders commonly mm. referred to as red flag laws as part of the Biden administration's ongoing effort to curb oh, yeah. U.S. gun violence. This was the point I was going to get at earlier. I remembered now. Um, I don't like the fact that this framework business, right? We're going to give you a template to work off of because we can't pass this at the federal level because it would be unconstitutional. But if we give it to you and we tell you what you want or yeah. what we want, then you'll go ahead and do it. National propaganda report. Thank you, Bilbo Swaggins. That's exactly that's a perfect term for that. That's yes. exactly what this is. This is insane. How does anybody not see this? Do you, people have disagreements with their fucking neighbors all the goddamn time about where they put up a fucking fence? I mean, and that shit. I've I've been on those those situations. That was my former line of work, man. Property rights. You would be surprised how many people will sink fifty to seventy five thousand dollars into a legal battle about getting a extra foot of land so they can put up their fucking fence. Let me do you one okay? better. Let oh, me do, please. Let me do you one better. Please. I know somebody. I know somebody. I know somebody. <laughs> right now, right? I know someone who... A per, I got to be kind of very vague about it. So um, 
a person that they are, person A is the person that I know. They are live near person B. Person B alleged with zero evidence that person A struck them with their vehicle and is now dragging them to court with zero evidence. With not only zero evidence, but actually evidence to the counter in oh. favor of person A. Oh, They're shit. still suing them for alleging them that they've struck them with their vehicle. Okay, we're going to have to talk after the show. But because yes. I, can't, I, I can't figure that one out. Myself. Yes, but, bitch. Um, yes. So if someone, if someone will lie to the state to tell them that you have hit them with your car when you have not, they will absolutely turn you in when they hear you say some such shit. I have videos on my phone of me standing in my yard practicing draws and shit for my pistol belt. I, I go on walks in my play carrier. There's there's nothing to say that someone could not hear this show, see me do that, and then say, that motherfucker's going to do something. He says he's part of the militia. He's going to do something. Yep. Right? Here's a great example of that. Very controversial. You guys can believe what you want. I've heard this story from multiple different sides. I don't trust the powers that be, so my stance on it is my stance on it. Bill Bill's Wagons. It said about six, seven years ago, NPR actually reported good info then 2016 happened. 100%. Dude. I used to fuck with NPR <laughs> right? heavy in my car because it was it was just a good, like, decent shit. You it, know? Was. it was decent. First time I heard them do a fucking equal a payday, I was like, you lost me now. It was like 2018. Yeah. I was like, we're talking equal payday. I'm out of here. I'm yep. not going to be a part of this yeah. conversation. Once the main... What's, I'm not going to call them mainstream. Once the corporate press fully got engrossed in tds it was over and then the, yeah. everybody went woke and then everything was unlistenable at that point Every, it was unwatchable it was unreadable it was unlistenable it was everything it was terrible to but the, but before trump came along it was it was halfway decent from a from a left perspective yeah. it was a good left-wing perspective that you can get that was still somewhat somewhat rational right and it's a travesty that you the fucking daily these days man remember the daily used to be halfway decent like yes. not that long ago. Yeah. It didn't take him long. So I have two articles here before we move on to my example. I have two other articles here, one from The Hill and one from The Washington Post, both opinion articles about the potential consequences of red flag laws, mm -hmm. right? So it's only within the last few years that this has this is the answer, that mm -hmm. that's become the prominent ideology. This first one from The Hill is from 2019, and this one from The Washington Post, which they made sure to tell me with a big ribbon at the top that this article was published more than three years ago well it's an opinion article if you've changed your opinion that much in three years on red flag laws then you might be kind of a shill yeah um maybe you shouldn't have reported it. and they're both red flag laws can have deadly consequences is the first one and that's from the hill or that's from washington post the second one is red flag laws and their awful consequences that's from the hill so <laughs> so right the example that i would draw the easiest one that i would draw is not only the man that we saw last year uh, or just a few months ago i, I cannot remember his, his name amir Locke, maybe is that I don't, I don't. I'm going to Google know. it right now because I'm fairly certain that that's his name. Let's see, Amir Locke. Let's see. I bet you. Yes, killed in Minneapolis police raid. Yes, 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 yes. Who is Amir Locke? 22 years old at the time of death. Police claimed at the time he was brandishing a gun when they entered the residence. CBS reported Locke's family told Nakima Levy Strong. Yes. Yep, that's him. Okay, so Amir Locke was killed a few months ago. We went over that here on the show. The other example that I want to bring up happened a few years ago, and it is was a young man named Duncan Lemp. Duncan Lemp. Oh, my God, we talked about many, this. Many, many, many times on the show before. And it got even hairier than I believed that it did when I first started digging into it. So the story from Duncan Lemp's 
Let's talk from the police story first. Okay. Right? It's that the police say that Duncan Lemp was admittedly part of a militia and he was preparing to do battle with um, the with the police because he expected them to do a raid on his house. He was manufacturing farms and he was selling them. And um, the police say that they then issued a red flag on him because he wasn't supposed to have firearms and did. And when they went to his house, they weren't wearing body cams like they're supposed to. Um, and supposedly he had one of the doors rigged in his house with a shotgun shell and they went to one window and broke the window open, which woke him up. And he then started to walk through the house and look for a gun when they're yelling orders at him. And then they also, at the same time, hit his front door with a battering ram and they enter his home through the front door. When the officers in his window see him try and grab a gun, apparently, allegedly, he aims the gun at the officer in which they shoot him five times. So the story from Duncan Lemp's family and his pregnant girlfriend, who, girlfriend who was pregnant at the time, is that he was shot in his bed through the door, through the wall of the house, while he's in bed with his pregnant girlfriend. So, believe what you will, there is no body cam footage. There is no proof of anything. There's one set of body cam footage that the body cam was turned on after the raid happened. Oh, of course. So, um, you know, even though there's law in that state in which they're supposed to wear body armor or body camera. So, this article is from the, oh, it's from the American Conservative. Let's pick a different one. Bilbo, hold on to that because we will definitely get there. Yeah, 100%. Let's see. So this one is actually from the Washington Post. So, um, <clears throat> and I can't send this. Well, I can send it to you, but you won't be able to see it because you have to subscribe to them. But I can read it. A Maryland SWAT officer will not be charged in the fatal shooting of 21-year-old Duncan Lemp during a pre-dawn weapons raid in Potomac that became part of the nationwide debate over no-knock warrants. Prosecutors said in a 17-page report released Thursday. This is a no-knock warrant to serve because of a red flag law to go and get mm. his guns. The Montgomery Police Department was legislatively just was a legally justified when he fired five rounds at Lemp through a broken bedroom window in March because prosecutors said Lemp had ignored commands to raise his hands, gotten out of bed, grabbed an assault-style rifle, and pointed it towards the officer. Let me ask you, if you are woken out of your bed and people are screaming at you and you're already in, call it justified or not, if you are, let's even be, let's be extra steel, Manny. Yes. If you are in a distorted viewpoint in which you believe the government is out to get you and you wake up and you're hearing people yell at you, is your first reaction not going to be to grab a firearm? Are you going to listen to the voices that are coming at you, that are screaming at you while your pregnant girlfriend is in the bed next to you? Or is your first instinct going to be to try and defend yourself? If you already believe the government is coming after you, in which they know that because that's in their report, right? They're saying that he's saying these things on the internet. So you already know that. Right? So the solution then, when we think that you have assault-style weapons, when we believe that your house is booby-trapped, is to go to your house, is to go to your house and scream at you and wake you up. That's, that's the right move. Yeah. That's the safest way to apprehend you, right, is to do that. Not to use our, and I'm not advocating for this, right, mm -hmm. not to use our infinite resources underneath the Patriot Act to literally spy on you anywhere that you fucking go and track you to a store and wait by your car or wait till you get out and just say, hey, Let's fucking talk for a minute and then mm -hmm. fucking arrest him, right? That's that's definitely not the safest way to do it, right? Not at all. The safest way is to go to his house, wake him up, and then shoot him because he's so fucking disoriented with what's going on. And his brain is so distorted against Steelman, his brain and his viewpoint is so distorted that he believes the government is coming to get him. That's the safest way, right? That's definitely uh, the the worst way possible to handle that situation. And it seems to be standard operating procedure from everything we've seen from every single no-knock warrant served over the last 
I don't know, since we've been watching them. Um, there is, do you not have a, a reasonable expectation of privacy within the walls of your own private home for anybody to be woken up not even in a startling house. manner by people screaming around your house and screaming at you and wake you up from a dead sleep because it's always when these no-knock warrants are served during the middle of the night because everybody's asleep, right? That's the safest time to do that. When people can make real rational fucking decisions as soon as they wake up and come out of their fucking REM sleep when they don't even understand what up and down is yet, then yeah, you should definitely scream and yell at them because no sane person in their right mind is going to have the instinctual reaction to grab a firearm in an attempt to fend themselves and their family from a obviously hostile force that is screaming at them from outside their home. That is not a natural reaction even in the slightest, correct? I don't know a single person. We know some real woke motherfuckers. I don't know a single woke person that wouldn't think that that is an insane train of logic to follow period every every leftist argument about police engagement stems from a soft approach because that's that's that is the most de-escalatory way to have that interaction with a private citizen from a law enforcement standpoint unless you have scary guns and you say you're part of a militia colin yeah and even then, then we it can't doesn't trust you. We have to murder you in your house. That's like, the only way. It's the only way you can do it. And that's the only, and that is the, so many problems here. So many fucking problems here. But the fact that the state feels like that's the way to do things is fucked up enough. The fact that they don't care about infringing on any of your rights while they do this is also another problem. <clears throat> the, the most simple, and dare I say, common sense approach to this is not going in there screaming and yelling like a goddamn barbarian on fucking full tilt ready to pull the trigger ever how is this ever the right decision i have been in law enforcement i under i understand from a federal law enforcement standpoint like the threat pyramid how you go from you know the the base level to deadly force the deadly force pyramid i think is what they call it is it's so talk to every federal law enforcement officer how you handle that situation. And that's why you always want to handle things at the lowest level. Calm, controlled. It's the only way to be productive about this situation. Because right. you're hemming somebody up, period. The very last thing you need to do is to arbitrarily escalate the situation, guns ablazing, Because that only ends bad every single fucking time. These red flag laws incentivize you to go in a guns ablazing. They always have and they always will. Anytime there is a need to, to, to hem somebody up in a surprising manner, is it any fucking surprise to you that they're not going to want to go willingly? For one, they don't have a good understanding of what the situation is going on around them. They have zero situational awareness because you just woke them up out of a dead fucking sleep. How do you expect anybody to respond? Any one of these officers that's involved in one of these things should be fucking fired and never hired back onto a, a point of authority ever again. Because they're just fucking following orders, man. I gotta do what I gotta do. I gotta make the paycheck. I gotta make sure I can take care of my... Fuck you. You're a goddamn bootlicker. Oh, I'm, I'm not... Ooh, I'm getting so angry. Sorry. I'm getting so angry. I use bootlicker. Wow, that's how you know continue. I'm angry, man. Yeah, you're hot. But it is not... It is... I don't understand 
any situation where that is the way to do that, unless you are literally in a war zone and the only way to protect you and your squad safety is to go in guns blazing. And by then, if you don't have intel on what's inside, I don't know why the fuck you're going inside. If you if you're going into a foreign, I mean, it's it's hard to make a war analogy in this point because the last 20 years of fucking wars that we've had aren't actual like wars necessarily. There's a bunch of civilians and shit involved, but that's the only time where you need to go in guns and blazing, man. You need to go in guns blazing because you're a military force doing a military action. If you are a civilian law enforcement officer, there is no way you cannot convince me in any fashion that that is the correct thing to do. I don't care what kind of quote-unquote intelligence you think you may or may not have on what's inside that building. You don't understand what's on what's inside that building. You're a civilian in a law enforcement role. You're an agent of the state. You have no right to enter that place without a warrant and without letting the person inside know that you have a warrant and the right to enter. Let's check this. Let's make it a little bit worse. <laughs> How do you do this? A gifted computer programmer who lived in his parents' home Lemp had caught the attention of police after they received tips that he legally possessed weapons and had written online that he was an active member of a self-proclaimed militia, the report said. Thank you, Bilbo. They also suspected that Lemp had been illegally manufacturing, suspected that a Lemp had been illegally manufacturing and selling ghost guns, which don't have serial numbers and can't be traced. The frontline SWAT officers in the raid weren't wearing body cameras. One of them, the officer who fired his weapon through the window, did so as other SWAT members stormed through the house after battering through the front door. The raid was complicated because earlier surveillance of the home showed that Lemp had rigged a different exterior door leading to his bedroom with a booby trap designed to explode a shotgun shell in the face of an intruder, according to prosecutors' findings. Which is federally legal, unfortunately. They also asserted that private text messages Lemp had written in the months before the shooting revealed he expected the police to raid his bedroom. He wrote about the need to reinforce the interior door to his bedroom to withstand a battering ram's blow, and he indicated he was ready to shoot when officers came in. I've accepted the inevitability and made peace with my demise, he wrote to a friend earlier in 2020, according to a report. At least I'll go down kicking. After the raid, the report said police recovered from Lemp's bedroom at least 50 boxes of ammunition, a ballistics vest, three assault-style rifles, a handgun on his nightstand, and parts for more booby traps. The threat caused by Duncan Lemp retrieving a rifle and pointing it at the officers, coupled with Lemp's apparent refusal to obey law enforcement commands, justified the shooting officers' use of deadly force. Prosecutors concluded in the report, which relied on the use of a grand jury in several witness interviews. Lemp's family members have long held that the police exaggerated the threat he posed. His family said police obtained a no-knock warrant based on flimsy evidence, opened fire on him while he was still asleep, and then burst into his room and stomped on his neck, assertions contradicted by the report. Lemp was struck by all five rounds in front of his girlfriend. Attorney for Lemp's family and his girlfriend blasted the report as incomplete and misleading. The exoneration of the officer, they said, was caused by has caused more anguish to their clients. So it's, it's not good. No, it's not fucking good, man. Yeah. Any any broadening of this fucking red flag go up bullshit is only gonna lead to more people dying. And unfortunately it's the people that the state wants dead anyways. So they, there's not going to be any fucking pushback. And the only people that are going to push back are you and I, the, the fucking two-way extremists. Wait, check this. The reasons for the no-knock provision, this is part of the Montgomery County report. The reasons for the no-knock provision was due to Lem's being anti-government, anti-police, currently in possession of body armor, and an active member of the three percenters, the report said, referencing what is called a far-right militia movement. Additionally, police had viewed several videos showing Lem handling and shooting firearms. The police felt that knocking and announcing their presence would put the officers in serious danger if Lemp decided to resist his arrest. 
So it's safer for them. So the only thing that you, the only thing in that list that you don't fit is being like a, an active member of the three percenters. And for anybody who doesn't know, which is a stupid ass thing to say, three percenters is based in the assumption or the statistic that, um, 3% 3% of people fought actively in the Revolutionary War. That's where that comes from, right? That's stupid. That's a stu- that's because you're part of a group that says that. That's dumb. Because that's- you're a part of what the Second Amendment would call a a you know what? Let me just pull it out and just say it, a well-regulated militia. Because you you've decided to uphold your Second Amendment right. Now you're a goddamn domestic terrorist. So, Colin, mhm you're liable to be raided at any time. At any time. Literally. <sighs> we need to get the studio out. <laughs> we, need, we need to move to an undisclosed location. Although I'm not that concerned about it, to be perfectly honest. Additionally, police had viewed several videos showing Lemp handling and shooting firearms. That makes him a fucking terrorist, doesn't it? If he knows how to use guns and, and puts it on the internet, for fuck's sakes, that dude just, he's just a ticking time bomb waiting to happen. The report said the Lemp home was subject of an earlier police raid in 2016, but didn't say what precipitated it. McCarthy and Sandler declined to comment on it. So we have a case where somebody's privacy has been infringed upon by the state, which then makes him a target for a no-knock warrant raid because of how dangerous his rhetoric has been and his videos and freedom of association um, by the way, with the three percenters, um, all of which are incredibly constitutional. And the state has decided he's too much of a danger and must be taken out. And whether or not he's dead or behind, you know, locked in a fucking cage at the end of the day, doesn't matter to them. That's basically what I'm, what I'm hearing from this case. And I don't know if I was this verbose when we talked about it at the time, probably not. I think my no, this my, was early my, in George Floyd. My understanding of my own rights have uh, drastically increased since then, and so I'm probably more passionate today than yeah. I ever have been. But it's April of 2020, this happened. I'm just I'm not okay with the state arbitrarily deciding who can live or die, and that seems like a fucking extremist view, doesn't it, to modern day people? I don't understand why you do not, not have that that the right to do everything that he was doing and insisting that the government was indeed infringing on his rights. Because they were. And then they he was afraid the state was going to come after him. And they did. Yes, they did. So I so they just took him off the board because he just was too much of a problem for them. I don't I don't there's zero rational zero rational logical thinking that gets you from exercising freedom of speech, freedom of association, and the second amendment to you need to die. Or be locked in the cage for the rest of your life. There's there's zero way to get from point A to point B on that one, but the state does anyways. Fuck the state. Every major institution hates you and wants you to fucking die. And they don't even have to show evidence for it. No. No. And of this course is, not. Montgomery County has a policy of not having SWAT officers wear body cameras, even though it's a policy for all uniformed officers to wear body cameras. But if you're a SWAT officer, you don't have to. I... <laughs> Something about this, I don't, I really, really, this is like that fucking apathy stuff I was talking about in part one. This is the shit that really bothers me because there are more and more people every day that think this is the right way to think. 
and they're getting propagandized by the establishment politicians, the fucking establish or the corporate press, everything of reaffirming their their misunderstanding of their own rights. And it just gets worse and worse and worse every goddamn day. Every day it gets worse. There's we had a small well, contextually, we call it a big W with this with the we haven't even addressed it yet, but the, the passage of we addressed it in part two, but um <clears throat> with the the passage of the the oh my gosh, I'm just gonna pull it up so I can actually read the fucking title of it. Um the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus uh, Bruin. Yes. Um where they affirmed the the right to be able to carry a firearm out outside of your home and made it so that may issue states no longer have the ability to not allow you to fulfill your second amendment right. And that only really affects about, I think it was like seven states that have the may issue, but that was a, that was a big W in the world of the two a, but it doesn't stop the state from still coming in and putting their boot on your fucking neck and killing you because they don't like the way you exercise the rest of your rights. Like it's it's a nice win. I'll take it because I I love more and more people have the freedom to have to exercise their second amendment rights, their their god-given right to defend themselves. That is a beautiful thing and and I love more people to be able to have that. It still doesn't stop the state. If anything it incentivizes the state even more to overstep all of your other rights to come into your world and fuck your life up or end it. Just because you decided you wanted to carry firearms and you don't like the fact that the government is infringing on your rights now. That makes you a, an enemy, a, a piece on the board that must be taken off because you are, you're running contrary to what they want at the end of the day. And that is not, it's not okay in any fashion whatsoever. The idea that you would use these dead kids from Uvalde to push this bullshit about red flag laws and, and give everybody, well, you know, if somebody's dangerous, they should, you know, we should have the ability to let the government, you already do. Everybody that's in these motherfucker circles that knows these people that they're interviewed afterwards. Yeah, he was always a weird guy. You know, he was killing fucking cats and, and putting them on the internet, blah, blah. They already had the ability to do something about it and didn't. Now the state has to come in and supersede everybody and just say, it doesn't matter if, if your neighbor calls in and says you're a threat to yourself or others, state's going to respond because if it saves one life, big brother will handle it. That's right. That's right. I'm so fucking hot right now. I can't, I feel like I'm not thinking clearly. So if I'm, if I'm a little all over the place, I, please forgive me guys, but it's, it's not okay, man. This is about, this is why this, this type of shit is how I became an anarchist because you cannot trust the state. Period. They, you, you coined the phrase, every institution hates you and wants you to die? Or? I did not coin it, but I've definitely regulated okay. the use of it. Certainly. <laughs> that, <clears throat> it is from a pillow that Tim Dillon gave to Bridget Phetasy. Oh! And they both mentioned it one time. And so I we, can't. We got to keep it going. So I can't take it for myself, but I certainly have popularized the phrase. Okay. I'm, I'm going to get on Bridget Phetasy's local tonight and just drop it. that in there and see if there's any response just to, just to see what's up. What's going on in the chat here? There's a lot of chats. The people love what you have to say. That's well, what's going on in the chat. You know, I, I, it comes from a, a foundationally good place, I believe. So it doesn't surprise me. But thank you, everybody, for the love. 
well-regulated militia. They have regular weapons to the enemy or tyrant. Amen. You're complete straight in the mind. The mind you're being fueled by passion. I am being fueled by passion. I'm passionate about people's lives being taken away by the state for arbitrary purposes. Fuck me 100%. for believing that. People's ability to defend themselves in the way that they see fit. Yeah, I mean. Right, their right to defend themselves yeah. in the way they see fit. It's, it's not. And I hate the fact that it always comes about to like, a, you're a 2A absolutist. Well, you're goddamn right I am. I'm also a, a first, a 1A absolutist. I, I'm also a 3A, abs, you know, 4, you go down the fucking list. It's all absolute, man. This is not just something you pick and choose. I have problems with the Constitution and its entire creation and inception. I understand. I live in a world where there's nothing you could do about that. I understand. I didn't, I didn't sign up for the Constitution. The people that signed this fucking thing are dead hundreds of years ago. Me and you did not agree to this fucking thing. That's fine. I Stuck understand that. Those rules. But, you know, if there were a set of rules that I could be born into that I am forced to live by, this ain't that goddamn bad. And you can't even do that. What, what we are getting into now terrifies me. Because it, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything to our quote-unquote elective representatives that all control the future of our lives. What we can and cannot do. They have no relationship to the Constitution or, or the meaning behind it. Oh, we even saw the DOJ not to, we even saw the DOJ come and say, we respectfully disagree with the decision from the Supreme Court. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Hashtag the Republic is dead. If it wasn't dead before that, the president and the DOJ just affirmed it today or yesterday. Whenever the fuck that was. There is no such thing as a constitutional republic anymore, man. We are a, we are as a nation, what people would call a fucking rhino. We are a republic in name only. Have you never put that together? Ooh. Hot dog. I feel pretty good about that one. But yeah, no, it's just, it's all bullshit, man. And I'm tired of, I'm tired of feeling threatened by a governmental institution whose sole sworn duty is to do the opposite. It's to protect you. It's their only job. It's their only goddamn job. And they, every single person, I don't care if you're fucking Dan Crenshaw, MTG, or fucking AOC, none of them, none of them are there to actually do their goddamn job. Period. MTG, shout out to MTG. Like, I don't like her. I like when she's in a normal setting and she's just having conversations on IRL. She seems, she's a halfway decent person. Seems like a nice gal to have to a barbecue. Say some Be crazy fun. shit though. Yeah, she's fun. You get, throw a couple fucking butt, you know, uh, Coors lattes at her. She'll talk about you the know? space lasers. <laughs> Amen. She'll talk to you about the space but, lasers all night. <laughs> exactly. But I don't necessarily want her in an elected representative position. Right. First of all, but I don't, okay. Rant over. I'm no. Done. I'm fucking done no. with this shit, dude. No, that was like healthy that was perfect makes me i've had a fucking rough couple of weeks dude and this has been very healthy for me and i think that you no i think <sighs> that you have fully and well encompassed why this is a problem and also why this these rights are so important you know mm -hmm. um why directly after the ability to freely express yourself the ability to freely defend yourself is expressly defended in the Constitution. That's, yeah. that's people say it all the time. It's played out. It's it's whatever you know. But it's not, man. It's true. It it's is true. needed more today than ever. 
which is in 2022, one of the saddest things anybody can ever hear is that your need to defend yourself, your God-given right, or your natural born right, whatever the fuck you want to think of it as, to defend yourself and your family is now 100% considered by our elected representative as a second-class right that doesn't necessarily need to be enforced. Every single politician in Washington, D.C., every single politician in the state house should be first a absolutist second a absolutist go down the fucking line they 100%. should be otherwise i don't know what the fuck they're doing there if they are not there to uphold every single one of those amendments and numerated rights enumerated enumerated rights they they don't belong there or unenumerated yeah whatever the yeah whatever their fucking job is as far as protecting your rights if that is not the only thing that they are there to do, they need to be gone. Because otherwise, you, I forget who fucking said this, but it was the government is essentially just a job placement program built for the people or designed for the people that built it. There's, there's no other way to look at it at that point. If you're not out there bending over backwards to protect your citizens and your your representative constituents rights you're just there for a job and to make sure you can get a job next election which means you should not be there period and i don't understand how anybody can think differently well i want to put Derek kilmer in there because he keeps to give us more money to save the salmon and the orcas i okay, what does salmon and orcas have anything to do with your constitutional rights no i mean none none at all I mean, if he's there to just shill for the Fed so that the state can get some more money to uphold the rest of our rights, that's cool. And then the state can get money and then the state can take care of the orcas and the fucking salmon. That's cool. Why is our federal representation out there? They're just there to shill for more money so that fucking dictator Inslee can get on his high horse and make sure that we can't have we we you can't afford to drive to work because, you know, fucking go ahead. Washington needs or what, what is it? Is it Go Ahead Washington? What were we just talking about, part one? Oh, uh, move, uh, ahead. move Ahead Move Ahead Washington can be funded, even though we have a surplus. We need more money. No, we don't, Colin. We spent that money over the next two years. I just, we, don't have, we don't have a $16.5 billion dollar surplus. <laughs> it's not there anymore. What we really, really need is, um, as Joe Biden was talking about the other day, uh, you know, there's going to be another pandemic. We need more money for the next pandemic. We need more money. That's why Jane's needs the emergency power. Exactly. For the next pandemic. Amen. Amen. And I can understand that logic. <laughs> that makes sense to me. If I'm going to be a dictator, I need a slush fund. And it better come from the next goddamn pandemic that may or may not come in our lifetime. I mean, uh, monkeypox, though. You better watch out. That's right. Coming. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, wh that's hilarious. That's good. With that's that, good. I don't want to say anything else to stop with that because God. that was so absolutely perfect. I'm such an enormous fan of it. With that, we are going to end part three. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back for part four, which is the grab bag. We have lots of great stuff for you. We're going to talk uh, about all kinds of stuff. We got the COVID boosters. We got the Uvalde police. So we're going to talk. We'll start nicotine. off with Uvalde police, nicotine. Colin obviously needs his nicotine buzz. So. No, we're out here. This fantastic, fantastic segment. Fantastic show. Thank you guys for being with us. We'll be back in three minutes. And we are back.
Thank you very much for joining us, everybody, for Salt of the Streets. This is part four of episode 128. My name is Donovan. I am indeed Colin. And we are extremely happy to have you guys here. Thank indeed. you for everyone who is returning. I want to remind you to like, comment, and subscribe to us here on YouTube. We also have our Facebook, Instagram, Patreon, everything else at Salt of the Streets. <coughs> Go to our Patreon, subscribe, help us make more, better content just like this. Ooh. We also have our personal social media. I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at Alpaca underscore Donovan. On Instagram, Colin is at Big Bird Avi on both of those things. And you can find all of this on our website at saltofthestreets.com. The last sponsor of the day is leggings and aprons. If you need Hey-o. some cakes, if you are in this local area, she is just about to start taking orders again. English muffins first. If you want some English muffins, and she does mail them. They do go in the mail. They've gone to Albuquerque, to Florida. So if it fits the chips, they go in a in a brown Bennick box. They, they ship. Yeah. So... If you want some, let us know. Leggings and aprons. I am getting in aprons. on that order because making like uh, breakfast sammies and stuff before getting up in the morning, um, you know, I try to make like a couple days at a time, two to yeah. three days at a time. I'm not willing, I'm not trying to do like a whole week and go hard, but you know, I have been avoiding the, I almost bought some of those stupid fucking, what are they called? Uh, the standard brand of uh, English muffins the other day, and I said, if I buy these, Jordan's going to fucking kill me. I will wait, and I will have it on regular-ass bread until then. Because there, once you have had a leggings and apron English muffin, I oh God, I wish I remember the old name. You'll never buy another brand ever again. Yeah. Period. There's just... I was a... Just for context, I was a professional cook for almost a decade so actually over a decade because I did it a little bit after my military career too. So, and I can in <clears throat> with all the force that my experience gives me, some people might call me an expert. Uh, if I was in the government, I'd be considered an expert on this. <laughs> uh, I can say hands down, literally the best English muffins that I have ever had in my entire life. Shout out leggings and aprons. Yeah. And I am first on the list. I call the first batch of 12, please. Absolutely. <laughs> Dad and Dax Day, we had, she made some this week to get back in the swing of things. So I had those same sandwiches that we had um, six eggs and a smoothie every morning. Fuck yeah, Ooh, six eggs. Get after it, Bilbo. Fuck yeah. I hope you're hitting the gym with all that protein. I'm That's a lot of protein, protein baby. Gotta be. <laughs> gotta be. No way you're crushing six eggs not hitting and the gym. And a smoothie. Yeah, no Smoothies way. Smoothies are basically a gym's person's. You know, yes, you know, it, I, I challenge somebody to find somebody that's on a regular smoothie, you know, intake diet that isn't going to the gym or working out in some fashion. I have smoothie almost every day just right. to get more protein in my diet. <laughs> but I, weigh over to, two, I weigh over 200 pounds to try and get one gram of protein per pound is like insanely difficult unless you're crushing a steak like every day. You is know? that, that's the one gram per pound? That's to, if you're trying to lose weight, but maintain your muscle mass, it's one gram of protein per pound. <sighs> Buddy, that Which is, is a so lot, much. bro. Yeah. God. So, yeah. So I'm like doubling up protein. It's, I'm telling you, the eat is that's a struggle a lot, right now. Man. The eating is a struggle right now. Of course it is. Yeah. Oh, well, it's a of lot course, of protein to try with, to take With in. inflation being what it is, you're going to go broke <laughs> doing it. <laughs> Fuck, bud. Exactly. Yeah, so I'm crushing protein shakes like almost every day just to get an extra 50 grams of protein yeah. in because it's tough, bro. All right. Well, this is the point of the show where I begin to shill for the CCP for the first and only time. Let's hear it. Uh, so as part of today's beer selection, I was at Total Wine. I'm just... Going, they have this cool thing. If you don't know, Total Wine is like a giant big box store for alcohol, um, and 
one of the things they do is in the beer aisle, they have these things called mix and match. And so it's just this broad spectrum of basically loosey beers that you can fill up a six-pack with. They're all priced individually, and you can just get whatever you want and carry it out. That's where all these beers have come from today. And I just saw these, and I had to get them because they were so off the wall. Um, this is a puffed rice Chinese pale ale. And I just had to try it. And then I saw that one there for you. It's a jasmine uh jasmine tea jasmine tea beer i think it's just it says ale brewed with jasmine brewed, tea or something beer like brewed that with jasmine tea yeah and that one automatically reminded me of the avatar yes. uh jasmine is that an ipa or a pale ale yeah i think it's an ipa i think it's an ipa a jasmine ipa that elysian makes so i i got that one for you and i got this weird puffed rice chinese pale ale i don't know what the hell this is going to bring but i imagine it's probably going to taste a little bit like budweiser because as a what they call an adjunct to brewing is mo most clean beer is made from roasted barley which is called malted barley right and then, okay and then hops and yeast that's a standard that's like german imperial law shit and you, those three things and that's it but then budweiser adds a lot of things like rice and corn which also impart different sugars that can be converted into alcohol the yeast can eat, and then it you know it it eats the it eats the protein right, and poops right, out alcohol right, right. and carbonation right, and you know, rice and corn are common adjuncts especially in domestic um, light beers, and I saw that I had to give it a shot, and I have a feeling this thing's gonna look like fucking water when I pour it. It's pretty light. That was it fast. It is pretty light, and I'm holding it to the camera, and I didn't even switch the camera. Ooh. Uh, 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 no, no, it's safe. It's totally safe. You're and, an expert. And I it's trust actually you. got it's cloudy a little bit. Yeah, it's actually got way more color and character than I would have originally anticipated. I'm almost done with this one. Yeah, you can finish off your crazy Scandia beer. It's very good. It's definitely heavy. Ooh. I like it though. I was, I was honestly that whole last clean. segment. I was just watching you. I'm like, I was listening. I was just listening, taking in like everybody else. Sounds like a stout Bud Light. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the I don't know what the brewery situation is like where you're at. In Indiana, oh. I believe, is what Bilbo said. Um, yeah, around up, Zeke, right? Yeah, so yeah, because Zeke's pretty. Yeah, I think they're pretty close. Zeke's in Indiana. Yeah, so I don't know what the brewery mm. situation is like there, but in Washington, there's fucking micro breweries everywhere, just tiny little breweries all over the place. Interesting. You know, does not suck. I don't say that much. It's very sweet for a light beer. Okay. They're very sweet. Very strange. Here we go. This is Baby jasmine, jasmine, dude. Tea. I love that. That can looks so good. I'm going to move the microphone Super so I can dope. get full arm extension. Yeah, there you go. Glug, 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 glug. Perfect pour. Shout out Bilbo Swaggins. Well, if you watch the beer show, you'll see this is not a regular occurrence on my part. Yeah, Bilbo, <laughs> checked out the beer show. <laughs> the beer show is this lovely little fun endeavor I do every Friday. Sit down, have a beer, talk about it. Not a one-inch line, though. Yeah, this is true. This is true. Nice. That is a good-looking beer right there. That is good. Does it smell like jasmine? I fucking love jasmine, man. Avatar ruined me. Hey, you got some on the old schnapps. <laughs> I got, like, one of them. I'm German, so I'm assuming I also... I, well, I did my DNA thing. I don't have any Jewish blood in me, but I got a Jewish nose. It's huge. It's a parrot beak. You know, it's massive. I fit right in. Big bird. I live across from Bourbon County. Country. Bourbon country. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bourbon so is mad light. Is it mad light? Do you get that floral jasmine in there? No, no. Oh. It definitely smells like tea. It's a deeper smell. Ooh, oh. interesting. Yeah, it's a deeper smell. It's not the same floral from 
That can art is really cool. Hard yeah, yeah. yeah, it is. This like, one's a super cool can. Yeah, it's definitely super full... dope. I got to tell you, bro, I'm a sucker for a cool can, too. Oh, fuck yeah. I don't care what the beer is. If I like the can, I'm like, oh, I'm going to try that one. But then again, I'm not afraid of any beer other than, you know, I'll drink everything from fucking the champagne of beers to something dark and That's good, barrel bro. aged. That's good. You can taste, it's like an undertone of tea. You know how green tea's mad subtle? Yeah. It's like that. Yeah. Do you mind if I take a sip? Do I'm it. super curious. No, about it's it. delicious. I'm a big fan. Yeah, it's super subtle. Ooh, yeah. Very subtle. It's really good. Damn. Yes. Yeah, like it doesn't. The jasmine tea is, I think, the difference there because, like, Elysian is more about the jasmine flower. Flower. Yes. And so you get that floral. That's not, that's a tea mm -hmm. beer. Wow. I have that. We might have to fuck around with that when the fucking brewery comes unique, online, bro. bro. That is yeah, not. Yeah. I wonder if they just put the dry tea in there or if they, like, do they put a little bit of tea in it? I imagine they would add the tea in the. Beer brewed with jasmine tea. So yeah. they have to put it. They. You cook beer first, right, in like a big-ass pot? Yeah. So that's probably what they're doing. Then, I right? would imagine, in, in my brewing experience, if I was no to brew this, right, yeah. I would add that in with the hops at the end of the brew. You broil it for like a five to ten minutes at the very end. We should Depends. do that. And I think that would be a fantastic, fantastic it's idea. very good. It is. Salt of the Streets beer coming soon to yes. you. Uh, bourbon is the superior drink. I am not gonna. I'm not gonna argue with you, Bilbo. I mean, love people, it. people love scotch. I love scotch. It's a, it's a good deal. Scotch, I like scotch, whiskey. Scotch. But I had okay. So this is the way it worked out. We'll just vamp a second before we dive into today's topics. Right? Segment four is the grab bag. We're this out is, here. This, this is, is a grab bag. This topic. is what we do. We've had three beers. Uh, this is we're chilling now. Exactly. <laughs> Bilbo Swaggin knows what's up. He's out here. Amen. Uh, so Coast Guard career. I am. Surprisingly enough, I am 30. I'll be 35 this year, I think. I think that's all, Jake. I'm going to have to ask Jake. Baby. I don't remember. That's because I shaved recently. That's the problem. Um, but when I was, you know, in my early adulthood, I, I couldn't drink beer. I couldn't stomach it. It was nasty. Me it either. Like, it I grew up mucking horse stalls and shit like that. And beer generally always just kind of reminded me of horse piss that had sat there for like two days in the stall. In the wintertime, and it just it always was never appealing to me. But by the time I was like 23 or 24, I had been forcing myself at least twice a year to try to get through like a Bud Light or something like that. And one time, it hit. And I was like, hey, you know, I, I could drink that. And then next thing you know, boom, I'm here. And I was at a... But before that, right? Before that happened, I, I was 21 and I could drink. And so... I remember my ship was down at the Baltimore Yards, down <laughs> in fucking Glen Burnie. Uh, it's it's a it's a sh it's a wonderful wonderful town that has a pizzeria with bullet holes in it. Um, that's the kind of neighborhood it is. But that's where the Coast Guard, you know, official Coast Guard dry dock is at. So we were down there doing some some maintenance repairs and shit, and go up to this enlisted man's club, and which is just a bar, dance floor, kind of a place for you know the enlisted guys to hang out. And I'm sitting there at the bar, and there's another cook. He's a cook chief that's stationed there, and he's behind the bar and shit. And my, um, our engineering officer who was on my sh ship, he was an enlisted guy. He was a, uh, quit drinking two weeks ago. Hey, shout out Joseph Garrett, man. If you're not drinking, 
I un- I would assume that you have good reasons for it, and props to you for not doing that, man. Um, but I like drinks, so this is what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> so I go to the E Club, right? And I'm hanging out, and th- my old salty fucking senior chief. He's from uh, South Camp, or no, he's from Georgia, I believe. Real deep Southern guy, and I'm sitting there, and I was too pussy to be drinking beer at that point. I didn't like it. So I was drinking whiskey and Coke. That was my thing. Give me a Jack and Coke. Give me a Jack and Coke. And he sees me order one, and he goes, you know, you ever had a bourbon? Like, I see you drinking whiskey. You ever had bourbon? He's like, good old Southern boys, we drink bourbon, not whiskey. And I was like, well, I never had that shit, but let's try it. So he ordered me a Jim Beam and Coke. My world just, it just clicked and changed. I, I have never placed bourbon on a second tier in the world of whiskeys after that <laughs> that's the key it, huh? is, ju- it is just bourbon has because when you're talking about whiskeys right bourbon requires a certain percentage of it to be a corn mash when you do the distilling process it's, okay. it can't all just be you know wheat or whatever it is that you're going to make whiskey out of it, a certain percentage of it has to be corn which makes it i don't i want to say slightly sweeter if that makes sense in the world of hard alcohol um and I've just never gone back, man. There is nothing in the world of brown liquor that can replace bourbon in my mind. Bourbon is, all the way, huh? I would take a down-home fucking Kentucky bourbon over the most expensive bottle of, you know, scotch that you can find. <laughs> I will take it 100 times over. It just tastes better, man. Yeah. You know, sometimes I like the taste of a swamp in a drink. <laughs> then I drink scotch. Just you know? a little hint of swamp. Yeah, just all the hints. That's what that peat moss comes from. It's like right. these, these Scottish bogs and shit. But, you know, if I want that, I'll go to scotch. But generally speaking, if I want whiskey, I'm going to drink bourbon. Because it's just superior in every way. <laughs> it just really is. <laughs> all right. <sighs> so we'll jump into our first topic here. We want to yeah, start with Uvalde, right? So over Oof. the last few weeks, we've had some pretty stark updates from Uvalde police. Um, let's see here. Sorry, let me get the correct window pulled up. Uh, let's see. Okay. So two of the things that we've seen, uh, two of the bigger things that we've seen is some um, video footage came out from, uh, what is it, Rob Elementary, right? And in this video footage, there are some screenshots in which we can see police officers uh, three, maybe five minutes into the actual event at the school have rifles and a ballistic shield at the end of the hallway we found out that there are two doorways two doors that go into that room that were unlocked that were not attempted at any point in time while the chief of the uvalde police fumbled with his keys and said that he was looking for the key that would work for the door and you know every minute he's just more stressed and more stressed and more stressed um excuse me excuse you we have also seen an extreme amount of pushback from everywhere from Uvalde police all the way up to the state government, yeah. pushing back on releasing documentation about the shooting itself, the event itself, uh, pushing back on releasing body camera footage and different documentation that lead into it. And I'm fairly sure that to this day we don't have body camera footage, correct? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Uh, yeah. So let's see here. This is one again that I have from the New York post, New York post. We use them a lot. And part of the reason we use them so much is really just because they don't ever ask us, uh, to subscribe to their shit. We can always use the New York post. So that, I just sent that article. I do kind of go to them more regularly after Sora Bamari kind of went over to the New York post as one of the lead editors after leaving commentary magazine. Just because I knew I was familiar with him and his thinking. Right. And I trusted the New York Post's editorial staff a little bit more because I actually knew somebody a little bit that 
went to run that department. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, people forget that he used to be on commentary a lot. So this is the New York Post article that we have here. Um, City of Vivalde is trying to avoid handing over records on the Texas school districts and battled police chief and the botched police response to the school massacre despite multiple requests from the Post and various other media outlets. Lawyers hired by the city wrote to Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton last week laying out 52 reasons why they should shouldn't have to adhere to the numerous requests for records under the state's sunshine laws. The law enforcement response to the massacre that left 19 kids and two teachers dead has come under intense scrutiny after it was revealed the school district police chief, Pete Arondondo, didn't immediately storm classrooms to kill the gunman. In the wake of the May 24th shooting, the Post requested all audio from 911 calls, including some made from the terrified students, as the gunman stormed into Robb Elementary School. Records related to the embattled police chief were requested by other media outlets. In the letter, lawyers representing the city asked A.G. Paxton to rule on whether the information requested by media outlets is, quote, accepted from disclosure under the Public Information Act. The city's claims that the requested information is not information that is collected, assembled, or maintained under a law or ordinance or in connection with the transaction of official business by a government body or for a government body is exempted from disclosure, the letter signed by attorney Cynthia Trevino says. The AG's attorney didn't immediately respond to the post request for comment. Arundondo has largely been blamed for the botched police response to the school massacre after he ordered law enforcement to try and negotiate with the gunman, allowing almost an hour to pass before a group made up of mostly U.S. Border Patrol agents bucked orders and stormed in. So, this is speculation from my end. And I imagine if they're unwilling to release the body camera footage it's probably because there's some debate amongst the police officers themselves about what they should do yeah and i i don't even want to say i understand because i think that it's a bullshit justification of it's totally a good germans thing of like oh i'm just following orders you know i i just i have to that's what my that's what my chief said i have to listen that's what my commanding officer said i have to listen right to which i would ask you would you rather be the person explaining to the chief why kids are dead or like would you rather be explaining to the parents why their children are dead or explain to the police chief why you didn't listen to commanding officer and you saved children mm-hmm. you know i would rather explain why i didn't listen to my commanding officer than explain to parents why their children are dead because i chose to sit at the end of a hallway and not do what i knew what was right within myself mm-hmm. and i think we talked about this before but the the oath that a police officer swears when they become inducted into the actual law enforcement, once they pass academy and so on and so forth, um, can vary from state to state. But uh, I, what kind of human being are you that is in a position of authority in law enforcement? Lethal authority. Where, lethal authority, where you choose to fall back on the, well, I was just following orders instead of saving people. How... How much of a piece of shit are you that you would sit there probably 15, 20 feet away from an active shooter who's murdering children and you're just going to go, I was just following orders, man. You're a fucking piece of shit. He told me not to go in. I couldn't go. I couldn't go. There was was nothing I could do. The door was unlocked and my police chief said, wait. We all had rifles and someone had a shield and we still couldn't go in. Yep. Couldn't do it. Yeah. Because this fucked up piece of shit uh, as the N- npr guys uh 
Orlando. Orlando. <laughs> I love God, that so you. much. <laughs> okay, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna try to be cultural, cult, culturally friendly and try to use some accents when you're pronouncing people's name, you don't need to do it to this giant ass piece of shit. Okay, you don't need to be friendly to him. Nobody no. gives a fuck what his name is. He's the biggest piece of shit in the country right now, and you should have just done what you knew was correct and s tried to fucking save some people. This I'm article says that Arandondo tried to, or he ordered law enforcement to try and negotiate with the gunman. So let's see. Which I thought. Uvalde, Texas negotiator tried phoning school shooting. School shooter. Oh my God. A negotiator tried futilely to reach the Uvalde, Texas school shooter on the phone as cops waited to take out the crazed gunman and terrified kids called 911 begging for help. He literally tried to send in a negotiator, tried to have a negotiator call when... You've got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah. They even, I don't remember who it was that testified in front of the state Congress, um, but they were saying, they even called it the the Columbine Doctrine. Like, yeah. there's a set of rules based on the Columbine school shooting that lays out what you should do. And it says, stop the fighting. Yeah. Or stop, stop the shooting. That's insane. Period. Every, from a, everything that i've heard so far at this point every single officer that has showed up on that scene had standing orders to uh, uh engage the shooter regardless of circumstance upon arrival none of them did that every single one of these people i don't and including the border patrol people that actually finally went in to do that i'm telling you as a human being who is readily and capable ready and capable of Engaging in that scenario as a law enforcement officer, whether federal, state, or local, you should not have a job right now if you did not go in and do that. Period. What is your fucking job? It's to stand out. It's to follow orders, like uh, like you're in the military. Military is slightly different. Like we could talk about rules of engagement, and so on. You're a civilian law enforcement officer, dude. There's people in there with their rights being actively infringed upon, and you refuse to do anything because your boss says not to. In the military world, we call that an illegal order, and we say, fuck you, we're doing it anyways, and we move in, and we take care of business. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's, it's, I, I understand even, like, the, the commanding order. You know, I understand the chain of command that exists, like you said, in the military and in the police. I, I understand that. But there's, just like we were talking about with all of these other topics, when you're talking about with Roe or with gun rights, you, you, your morals stand above this. Your rights stand above this. Yeah. If you know that it, this is wrong, well, you're ordered, what you're being ordered to do is wrong, it is incumbent upon you to do the right thing, especially, as you said, placed in a position of lethal authority. Yeah. You have a rifle of the exact same qualifications that the shooter has. You're, we're supposed to believe that you individually can't outmatch him with the same firearm you're better trained you're a police officer right yeah fucking kill him regardless he is killing children in that room right there yeah. fucking kill him go now and now there's seven of you there's 10 of you there's 19 of you at a certain point and you still don't do anything yeah i in my personal opinion every single one of these law enforcement officers should be what's the equivalent of being disbarred from law enforcement ever again you know, I don't think there is such a thing, but just completely stripped of your badge. You, yeah, you're I mean, not fired. allowed I mean, to do the same way. You've already proved that you are incapable or unwilling to do your job. You will never again hold a law enforcement position, period, full stop. And you're lucky if we don't charge you as an accessory to the murder of these kids because Absolutely. you refused to act when you had the means 
and you had the authority. I don't. Every time we get an update about Uvalde, it gets worse and worse and worse. And on top of that, they're going to demolish the school. Yes. Can I just yeah, say that you now. can't, bro? I don't know who needs to get involved here. I am not one for government authority. Listen to part three or four if you want confirmation on that. But we don't have all the answers yet. We never got any answers for Vegas. The Las Vegas shooting. No. We didn't get any answers at all. We are we this school should not be demolished until we have a one hundred percent accurate recountment of exactly what happened. And if they do demolish the school before that happens, all you're gonna do is bring more you're gonna breed more and more dissent and conspiracy out of that because All the stuff that goes on with sandy hook yeah, about gonna... as sus as you could be you're going to yeah. do the worst and most suspicious thing ever oh thanks guys appreciate the support but it was never a problem i just wanted to make sure it wasn't hey man <laughs> excellent i have i have also been down that road as well um it happens man sometimes you you, go, you get going down a road and and good on you for recognizing that being oh, i'm just gonna take a break for a minute you know, everybody, I believe, should have some form of a uh, sober October, if you will, to to mm -hmm. use the Joe Rogan phrase. Give yourself a month where you, you have a vice that you don't do anymore. Uh, Catholics call it Lent. It's a good deal, man. I, I, <laughs> yes, I like it do. because it's a, it's, a good, it's a good thing to prove Break that there's something out there that you don't need. Yeah. And then you can go back to it even more after that and be like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm back into this because I know I can give it up. <laughs> I don't want to make light of that situation, bro. Good on you for, for, for taking some time off. No, no, I'm here for it. Um, so as we said last week, this is, as far as Uvalde goes, this is what happens when you leave your protection up to the state. Um, it's, it's not a good look, and this is why it's so important that you have the ability to defend yourself in the way that you see fit. We saw all these parents that were stuck outside the school. We saw a mother that was arrested who had to talk herself free and then bro. work her way into the school to save her own children. Um this this is unacceptable. These people are su supposedly, according to uh, the social contract that none of us ever signed, they are supposed to have the lethal authority that we talked about in a trade-off to defend us all. Instead, they would rather hem us up and do nothing while our children are killed. So yeah, yeah. Do not leave your self-defense or your right to self-defense or your ability, your protection, up to the state. Yeah. And hey, man, take a page from the leftists that are now saying that the, the Supreme Court is illegitimate. You know your rights. Use them. That's right. And, oh, man, it was it a, uh, I'm not recalling off the top of my head, but there was, there was a, a, a guy whose wife was a teacher at the school. I thought he was a police officer um, that tried to get in and they took his gun and detained him uh, so that yes. he couldn't get in. Was his, he a police officer? His wife called him and told him that she had been shot and that she was dying. And he went to the school, and the police officers not only arrested him, but took his firearm and turned him away. Well, he he was a he's a he's a police officer. I want to say something that I shouldn't right now. Fucking turn and face the wall, dude. Anybody that stops somebody like that, you don't deserve anything more than that. Period. I'm not gonna say it. Your wife is bleeding out in a classroom, and you're you're, you're gonna, hemmed up. You're gonna fucking stop me from that dude there is no force on earth except for sheer 
physical overpowering me. You don't even care about your own team at that point. Like you're so you don't even care about your own team. No, bro. This guy's on your team, dog. No. I will use William Wallace as an example because yeah. I know he would understand. But let's say Will Will Wallace and I were cops at that situation and then my wife calls me and that's the situation and Will goes, Bro, bro, but we can't do that. I'm gonna I'm not gonna let you stop me. Period. I don't care who it is. It could be you. There's nothing to stop me. And I would hope that you would assume the same thing. 100%. Nothing on this earth would it would stop me from attempting to resolve that situation. Yeah, no, I told you last week when we talked about the mother who was hemmed up that I yeah. don't, there's, nope. I, I carry all the Shoot time. Me. There, yeah, no, 100%. I, I, w I would rather draw than be stopped from saving the life of my son, yeah. trying to save him with every, every fiber of my oh, being. Yeah. And I'm going to die happy knowing what is going to happen to you after that. Because the public opinion, the court of public opinion on that one, dude, you're, you're not making it out the other side. There's no way anybody with two fucking cents that can rub together and make some, some common sense is going to understand that one, period. I, where do you think... Let's put it this way. When do you think the conversation about Uvalde is going to end? I mean, we got the legislation passed. That's, that was the big thing. You know, the, the do-something bill. So we did something. Um, is... is the conversation about Uvalde going to stop now? Is it going to go by the wayside? In your opinion, hmm. we got we got all sorts of other big fish to fry and take over the narrative. Just that's a yeah, if no, they want I, to. No, I yeah. think that I'm just thinking. Um, mm -hmm. I think that it's possible. Yes, yeah, some. I think probably yes. Yeah, something something happened, um, and now. Like something happened, quote unquote, you know, there was a bill that was passed and it's, you know, according to the left, it's never going to be enough, you know, and according to the right, it's always too much. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that it's going to be just like, just like Gabby Giffords, just like, oh, yeah. uh, you know, all, all, all these other um, Sandy Hook. It, it's going to be just like that. It'll be, yeah. it'll be another statistic that adds to it. Yeah. It's, that's what I'm saying. It, it, and if we talked about that last week, the episode before. So these people don't really care. You know, this they don't care about these children. They don't care about the kids that died. That's why they were so willing to make points about politics or political points before they even knew what the details of the situation were. You mm -hmm. know, they're talking about oh yeah, all weapons and all kinds of stuff. Where they even know what's happened yet? They don't yeah. even have any details, and they're willing. It was to immediate, make it. man. It's because they don't care. Yeah, it's not about that. It's about the means to the end. As we talked about in the two seconds before this. You know, it's about power. They yeah. want to take that power. And this is a beautiful opportunity to strip more power from people. This gives them just another angle into the door of your house now because they have an incentive for red flag laws in your states. If you don't already have them, there's financial incentive. So if your state is in any kind of financial heart, you know, uh, everybody needs a bigger budget, man. Everybody needs a bigger budget. There's money there. Yeah. Well, you're, you had a state legislature last year or in 2020 that cut your budgets because of George Floyd. Now, 2022, you're Republican again. Here's some money. You want to put a new law in there? All you got to do, it's just a little law. Yeah. Got a bunch of new money for your police department. You can hire more police officers. You can do all kinds of stuff. You can buy some equipment for the government. Do whatever you want. Yeah. No, I, I think that I think you're right that that money is going to be the doorway into all the states that don't already have them. Yeah. And I can't think of a single politician alive today that I don't trust to not use that as a tool to get more money, to get more power. I, I, there's not a single one in Congress today or that's running that I know of that I could trust to not use that as a cudgel to get what it is that they want. 
which doesn't have anything to do with those dead kids. Right. It just has to do with them and their power and what they might in their highest and, and mighty dreams be able to achieve. They're not afraid to walk on the bodies of dead children to no. get there. They don't care. They, they don't. None of these people do. But there's... I want to... Mm, how do I want to phrase this? Remember that this school was used for testing by the federal government. It was indeed. It was indeed. They were given grant money too. Uh, and not a small amount of it. There's a lot of people. I'll just, I'll say this. Um, just to protect my own ass on this one. There was a conspiracy theory floating around that questions how it is that this young man got a hold of all the, all the super Gucci gear. That he got a hold of at the time. And we talked about it a little bit last year. The and all truck, this. the guns, the ammo. Yeah. And there is there is definitely, it doesn't help that theory that there was a pretty decently sized grant appointed to these people if they went through these trainings and tried to go through, you know, set up the procedures for mass shooting situations they and just all that. just through the training, right? Yeah. And it doesn't help the false flag crowd narrative. When when that kind of stuff comes to light, because realistically, when you think about the bloated government bureaucracy that that is handing a buttload of money to a small time department or a state that just disseminates money to here or there. And these people don't have any idea what to do to this thing. They just here's the guidelines we need to follow to make sure that we can get this money. Let's get that money. Let's do this thing and let's do this training. And then we're we're much better off fiscally than we were last year. Why would we not do this? It's It seems like a good thing. But at the end of the day, some of these people are fucking morons. Right. Who just care about the, the sanctity and safety of their job. And yeah, we, it would be nice to have all this super Gucci gear for our super small town police force. And we'll get that. Maybe. If we do, if we follow the guidelines here and we, we get this program, we get all this money. Like it doesn't, you don't have to go too far down the conspiracy train to just assume that these people are fucking idiots who just took their chance to fatten their budget a little bit. Right, because most And set people, up some SOPs. Because most people, most of us who live in a small town, big town, anybody who know people who stayed there, you know someone who's a cop who probably shouldn't be a cop. Word. You know? You know someone who, at the end of the day, they're like, I'll just fucking be a cop because it pays 70 k a year, yeah. and that's a good job where I'm from. Yeah. You know? I think cops are a lot like presidents. I don't think anybody who wants to be a cop should be a cop. They're just people. I They're think all somebody, just people. I think somebody that truly cares about your rights and your safety, who doesn't want to be in that position, should probably be in that position. Just like the president. You know, most politicians, if, if you want to be a politician, you probably shouldn't be one. If you don't want it, but you care so deeply about those rights and the community of people that should have those rights that you see every day are being infringed upon, you should probably be a politician, even though you don't want to. Thomas Massey, for, for God's sakes, he was kind of forced into that position because his local government was coming down on his ability to run his little homestead farm. And then, boom, now he's thrust into the federal fucking, you know, pol in, in, into federal politics. He doesn't want to be there necessarily. Now he's there, he has a purpose. He has a bigger purpose, he has a higher calling, but... Nobody that wants to be a politician, nobody that wants law enforcement is a little bit different, obviously, because people can obviously want to help their communities. But 
if you dras if you deeply, deeply, deeply want to just be a police officer, to be a law enforcement officer, to have the power and the authority to make sure your community is safe, seems like the wrong approach to me. I feel like you should care at a deeper level before you and you should you should not want to do most of the things that police officers do. You should not want to give out traffic tickets. You should not want to you know, sit there with a fucking speed gun on the side of the road, catching people doing something wrong. No, you should want to ensure that your community is safe and a couple other things, you know, make sure that the rights of your community are maintained and protected. You should almost be almost losing your job all the time because you're not giving out enough tickets. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is a great way to put it. You should be running Amen. the border of, of keeping your job because yes. you're like, they don't need it. They just needed a reminder. <laughs> exactly. Can I, uh, can, yeah, I, can I pass? Thank you. Always. sir. It's not, I don't, I'm not, I want to put this Uvalde thing to bed for now. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't trust anything I hear about it. I don't like what I do hear about it. And I don't, I don't think there's going to be any kind of actual resolution in this situation. And I think that in it just alone is a fucking travesty. Don't get me started about, we have no closure on Las Vegas. But we don't have, we are not going to have closure on Uvalde, period. We're not going to. We're not, all the questions that we want answered are not going to be answered. And something else is going to grab our attention and we're going to move on and people are going to forget about it. And that is a goddamn travesty. And every single one of those teachers and children that died, it's, they're going to die for nothing. And that is, that's sad to me. It's really sad. I'm, I'm getting all emotional and shit. Ah, it really is, man. Like, grown up now, like watching Dax grow up has severely affected my relationship with young people because this little, that little shithead of yours is adorable and he is the most lovable thing on the planet. And I can't imagine the pain that these parents have to go through. Because the people that should have been a man, that should have done their goddamn job, didn't do it for some arbitrary bullshit reason. This is not just me getting upset about, you know, procedural shit not being followed or constitutional rights. being. These are fucking kids, man. It continues to happen. And because I am a two-way advocate, an absolutist, you know, does not change my emotions about this tragedy. And there will be another one. I don't care that we did something. It, cause we just went over the legislation in part three or four. It's not going to change a goddamn thing. It's not going to stop the no. next one, period. All you're going to do is prevent anybody that might be able to help. You're going to prevent them from being able to help. And if, if the, the usurpation of your rights aren't going to do it, it's going to be the goddamn law enforcement on the scene to stop you from doing it. And it's the same goddamn story every fucking time. The only thing I can even pretend might make a difference is that every single person in that community is strapped up and knows how to use their fucking firearm and is not willing to put up with any of this bullshit. It's the only thing that's going to stop this stuff for people to take personal responsibility and handle some shit that needs to be handled, regardless of whatever the arbitrary laws are in place at that place. That goddamn cop, he should, or the, the guy that got arrested and his gun taken away for trying to save his wife. A dude 
every single one of those officers should have been in that same exact position doing that same exact thing. They should have assumed that every one of those kids in that school was their kid. They should have acted accordingly. And it's not just the Uvalde police, which is the, that's the real tragedy here. It's not just the Uvalde police, man. We see right. it happen all the time. It's a microcosm of the true issue. Amen. It, it, is, it is just a single data point that has been thrust into our attention. This happens every fucking day. Not, well, not every day, but every law enforcement officer that makes a, a terrible decision because they, there's externalities that push on them to, to, to not make the right call, to not do the right thing because of one reason or another. There's a thousand reasons, but... I'm just, I'm so fucking tired of hearing about this shit because it is a tragedy. And just because I'm a 2A absolutist, like I said earlier, doesn't take away the emotions that I have around this tragedy. It is a fucking tragedy. There's no two ways around it, man. Just because I can have a logical and reasonable conversation about why the action you want to take is irrelevant, wrong, and probably backwards and will probably make the situation worse doesn't mean that I don't care about those kids, man. And I'm so tired of fucking being told that that's why I have the opinions I have because I don't care about children. I don't right. care about the lives of children. Fuck you. You just care about guns. Fuck you. Right. That's what I got to say about that. <clears throat> oh, Colin. It's been a minute since I got emotional. We're, We're out guys, here, bro. bro. This is We're good out one. here. This is a good one. Uh, yeah. On this note, I, I also got to say, this beer that I had, the CCP beer, I'm never buying again. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good, man. Oh. The puffed rice pale ale is oh, not no. a winner, dude. Not a winner. Mm. <sighs> Do you have anything else to say on the Uvalde situation? No. No, of course not. Yeah. Of course not. That was beautiful. How do you follow Joey Coco Diaz, man? That's how. You do how. not. No. Exactly. This is, this, this is I'm, I'm officially titling this Colin's show. This is, no, this is it. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a couple weeks, bud. No, and we're going to finish on one of your favorite topics. Because, <laughs> because earlier this week. <laughs> yes, we are. Jules got banned by the federal, by the FDA. Yeah. Of just a few days after Joe Biden and the Biden administration said they want to start lowering the amount of nicotine that are in cigarettes yeah. to non-addictive levels. <laughs> I don't smoke anymore. I don't use jewels anymore. I don't, my personal stance on it, obviously, I don't. You can't tell people what to do. There is no yeah. stance in which you should tell people what to do. There is no justification for telling people what to do for what they want to consume for their own body. We talked about this earlier with illicit drugs. I don't care if you want to smoke meth, you want to shoot heroin, you want to smoke heroin, you want to do whatever. I don't care. It is none of my business at all, mm. and it's especially none of the federal government's business to be telling people what they can and cannot consume. People know by now <laughs> cigarettes are bad for you. We yes, know that. We know that. We know that nicotine is addictive. Everybody knows that. When I was 16 years old, I, I knew the cigarettes are bad that. for you. I still started smoking cigarettes. I was going to say. I was still. Yep. I got on the bus. I remember vividly being told by the bus driver, hey, you need to smoke farther away from the school bus stop. Yeah, because that you, way. you cannot do that here. 25 you, feet, all right? That's all I want. You need to step back. 20, <laughs> yes. You just can't be that close to the school bus stop because you're not allowed to smoke here. Yeah. That's, I, I am willing to give liberty enough for 25 feet, right? I am, I'm good with that because- even at 16, I didn't care. I'll step back. Yeah. I, I don't care. I'm yeah. going to smoke a cigarette either way. But exactly. <laughs> I don't care. I, I don't smoke cigarettes anymore. And I struggle today with nicotine addiction. You all love the time. jewels. I love 
I love Sweet Lady Nicotine in all her various forms. Little Nikki. If you were not married and I had a can of Copenhagen sitting in front of you, I would think that at some point you're throwing a fucking dip in, right? Because uh, as anybody that has has had a relationship with Sweet Lady Nicotine knows, I love um, it. It's not. You can be addicted to nicotine pretty much instantly. It's it's almost I. I don't quote me on this shit, but I'm fairly sure that I've heard studies say that nicotine is more addictive than um, cocaine um, because it, it's it's super quick um, because it plays specifically off of your dopamine receptors and things like that. Okay. It just hits so hard and so quick and you get an instant relief and you get a little bit of a buzz, you know, you get a head high. Um, it, it's a very rewarding drug to intake. Now, as a former smoker, I can attest to the fact that I don't want cigarettes in restaurants. I I don't think there should be a federal law mandating that you can't. I think it would be up to the restaurant owner and any restaurant owner with half a brain in his mind would make sure that people are not smoking in his restaurant because if there is one person smoking indoors, everybody knows it. That's how it goes, man. I You understand the deal. And it is just kind of a dick move to other people because that shit does not smell good. It does not smell good. It does not taste good. That's, we all know that. Yeah. And so those kind of accommodations I'm willing, I'm willing to undergo because it's, it's more of like a uh, respect for your fellow man thing. Don't be a dick. Don't you know? be a dick. <laughs> that's, don't be a dick and that's fine. You know, you know it smells bad. You wake up in the morning after have a cigarette and your mouth tastes like any analogy that is the most stomach stomach churning thing you could think of. That's what know? made me stop smoking cigarettes was the smell it's terrible. and the taste when I woke up the next morning. How about this? For those non-smokers out there, you go to a casino where smoking is allowed, right? Um, you may not, you might get an initial whiff of it when you first get there, but they have these hardcore ventilation systems that you know, like you walk into the main game room, there's not like a cloud of smoke there. They select that shit out pretty quick, but no matter what happens, you're going home and you're you're getting up the next morning and you're like, bro, how was I in the smokehouse? What what happened? I don't how remember was what was going on. You smell like fucking cigarettes, period. So I understand the need to separate the general public, I guess, from it. But what Joe Biden now and the Biden administration is looking at, um, I'm just going to pull this article up real quick from Axios. The Same Biden it. administration wants to take buzz out of cigarettes. <laughs> So the Biden administration wants, and this was last week or earlier this week. Earlier I can't this week, Jules yeah. just happened on like Thursday. Yeah, but then that was. We'll get and to the, that. Yeah. We will get to that. But yes. the Biden administration wants to make the tobacco industry cut back the amount of nicotine in cigarettes sold in the United States to non-addictive levels. We'll just continue. Why it matters? The bite, the the bid to essentially take the buzz out of cigarettes. Fucking Axios, do better than this. Uh, smoking cigarettes would be unprecedented in a long-running public health fight to curb tobacco use, which the FDA says leads to more than four hundred eighty thousand deaths per year. That really only matters if you have a socialized healthcare system, or in some manner, some way for the taxpayer to contribute to that, because then it costs the other taxpayers dollars to take care of somebody else that is making a bad decision which is also why it's, it's a whole other thing but and that's, that's no, but the only thing tied to this is so that right it's why would you care if somebody decides to smoke and give themselves cancer why would you care only because at the end of the day you might have to help pay for that 
That's not fair. That's an infringement on your rights. It is. So you, you think this is possibly uh, like a means to an end then? Yes, this is a means to an end. And it, the dead giveaway is the fact that they're not going after one of the most addictive and most widely used drugs of choice in America, which is alcohol. Right. Alcohol, for one, cigarettes, if you quit cigarettes, they're not going to kill you if you're hardcore addicted to nicotine. Alcohol will literally alcohol, kill you if you are alcohol dependent. To death. Right. 100%. Okay. And you can drink yourself to death. Yes. And you cannot drink yourself to death if you drink too much. Exactly. Um, it's a... Yeah, it's a whole deal. But if you're not willing, interesting. Because I was, I've always been obviously on board with like you. You can't tell people what to do. All of these people who smoke, yes. who now you have to be 21, so you definitely know what you're doing. Yeah. If you're choosing to smoke, you know what you're doing, and it's a choice. You can't. You can't. Well, hey, Donovan, <laughs> your prefrontal cortex is not developed until you're 25. Oh, I love it. I I can't get. It, one thing we didn't quite touch on in the, the gun bill was that uh, when you're 16 years old now, when you go buy a gun, right, you're 18 years old, yeah. they have the ability to check your minor record. That is an, how now all of a sudden you're 16 years old and you're basically anything you do when you're 16 now basically makes you an adult, not an 18. But that was a point I should have made back then, but we won't do it now. The, the red <laughs> gazoontite. That was a good That's one. It. That was a powerful one, just dude. Just one. A single. Um, part of the problem behind this thing, right, one of the one of the reasons you know it's a ideologically driven bill is because there is no, there's no mention of any other addictive chemical um, in wide use today, much less any talk about like a cigar or a pipe tobacco or something like that. It's specifically cigarettes and as we'll go on, it's specifically Juul. Um, because these are targeted industries that the government doesn't like for one reason or another. But what they're trying to do, let's go back to here. Let's just continue to read why it matters. The bid to essentially take the buzz out of smoking cigarettes would be unprecedented in a long running public health fight to curb tobacco use, which the FDA says leads to more than 480,000 deaths per year. I know we already covered that, but I broke it up because I'm an asshole. Uh, but it's <laughs> sure to face vigorous opposition from tobacco interests as well as libertarian-leaning consumer freedom groups. Driving the news, the FDA can't... And I'm actually kind of a fan of the way Axios lays out their stories. Yes. Um, driving the news. Yeah. The FDA can't actually just ban cigarettes, but can create product standards that make them less attractive, uh, attractive, experts say. So on Tuesday, the agency proposed a rule to establish a maximum nicotine level in cigarettes and other certain finishing, finished tobacco products. It is unclear if they would do it at once or gradually because tobacco-related harms primarily result from addiction to products that repeatedly expose users to toxins fda would take this action to reduce addictiveness to certain tobacco products thus giving addicted users a greater ability to quit regulators said so i want to stop there for a second because so it's I, really because you're a slave to cigarettes yes because you're a slave to nicotine it's really because what it is. Yes, it's because and honestly i think there's there's a little bit of you know argument to this like right nicotine is harder to kick than opioids because it yes. affects a different part of your brain than affects patterns and normal activities in the brain right. 100 percent. yeah it, de it definitely does i've i haven't been addicted to a lot of things in this world but i have been addicted to nicotine and it is not a fun situation to get off of 
Um, it's something you have to plan for. It's something you have to think about and you have to tell everybody in your orbit that you're going to go through it because you're going to be a different person for seven to 14 days. Right. And then after that, then you just have to struggle with the habitual problems that come after addiction, which any addict I think can talk to at all. Um, but what we're talking about here is industries that have vastly relied on widespread marketing which is putting these people in the eye of the U.S. government and, the, and specifically the FDA. Um, they're not talking about c cigars and they're not talking about pipe tobacco. They're not talking about nicotine as it is delivered in the form of tobacco leaf. It's just cigarettes. It is just cigarettes. Um, and that's particularly because the industry behind cigarettes have marketed themselves into the spotlight. It's the same reason why Juul, which we'll talk about here in a second, also is the only vape product that is under the microscope right now. It's because they have gone down the pharmaceutical drug, you know, big pharma road and decided to widely market their product to people they think that would use it. Um, and I have problems with that because I don't like marketing, period. I have a, a huge problem with people trying to sell you something and it's why I got, that's why when I was 18 years old, I cut the cable and I got rid of fucking cable and I, I have never gone back is because every single advertisement that you get is trying to sell you something and fuck them. I am not a commodity to be bought and sold. This is something you should tell me what it is and I will make up my own goddamn mind. You're so fuck you today, bro. for trying to make me spend my dollars on you. I'm You're not so going to do it. <laughs> so anyway, so they're trying to talk about Coming back nicotine cigarettes, which I think if you are a nicotine user, you will understand that as a logical fallacy and is a ridiculous concept because there are tobacco leaves that you can get raw that once they are dried in the most organic and natural way possible with no additives or anything can range between, say, 0.3% or nicotine to 9%, depending on what type of tobacco you're talking about. The South American nicotine or tobacco is... That's like the hardcore stuff. The That's stuff they shit. grew in Virginia and all that stuff is generally between 1% and 3%. So when you get like a marble red, you're getting some relatively low-dose type of shit. So to remove the amount of nicotine in that means that you're going to have to undergo another chemical process to extract nicotine from a natural resource that's already there. I understand that in the cigarette industry specifically, there are a bunch of other nasty, nasty shit in there that are... Definitely carcinogens and that are definitely killing you. I understand that. Anybody that doesn't know that, you should fucking learn because every time you smoke a cigarette, this is why I'm I don't smoke cigarettes anymore because that shit's nasty. The filter is it's the really worst bad, part, right? It really is. Um, so, but when you're talking about the actual nicotine itself, what you're talking about is a naturally occurring chemical in a naturally derived and grown plant. Period. It's like weed. Natural right. weed. Cannabis has THC content to it. Hemp does not. Right. We smoke cannabis. We don't smoke hemp. It's that's, You smoke tobacco true. because of the nicotine that's in it because it gives you certain something. You drink a beer not because necessarily it tastes good. It does. But you also you drink beer because of the whole package involved. You drink it because of the alcohol content, generally speaking. You might just really like beer. I don't know. I'm not going to make judgments, obviously. But this is just nothing but a – this – I don't see this any more than when 
It's not any bigger than when Bill de Blasio tried to take giant sugary drinks out of the hands of people in New York City. The soda ban. It is a morality law that they are trying to pass to get something they think is correct. They want to save people. So they want to save them from killing themselves by smoking cigarettes. And that's that's not the government's remit. Right. It has nothing to do with what they are supposed to do as you know, their job is to not do that, period, unless we ask them to do that, which we have not asked for. I don't remember voting on something like that. It's never come across my table. You know, you just vote, you elect somebody because they say certain things that might, that's a whole different subject. <laughs> whole different subject. This whole thing is so contrary to the freedom of, you know, to your enumerated rights. You have the right to drink alcohol. That one they actually threw in the Constitution because they at one point they banned it. And then they had to repeal that shit. Right. And so you have, that's why they're not coming out after alcohol. If there is one thing in America that kills more people than anything else, it's probably alcohol abuse. It's not good for you, man. Does it stop people from making that informed decision? Are most people actually informed about the decision they're making? Probably not. Joseph but just it's made not the choice to quit problem. after 18 plus days. Amen. 18 Th plus a night, he said. And he said, I'm, I'm going to take it. I'm going to chill for two weeks. 18 plus a night. That's it's probably a good thing to take a break. So a lot of days in a row. That, it's a good one. It, that's a good decision to make for yourself. It's a good it's, streak. It's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a good streak. <laughs> it's not one I would be proud of. I will say that much. But, you know, um, it leads to bigger things that will destroy us as free people. Amen, buddy. It's a slippery slope. And every slope that is slippery is a slope you should not begin to go down. <laughs> so much. That I don't think that's too much no, to ask. No, no. If, if you great. consider it a slippery slope, that's your red flag to say we shouldn't be talking about legislating this. So to get further into the more applicable news, because we haven't seen anything that has actually come through that. They've talked about banning menthol cigarettes before as a thing because it's a flavor and, you know, all I'm saying is try to pull new Newports out of New York and you will have revolution. I'm, I feel like I'm getting some feedback in my uh, in my headphones here. Hmm? Do me a favor. Pull this thing just a little tighter to you. I wonder if it's maybe picking up on the Wi-Fi signal. Picking up. I'm sorry if you guys are hearing that stuff. Otherwise, I just sound like a crazy person. Um, but the big news this week was when... Oh, where's my Jewel ad? Just had it. The Biden administration... Um, via the FDA, um, crack down on Juul, the company that makes... Um, just Juul. Just Juul. Which was the weirdest thing about the, which is the important. whole deal. Um, I'm just going to... I can't remember what window I left my you Juul stuff You got a Juul article. In. You got a Juul on. Look at all them tabs. Yeah, I'm a, oh, there we go. Here we there go. There it is. Appeals court. So this is from... Look, she's Juuling. She's Juuling. <laughs> Why would you zoom in on that particular person to do that one? I mean, it's like, come on, bud. But Because um, look at her lips, bro. Yeah. So Artistically. This, oh, man. I fucked up. Here we go. That's the same woman. Put, it is a different angle. It's the same that's person. That's weird. So, and this is from NBC News, right? That's NBC or is that ABC? I, the, that's NBC. The Peacock. And then on the Wall Street Journal, they obviously use the same person. It's the same goddamn photographer. The what is, what is photo from... What's that? What does it say underneath it, underneath the picture? Underneath the the FDA said that Juul hadn't submitted sufficient evidence that its devices were safe. That's the argument that the FDA is using to crack down I on Juul. I wonder if that's like a, 
if it's from a study or something, because that's so weird. They have a different picture of the same woman. The picture, (laughs) the picture came from the same person that is uh, that works for AP that sold the picture to the AP. So all this stuff comes from the same thing around this woman. (laughs) And if you don't know, this is how the corporate press works. Right? How many articles do we read all the time that are just a a news network reporting off another news record? network so this one i wanted to kick off because it comes from tim cast and as you know tim cast holds a very special place in my heart um so the food and drug administration bans jewel e-cigarettes and this was written by the wonderful cassandra fairbanks who has got a weird obsession with monkeys on the 23rd so we're talking last thursday this was a very last minute deal um so what they did is here quote as a result oh here we go according to the fda's press release all jewel products must be removed from the U.S. market. As a result, the company must stop selling and distributing these products. In addition, these currently on the U.S. market must be removed or risk enforcement action, the announcement said. Today's action... Pull them off the shelf, huh? Pull them off the shelf. Otherwise, yeah, the day after this came out, were they pulled off the shelf? They were not. Um, Did and, you get yours? Um, I'm not willing to divulge. I'm pleading the fifth on that one. Um, today's action is further progress on the FDA's commitment to ensure well, that all e-cigarettes. I will neither confirm nor deny my culpability in this crime my in which you stay. Of jewel pods right. <laughs> <laughs> of the illicit product once known as a jewel pod. Yeah. So I could go on. I'm not going to. They make a bunch of bullshit arguments about uh, why. They have the necessity to do this. They've put up our arbitrary regulations. Back when I was a very heavy vapor, um, they cracked down on all the kind of like the mom and pop shop, you know, e-stores that were yeah. that were ordering their own chemicals to mix their own flavorings Make and then sell them to the public. And the FDA decided to come out and say, you can't do that without running it through us. Oh, and by the way. It's approximately $1 million to get one flavor put through and approved by the FDA. And that's not even to guarantee approval. That's just to put it through the system. Um, I had a conversation with one of the local guys who, it should be no surprise to anybody, is no longer in business um, after that situation happened. Because literally, it was up to Jewel, who was the biggest competitor on the market at that point they were the only ones that could actually foot the bill to get things through the fda and now much like the nfa the fda really can just change their regulations at whatever time they want to achieve the goals that they they deem necessary um so they came after jewel and they said you you got to pull the shit you got to pull it and within 24 hours there was a court injunction uh, let's see, what is a good one? Let's just go to the, the Wall Street Journal's one on this one. Uh, appeals court delays FDA ban on Juul e-cigarettes. A federal appeals court on Friday granted Juul Labs, Inc. a temporary stay of the Food and Drug Administration's order for the vaping company to pull its e-cigarettes off the U.S. market. Ah. A panel of judges from the U.S. Court of Appeals from the D.C. Circuit on Friday afternoon granted Juul's request to delay the FDA's ban. According to court documents, the temporary stay gives the court time to hear arguments and wasn't a ruling on the merits of the case the judge wrote. In a di- well, yeah, because that's what a stay is called. It's, it, has, it has no <laughs> fucking sway either way. They're saying, okay, we're going to pause the ban to hear the arguments. There's nothing more than that. I hate the fact that you actually have to say that. The FDA Thursday ha- had begun to enforce its order sending notices to retailers 
Meanwhile, some customers were scrambling to stock up on Jewel products before they might be taken off the shelves. Again, pleading the fifth. On Friday morning, Jewel potentially petitioned the court for relief, saying the FDA's order was extraordinary and unlawful and it would suffer significant irreparable harm without a stay, according to its court filing, which was partly redacted. Why exactly would you have to partially redact that, by the way? For the children. Uh, For the children. (laughs) I'm glad you said that, actually. Because the children is generally the argument associated with the Biden administration's approach right. to all this stuff. It's because parents can't control their children. That's why the flavors were taken off the market. That's why the, the flavors were products. taken. That's why today you cannot buy the original creme brulee or the original, I think it was berry mix when it came out. You can only buy menthol and tobacco flavored, which gross. Do not do not do the tobacco flavor. So you um, hit the menthols? I smoked Newports when I lived in New York. We'll put it that Ooh. way. Um, Newport's menthol is the way to go if that's what you're going to do. If you're going to smoke a menthol, smoke a Newport. Amen, buddy. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. If you're going to smoke a menthol. Yeah. So, but this only came after Jewel um, made a public announcement that said they would have to seek bankruptcy if right. this was going to happen. Because I remember you telling how me How is it that you decide that a multi-million dollar industry can just go bankrupt overnight because... You decide to pass an arbitrary regulation, not a law, but like an NFA-style regulation that says, you can't sell this shit anymore. You can't do that. Don't worry that all the other off-brand things that they're selling the shelf for two underneath you, we don't have any problem with that right now. You're just the big fish here that's been fighting us all along. So we're going to come down on you. And it was immediately after that press conference, and I, I would assume as soon as the feds came after them. The FDA came after them. They immediately sucked their, you know, lawyers in this thing and said, hey, man, we need an injunction. We need to stop this thing. We need to have an argument because this is bullshit. This is not, this needs to be a law. This cannot be a regulation at the whims of whoever is in power at the right. FDA. You to cannot ban do one this. particular company's products from one the market. One company's products. This has nothing to do with the entire e cigarette market because you don't like the way that they marketed the particular product there's all this in and i'm not gonna argue that the jewel did not fuck up and go on a hardcore marketing campaign when they promoted like a bunch of people like uh, like supreme patty and like tiktok influencers and shit that were selling like like wraps for your fucking jewel stick you know for your battery like so they definitely whether they they were intentionally trying to go for children i don't know definitely the youth the young market Mm -hmm. and you have to know in 2022 in the 2020s in the 2010s you know when social media is all the craze if you're catching 20 year olds you're also catching 16 year olds you know yeah that's an umbrella that hits both sides of that there is not gonna be let's put it this way i have tried to convince somebody that we both know um to to quit smoking cigarettes all the time because they go through a pack or two a day and it's not a good thing and I've tried to get them to move away from that. And generally speaking, it's harder in older crowds to convince somebody to move to something different like that, especially when it comes to, you know, a drug where they get some form of dopamine response to it. I mean, try and convince an old timer not to drink fucking coarse lattes anymore or get away from Bush Light, the thing they've been drinking for 30 years. I mean, try to convince them to come over to a different a different area trying to get over to the seltzer game that's not going to play well in peoria man it's not going to work 
for a lot of those people that are doing that. So naturally, you know as a company, as a corporation, that your marketing dollars are going to be wasted on a specific audience. You know, the, the corporate press is not trying to target certain people. They're trying to target people in, what do they call that? The, uh, oh, I forget what it is. The something, something. It's like the, oh, what is the term? It's killing me. The, you know, the primary demographic. It's like the 18 through 45-year-olds or some shit like that. Um, you know, when, you, when you're trying to market a product, there is a market for it, and you're going to market to that to that community, to that industry, to whatever the case may be. And while I may have moral judgments to who it is that Jewel is probably marketing to, I have a bigger problem with the, their need to market to a specific community to begin with. I mean, understand it's a capitalist society and I understand you're trying to make your nut and I, I don't fault you for that specifically, but you don't have the moral scruples to say, let's just put this on, on the market. We already know it's nicotine is an addictive chemical. The, you know, the product will do its own work. I am not spending a bunch of money to market salt of the streets. Neither is Donovan. It's because I, I don't personally, I'm not going to speak for Donovan in this one, but I don't believe in targeted marketing campaigns. I think it is a it's a shitty way to try to get what you think is yours. And if you cannot, I understand that a lot of times people will not be able to get their products to market if they do not rely on targeted marketing. But I think it's a shady game to play and I don't like it. I don't appreciate it. I don't like you trying to sell me something. I want you to present your product and I want I want to make the decision myself. I want to know that if I am out at a, you know, if I'm out and I'm smoking a bunch of cigarettes and I wake up in the morning and I hate the taste in my mouth, but, you know, at the end of the day, I got to get up, I get out of the shower, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, man, I, it would be real good right now to fuck a cigarette. <laughs> you know, I want to be able to see other people using another product and go, what, what the fuck's going on with that? What do you mean you don't wake up and your breath doesn't smell like shit every morning? It doesn't smell like, you know, an alligator's asshole right. because that's kind of generally what it fucking feels like alligator's asshole yeah uh, you know i don't the i don't appreciate that so i understand that much but at the end of the day what the fuck are we talking about here because i'm sitting here i went to the store you can go to any you can go to a fucking gas station you can go to a supermarket you can go to an actual alcohol retailer you can go to a, a restaurant you can go damn near anywhere and find access to one of the most addictive chemicals on this planet that we call alcohol right and there's no recourse about that. But this in particular, we're not okay with because we're going to say that you target children. It has nothing to do with the arrest of Americans that are trying to quit smoking or trying to use a different alternative of nicotine. If I want to be a nicotine addict, there's nothing you can do about that, Mr. Biden. Do I we, don't care. Do you we, can't convince me. You cannot force me to break that habit. If this is something I want to do... I have the fucking right to do that. 100%. Period. I don't care if I have to make it in my own goddamn house. I have the right to do whatever the fuck I want with my goddamn body. Whatever I put in here, it's my call, not yours. You have nothing to do with that. Do and we this, trust people to make their own decisions or do we not? You know. Yeah, exactly. Like I think I think alcohol is a fantastic example. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're able to choose to to get drunk, smoking is no worse for you than drinking alcohol on a consistent basis. Do we or do we not trust people to do what they feel is right for themselves? Yeah. And I think uh, the Biden administration answer to that is no, because we don't think people are making the right decisions. We want to make sure that 
legally they have to. We're gonna make sure if you fly, you you know, for a certain period of time, you got to get a vaccination. You know, so no, oh, of course, yeah. of course, we don't trust people to make the right discretion. Or you got to go through decision. that fucking security theater we call TSA. Exactly. Who was fucking bragging the other day? I tweeted about it. About uh, it was like this big, huge display of tables and stuff of uh, liquids that they had confiscated from people trying to get on board planes that were, and they were making a point like this is. You know, the the required maximum is like 3.4 fluid ounces or some shit like this. And there's there's a table full of water bottles and sodas and fucking peanut butter, snow globe souvenirs. And they're just bragging about confiscating all this property from, from everyday citizens who thought they were going to try to, you know, I don't know, be hydrated on a fucking flight. Fuck them, I guess. Right. They're breaking some arbitrary bullshit. Well, you know, it's a it's a safer place now that we, we took all this shit away. Hey, it's civil asset forfeiture, yeah. Colin. Okay. Is any take a fucking <laughs> I don't know how you detonate C four or chemical bomb. Do any of those things do any of those things do they explode when when you activate them? No. Which means that you confiscated them arbitrarily for no reason whatsoever. Because the whole idea about confiscating liquids is like bombs and shit like terrorists, that. Terrorists, Colin. The goddamn terrorists win here. It's for the safety of America. If we don't confiscate your water bottle and your Skippy peanut butter jar and your snow globe you bought from another country to give to your grandchild, then the goddamn terrorists win. You better believe that, all right? How do we know if you're a terrorist or not? Snow globe equals terrorists. Because I would try to blow up a plane with my shoe, Donovan. Exactly. That's how that works. <laughs> Exactly. So either way, I'm fired up about this. This is all nonsense bullshit. They're going to continue to come after it. But automatically, you know that their argument is bullshit because they're only coming after one specific industry. One, one company. specific company. Yeah. it's There's enough knockoffs now that you can get and way more fruity flavors again that they say attract so many you know young kids. And that's you said. I didn't know that. I've, I'm not in the jewel. I'm not in the vape game anymore. So yeah. I did not know that. I spend a lot of times me. at gas stations. Right. And uh, when you go to Striebel's all the time, which is my right. local stomping grounds, you know, I hit there. I got the Choco Milk on Friday. It was real good. Um you know, you see them right there behind the thing. There's all the rogues and all the different nicotine things. They're always behind the counter for whatever reason. You can't have those things on the main aisle because I guess we don't trust Americans to do that. It's well, controlled people would probably it. steal them. Well, you well, know, if you're addicted to there's them. also, you know, there's beer sitting in the fridge anybody can grab and run out with. But, you know, and people would be stealing that shit all the time. When I was in high they school, do. it was just called a beer run. That's just what it was called. Just making a beer run. So you like walk, walk up in the Safeway. And you just grab a big ass rack of beer and just walk out. You know what we called a beer run when I was in high school? It's when we gave uh, our buddy's older brother or older sister like twenty bucks to go pick us up a six pack, and that's what we call the beer run. Yeah, well, when you have money, that's what you do. <laughs> hey man, not my fault. I had a job when I was sixteen. All right, it was Listen, forced Colin, on me. We're talking about different socioeconomic circumstances. Okay, <laughs> I'm just being. Uh, You're a North Ender. <laughs> you, you don't know. You're a North Ender. You're not from Central. You don't know. I'm just being incredibly discriminatory against yeah. people of different socioeconomic groups, you and bigot. it's just I'm just showing my privilege <laughs> right now. Is what's happening? Host a show with you. <laughs> what's wrong with you? Oh, let's read no. a couple comments real quick. Yes. Ah, uh, Joseph Garrett. We seem to have one foot already on the slippery slope. We are going to do a split and pull. I can't even get through it. That's or slide off the slippery slope at this point. Yeah. That's awesome. Amen. Bilbo Swaggin says we are at the end of our republic and we need to fight for it. Colin is a big advocate of that viewpoint. Yeah. Republic is dead, that, brother. I hear that very often. 
If you hear one of our friends' brothers, he says, "No, I did. It's just dormant. I'll never, <laughs> I'll never forget that. That was so funny." What do you say? It was our friend's brother when you you tweeted that at one point. I was, and I think it was in response to something I said, and you said the Republic is dead. Yeah. And our friend's brother said, "It's not dead. It's just dormant." Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean. There is a utopian world at which that could be possible. <laughs> right. But realistically, no. Once something's dead, bro, there's no zombification happening here. It's not coming back. It was pretty funny. I mean, I like to live in zombie land too there. Oh, I remember who we're talking about now. Yeah. That's, that makes it yeah. even more funny. No. So that's that's all I got on. Right now, there's a stay against it. I don't know what will happen. I would assume that it will fizzle out again because there is no real legal precedent to this. This is insane. You, it's the, literally the equivalent of Bill de Blasio trying to pass, trying to ban drinks with X amount of sugar in it. You can't do that. It's unconstitutional, man. People have the freedom to make their own choices. People have the so ability weird. to launch whatever <laughs> they want. It's, just it's so the stupidest weird. fucking thing in the world. But it's to protect the children. So put, it, it's put a babies. It's the only it's the only leg they have to stand on is the emotional pull from the well, you're getting kids addicted to to, to vaping real easy. Okay, first of all. First of all, let me address that real quick because I you see these little fucks all around all the time. These little cloud puffers and shit. They got these giant ass fucking <laughs> these giant ass fucking mods that have all these different parts. I used to be a part of that game so back used in to the be day. One of those guys, don't lie. Yeah, and then and then they puff on these things, they they want to Jewel doesn't do that. Jewel is not about that, man. This is Sean Hannity smokes a Jewel in between fucking segments on Fox News and sometimes gets hemmed up because they go live and he doesn't remember and he's sitting there token on his Jewel. Really? It was a story like a year ago, yeah. It was not a big deal because who gives a fuck? Oh, it's but an like, enormous deal, Colin. It's a very different thing than if you're sitting there with this giant ass box mod hot boxing the fucking room with a bunch of vegetable glycol in the air. It's a totally different story. Kids. There's no way any parent can tr can control whether their kids are going to smoke or drink. Actually, like physically, you cannot do that. What you can do is try to instill values and let them know and blah, blah, blah. You could do the whole parenting thing. And it's just a fucking shot, man. Did you listen to your parents when you were fucking 16? No. Probably not. Not at all. Are your kids going to listen to you when they're 16? Probably fucking not. <laughs> don't even. Kids don't are stupid, man. That's it. what they do. <sighs> Wait a man, Joseph. That's right. How many have crossed our southern border in the last year alone? Oh, fuck. oh shit, a lot. Yeah, yeah. This, dude, we, we yeah we haven't we done a good even. immigration <laughs> segment. We haven't done a good immigration segment in a long time, but um, I have a feeling that uh, one is going to be overdue pretty soon because it hasn't gone away. The whole problem, the the problems we were talking about back when we were talking about them, are have continued to happen every single day. Yeah, uh, you got a member, I forget his name, but, uh, one of the dudes from the riot squad been down at the border lately making a bunch of videos on twitter about just riots hundreds uh, yeah it's um like uh richie mcginnis okay and oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, like, okay okay there's like a crew of on street journalists they call the riot squad over at irl uh, but he's been down there on the border and just he's been interviewing people as they come across and you could just sit there and for 10 minutes there's 50 people that just kind of just come on through just come on through and there's nothing being done about it We've talked about the Biden administration shipping them all across the country in the dead of night via private charter plane and certain federal employees and local law enforcement um, kind of, you know, I don't want to say they're like, what's the equivalent of a whistle whisper? Like, hey, hey, don't talk about that. They're just slowly, they're like trying to pretend that they're going to blow the whistle on it, but they're really not doing it. Hey, so that's not important. It's a whole don't thing talk about, about that. We, 
Yeah, we should eventually talk about uh, an immigration. It's been a while. Sometime soonish, but honestly, when you do a show every two weeks, um, I mean, shit, this show didn't really write itself until you know, halfway through the week last week, and we've been kind of scrambling to build this thing until now. But wow. you know, it's just you, you handle the things as they come, and you take the things off the top. You know, when the orders come in, you just grab the order off the top, and there's really only so much you could do there, but. It definitely deserves more attention, and I would hope that other people, I mean, you got the Riot Squad folks down there doing it, you know, I hope to, you know, I'll, I'll retweet them every time. 100%. Gobo Swaggins, I got to head out for the night. Hopefully you guys have a great night and a wonderful life. Good night, boys. Absolutely. Thank hey, you, Gobo, for being Bobo. here. We're out of here in just a few minutes, so here I want to thank you. You are a fantastic guest. We'll be here back here in two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks from today, we will be here. Joseph Garrett, I fear the day they show themselves reminds me of Mel Gibson's Patriot speech. Our children will learn of it and they will... Yes. 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 With their own eyes. Yes. I feel fucking inspired. I'm going to have to rewatch Patriot tonight. Mostly so that I can can try to picture you as Mel Gibson with that haircut. We're getting there, bro. Just to kind of make sure, you know, I can square that shit away. We're getting there. It's going to be like this. I'll be here. Bilbo, you the man. Peace out. Absolutely. (sighs) Anything else you want to add to this here uh, segment there, Colin? No. No, I feel real I happy about good. this. Yeah, this has good. been a fantastic show. Good show. Great show. Let me end on this question for yes, you, sir. good sir. Out of the three beers you had today, you had the, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. we had the, the Crystal Weiss beer. You had your crazy, how did you say that? The, the, you said no, it all La Frenchy. Fin, La Fin du Mont. La Fin du Mont. And your Jasmine beer. Which one do you think was your favorite? I think the Jasmine tea is my favorite. Yeah, I was afraid of that. You CCP shill. Yeah, yeah, I liked that one a lot. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. That's it was was really good. We're gonna have to try something like that. We'll get the brewery up. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So please give us a line tonight, my friend. To, yeah, with to that, walk out on. I just want to thank everybody again for being here, Bilbo, Joseph, everyone who was here for a few moments or for here for the entire show, however long you were here watching this. Afterwards, thank you again for joining us. Like, comment, subscribe, share with all of your friends. Go ahead and you can find us, obviously, on our Instagram, our Facebook, Facebook, our Patreon.com, all at Salt of the Streets. We also have our personal social media. I'm at Salt of the Street. Salt of the Streets. All Salt of the Street on Twitter. Singular. That's right. Or at Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. And Colin is at Big Bird Alfie on both those things. You can find all this on saltofthestreets.com. It's all Just right pull there. it right there from the, from the, from the plug exactly. page. There exactly. you go. Go to the Patreon, subscribe, help us make more better content just like this. Mm-hmm. And with that, we do have a quick little line for you. This is from our June book, actually, from the Oof. book club, which is Can't Hurt Me. Which you know Hawkins. means it's going to hit hard. That's right. And it's just a short one. You heard a little bit of this earlier. This is from when David Goggins was running a race called the San Diego 100. My shins were the next domino to fall. Each subtle rotation of the ankle joint felt like shock therapy, like venom flowing through the marrow of my tibia. It brought back memories of my duct tape days from class 235, but I didn't bring any duct tape with me this time. Besides, if I stopped for even a few seconds, starting up again would be near impossible. A few miles later, my lungs seized. My chest rattled as I hocked up knots of brown mucus. It got cold. I became short of breath. Fog gathered around the halogen streetlights, ringing the lamps with electric rainbows, which lent the whole event an otherworldly feel. Or maybe it was just me in that other world. One in which pain was the mother tongue. A language synced to memory. Powerful stuff. On that, we love you, everybody. Good night, everyone.